My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's the WWE Network Review for July. It's the WNR 2, 3, 2. But before we do anything, let's do the alternate intro. And differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. That's J.K. Rowland, Harry Potter, and the Goblet of Fire. And now, the intro. Every month, we review the latest content on the WWE Network, including Ride Along, Untold, WWE 24, and 365, plus 205 Live. All the latest news, and we continue with NXT UK, and the line has been drawn between Britain. Finally, the crown jewel of the WNR podcast, NXT Update. Well, we start with new content, and it's WWE Ride Along, June 17th. 2019 and it's the bar car Seamus and Sarway don't just set the bar they are the bar car meanwhile R-Truth and Carmella perform a very special dance break so it's 17 minutes long and of course with Truth and Carmella we get do get a dance break in the car with Mella driving do you know she spends grand on bags is that is that normal uh it depends if it's a grand a day then it is not normal (laughs) if it's a grand a week it's probably still not normal about a grand a month probably still not normal well people might not know but uh, um r-truth sang out jack swagger for his mma fight in bellator as well talking on bags i'm still given the one that you've given me that you got from a loot crate about a year ago well anyway they rap as well because r-truth talks about his rapping for swagger uh, and he truth met Tupac as well when he talks about his experience of trying to make it in Have the early going. Have seen that really famous picture of Truth and Tupac? Yeah, that's the one they showed on the ride-along as well. Uh, Mello was a backup dancer to Rihanna, Drake and Kanye. Not all separately, unfortunately. She was a cheerleader um, in basketball and they came along she danced with them as well. But they ring the bar. But meanwhile, in the other car... Well, we discovered that Seamus has hairy nipples. <laughs> I mean, my nipples, I think, are, are quite hairy as well. But Seamus's are, are hairy. Uh, Cesaro sings In the Ghetto, which is a great tune. And Seamus yodels. Because obviously, you know, we know when Cesaro first came in it, when he's Antonio Cesaro, he used to yodel on his way to the ring. Yeah, well, they say that Vincent Mann would love it. We'll get him to yodel, damn it. Uh, Cesaro's also annoyed that Seamus doesn't text him back, which is something that you get annoyed about as well. Yeah, or I'll just get, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a massively funny text and it's just LOL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what really? are you doing? What's the fucking point in that? What's your worst AJ Styles impersonation? I'm AJ Styles. I am phenomenal. 
Uh, Seth has opened up a coffee shop. Says, oh, I missed you opening because apparently St. Rollins and Cesaro share with them their love of coffee. I never knew this. And Cesaro couldn't make it, but he's hoping to. Truth and Mella. Uh, Truth and Mella play, ring play. Tr- yeah, Truth and Mella, they ring up and they have a phone to Seamus and Cesaro. Or would it be our Truth and Death? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then they sing to each other. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad episode. I mean, the bar, you can see the chemistry, and obviously they're no longer together. But, I mean, our truth and Carmella are, make a very good double act, and this is all thanks to kind of the mix-match challenge as we had before. Mix-match you know. challenge. Mix-match challenge. All right, next ride along. It is uh, the Lone Star Scavenger Hunt, and it's a race between tag team champions as Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins take on the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce in a scavenger hunt. Yeah, so it's 21 minutes long and the Iconics have trouble starting the car at first, but find enough time to talk about their Mania moment and basically say that their moment uh, at WrestleMania was only outdone by their Super Showdown moment in Australia when all their family was there. Uh, well, Zach and Kurt, they scratch their figure itch. They go into a shop, they find uh, some figures. They even found a Lillian Garcia figure from the Attitude Era. Which, and then they get, like, three in one. I think they get, like, a, a picture wall and uh, they do the Abbey Road just outside with the figures. A few other things in a scavenger hunt. Yeah, I mean, they had, like, seven things on the list to, to do. But one of the things I liked when uh, Kurt... Um, that Ryder was talking about his outfit at WrestleMania, kind of inspired by Christian with the color, color and trucks from WrestleMania 20, wasn't it? You know, yeah. And then he had like the rated R logo on his or the edge heads, the edge head thing on it. Yeah, right knee, left head. He had the and then he had like the kind of Major Brothers on the back as a kind of show. And then he took the piss out of Kurt Hawkins, didn't he? Because okay, he well, was... he had a green outfit which was kind of. Uh... For one of the New York basketball teams or baseball teams or American football teams or yeah, I think it's teams football or team, whatever yeah, it is. Giants. And because uh, he was in green, but he said he looked like one of the spirit squad and they kind of imposed him next to the other members of that. Yeah, which was, it was all quite funny and quite a laugh. And then it was a kind of, it was a massive KFC advert and I questioned if he does sponsor this and I've seen it on the, the kind of Facebook as well. So they literally stop at a KFC have the new meal that's available and for five minutes basically talk about how good it is. So I think I've mentioned that enough. Uh, and then, like I said, it comes back to it and they're doing a scavenger hunt and there's one thing they're not sure about, that's the Texas steer. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder think it's just a, a manoeuvre on the a wheel. steering, yeah, going yeah. from left to right, but it wasn't. It was uh, a ball, the steer. Which so. uh, the Iconics found and got the picture with, so I actually won it. But I think this is a, a much better episode of Ride Along because they actually had a point to it and, and it looked a bit fun, especially with for I really like the Iconics and I really like Hawkins and Ride as well. You know? The thing that I'm not too keen on with these is they're too cutty. I mean, like you know, it goes from one thing. I'd like to see a bit more. You know, they could easily make it half hour, 40 minutes long, and I'll still enjoy it. Like you know, going into a bit more depth in the things that they're doing. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, but still Ride Long is a series that continues. Another series that continues as well is WWE Untold. The latest episode was June 16th, 2019. It's Shane and Angle's brutal street fight, basically. Well, yeah, so it's a true story behind Shane and Kurt's brutal street fight at King of the Ring 2001. Yeah, as told by the, the two superstars and more. Yeah, so the talking heads were, of course, Kurt and Shane, Bruce Pritchard and Mike Chioda, who was the referee for that match. But the feud basically started on Raw uh, about a month previously. 
Uh, yeah, well, Shane was mocking the gold medals and uh, Angle slammed off the podium as well. Yeah, and I actually remember that Angle had taken place, you know, and it was it's, it's a bit weird. You thought, oh, Shane and Angle don't really mix up. But yeah, June 24th, it was the street fight. And weird enough, Al Snow helped put together this match because he had known a lot. Of, we've seen a lot of Al Snow now with the hardcore matches and he kind of didn't know what he was doing. And he kind of took Shane and Kurt to the side and said, right, this is kind of where you want to go. And this is what you want to do, you know. And Shane even learned the shooting star press for this match. Yeah. Better when you think he can, you know, and Al Snow said to him, like, your ability to do it, you, you can't do it yeah. properly. And it is a difficult move, isn't it? Well, he'd done it better than Brock Lesnar. As we see by Lesnar's attempt, you know. Um, so at King of the Ring 2001, he helped, uh, Shane McMahon helped Kurt win in the first round against, or quarterfinals against Christian, and then cost him versus Edge, uh, sorry, in the semifinals, and then beat cost him against Edge in the finals. Yeah, then they show highlights from as well. Yeah, but uh, talking about the match, I think you've you got to kind of, you know, you got to watch it, if you know, in a weird way to kind of have it on. Whilst. So we'll, what we'll do, we'll have the notes from the untold story whilst we're uh, kind of watching it and try and put it into place exactly where they were talking about during it. Because the kind of the match is so so brutal. But you like the 2001 era, didn't you, really? In, Absolutely, in yeah. I've, I've been going back and watching it. I've done all the pay-per-views, so I'm kind of going back and watching the Raws. You know, more notably after as well, because, you know, they just tell such a great story. Oh, without a doubt. All right, King of the Ring 2001, then. What is the main event of this? Um, maybe title match. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H. Triple Threat, Austin. Versus... Jericho and Benoit. Benoit's last match for a year. But Kurt Angle's come here, come into the match... And started, and it, this is what they talk about on the Untold one. It is, is that what were you going to do in this match? Because Kurt Angle was an Olympic-style wrestler. And, and when it was kind of one-on-one like this, there was going to only be one winner. And that would be Kurt Angle. So they kind of want to show it in the early goings of this. And you can see Kurt just completely out-wrestling Shane. This is a, a mismatch, you know. Even even now with Shane known as best in the world. And Kurt at this point is one of the best in the world. I mean, really, 2002 for me. No one could really touch him at that point, but even now you can see him just getting used to it. He's only been in WWE at this point for, what, a year and a half, which is just incredible. But he'd achieved so much in his year, so it kind of, like, pushed him on. Kurt with a spear takedown and just dropping Shane, knees to the midsection. You can see Kurt Angle, like, he's gone slightly away from his technical ability to more hard hits, you know, trying to look like he's hurting someone. Right, Dale. And uh, Shane caught the leg of Kurt then and delivered a couple of right hands. And those right hands actually opened up six stitches in Kurt's eye. So Shane said that he wanted to kind of lay it in a little bit. But unfortunately, it really pissed Kurt Angle off. Cause he was you in can see face. Shane just run out of the ring and <laughs> Kurt's shouting at him. <laughs> Blood on his face. He's a spit coming down from his mouth. Kurt's getting into... Uh... Well, what I hope is a wrestling pose. (laughs) (laughs) He wants Shane to take him in a certain way. You can see the blood from the eye already from Kurt. First injury of the match. Yes, and this is probably the most mild. (laughs) Well, can the best of the world out-wrestle the Olympic gold medalist? You see these two, they they come together again in a little while. Because one's general manager of Raw, the other one's SmackDown. And you see uh, during the kind of invasion angles as well. You know. It's it's weird that these two guys, I know Kurt Angle went away and came back, but still connected with WWE, you know, to this day, Kurt Angle retiring recently, and Shane, well, still going, to be fair. I mean, if you were going to ask which one of these two would probably retire first, Shane was not really an in, in-ring, you know, active competitor. You say that, though, but, you know, Shane's been a in-ring competitor since, what, 99? Yeah. So, you know, he's he's got a couple of three years 
under his belt already. And, you know, again, with Shane McMahon, he goes away for a few years, comes back, and he's kind of like a love general manager. Then he just turns into a complete arsehole. Well, it is weird going back 20 years, you know, when you... Shane's involved in corporate ministry at the moment already, and he's been involved in matches against like Stone Cold. A couple of years later, after that, you know, against Kurt Angle, involved in the invasion as well, fully. Like I said, he has when he has been involved, he has been really active, hasn't it? You know, in a weird way. <laughs> he has, yeah. Well, we've actually had the pleasure of seeing him wrestle now, yeah. so that's kind of one thing ticked off the bucket list. Kurt Angle, they're just having fun now with Shane McMahon, just making him look silly now. And that's one thing again with Shane O'Mac. You know, he's consistent. He wears his kind of baseball type jerseys mm. with kind of some antagonistic comments towards his opponents some way. You know, this one he's got Super Mac, Kurt's kryptonite. And now again, Kurt going back down on his hands and knees trying to get Shane to fight him amateur style. Well, he just rode Shane McMahon for about three minutes after Shane first attempted it. Will Shane go in differently this time? He's going to be once bitten, twice Shane. And Shane, no, instead just kicks Kurt right in the ribs. And now the big right hands. I'm just working the midsection, Irish whip. <clears throat> and a really solid back signs. Oh, but Kurt Angle there with a gut wrench takedown. I think that's the thing with Shane O'Mac. He hasn't really kind of developed his uh, in-ring skill set. He's kind of just relying on what he'd done mm. 20 years ago. You know, Kurt Angle, I think um, Shane hasn't really lost much speed, you know. Going back just a couple of years ago, Shane was jumping off the top of Hell in a Cell. Yeah, don't get Where wrong. Kurt Angle looks like he can barely stand in a ring. I mean, he sweats a lot, doesn't he, does the Shane. But like you said, he can still perform these kind of big stunts. There's even back then, look, jumping on the barricade, stopping Kurt then. Now what's he doing again? He's over JR. Cool. Oh. He jumps over the announcers and the table and then takes Kurt out from the barricade. Like, cool, I'd hate to jump from this height again. Has he had his match against Tess? Yes. Where he goes from. Yeah, he's he's had his hardcore title around here at Blackman with his big fall off SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. And I think recently he beat Big Show, in saying. No, I killer. Yeah. He was, I remember that one. And now Shane's got the kendo stick. Oh, straight to the midsection. One shot, he's broken the kendo stick already. Oh, my God. Just taking Kurt to the woodshed. Kurt don't give up and drives Shane back first into the ring post slash hard part of the ring. But comes charging towards Shane again and Shane... Uses Kurt's momentum against him, throws him into the ring post, then clotheslines him over Barry Cade. The one thing Kurt Angle said in this was that he didn't really do gimmick matches. If he had a favour, he would be straight up wrestling. So it's nice that he's actually got this match in his kind of career that he can show that, he, you know, if he wanted to do street fights, he, he might, you know what I mean? He would be successful doing it. But Kurt was more than out and out wrestler. But it is good to show that you've got more than one string to your bow. Without a doubt. Shame of an arm drag takedown sends Kurt back first into barricade so Kurt's already had three matches or <laughs> well, this is his third match so as you say like you know he's been in the quarters and semis against Edge and Christian no sorry the semis and the final against Edge and Christian and now he's going against Shane O'Mac and now Shane got the underhook in he's just hitting Kurt sends him into the stairs Shane with a spear sending Kurt back first into the stairs you, you didn't with the expect well Shane throws Kurt back in goes for the cover but Kurt just bridging out it's a very innovative way of Escaping a pinfall. But it just shows how strong the neck is of Angle. Oh. A previously broken neck. And now the elbow drop by Shane. <clears throat> well, Shane throwing all sorts of weapons into the ring. He's got a disabled stop sign he's going to beat Kurt with. Smacks it over Kurt's head. Shane into a cover, but Kurt managing to kick out with such force he actually turns the momentum round. Ah, uh-huh. Kurt went for the insecurity. Sh- well, he's got an ankle lock of his own in. But if anyone knows how to get out of that move, it'll be Kurt. And shame of his flight over DDT. 
this point to be to be able to hang in there with Kurt Angle just shows that you know he's in great shape and now he's got the legs of Kurt. He's get a sharpshooter locked in. Well, Kurt got to the ropes, but Shane managing to pull him back into the middle of the ring. Kurt's got his hands and just whacks Shane with it to relinquish the hold. It's Kurt. Well, Shane having to use the ropes to get to his feet. Kurt looking to go low with a kendo stick, but Shane jumps over it, tries going high, Shane ducks it. Now Shane's dancing about, he's got a few lefts and rights. Fancy footwork and a huge right hand knocks Angle down. Shane into the cover. Oh, only a two count. Two. The referee's hurt his leg. Well, Shane with the old trash can shot to the face. Goes with one to the abdomen. We're going to hit the trash can again here now. Slams a trash can on top of Kurt and looks to go up top. This ain't going to end well for someone. Well, he's been practicing this move in training. Will he do a Brock Lesnar? Oh. Well, Kurt managed to move out of the way. He left the trash can there and I think Shane nearly almost hit it. Well, shooting star press, but at least he got a full rotation. But yes. Fortunately, it was just a trash can waiting for him rather than Kurt. Do you know why he failed that move? Cause he, <laughs> he does when he normally goes off something high. Spectacles, testicles, wallet and watch. Kurt with a cover, but Shane managing to kick out. Oh. <coughs> well, Heyman and JR question the fact why Shane not calling on WWE wrestlers to come out here and help him. And I think the fact is Shane wants to see, you know, how well he can do against the Olympian anyway. Indeed, yeah. As he gets dumped to the outside. So this is when the stuff's just about to go down now then. Because so, there was a lot of in-ring stuff that I'd actually kind of forgotten about, really. It's actually been a good match so far. Well, when you say Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon in a street fight, all I think of is going through them glass yeah, panes. Yeah, yeah, And now they're working their way up the entranceway. And this is uh, the next injury coming up now, as Kurt is kicking Shane. And Kurt just booting Shane McMahon up the uh, entranceway. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> We're going to kick you straight up that fucking entrance way if you don't shut up. And now here comes Kurt. He's going to try and suplex Shane. Uh, Shane blocking it for a second time. Manages to reverse it. Oh, Kurt immediately grabbing his coccyx. Oh, sh- uh, Kurt Angle there's in serious amount of trouble. So there's the next injury. Kurt cracking his tailbone on the entranceway. He thought he'd broken it, but it was only cracked. So he should, he should be fine, really. Oh, wow. But you can see the pain Angle was in. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, he's had a, a wound on his head opened up. Potentially, well, he's cracked his tailbone. Now Kurt Angle getting up before Shane, just showing the punishment Shane Man's taking this match. But Shane's still defiant, trying to fight back. And Kurt Bound part of that set. And this is when sets were good, really, because you've got a massive kind of throne there for King of the Ring. And you've got these really cool glass panels with, like, KOR on them as well. Kurt <laughs> just trips over Shane's foot. Oh, so here we come to incident. The most famous, I think, incident... Now Kurt's goal to Shane. He's going to try and suplex. Oh! You can hear yeah, his head. That's the thing. Oh. When you hear it, it sounds like a fucking coconut. <laughs> Dunk. It's just, oh my God. A holy shit shout. Fair enough. But it's not, that is actual concrete there yeah. and there's a metal thing running through. It's called an echo drain, which is just like a, a drain with a metal covering on. Well, the problem is Kurt has cracked his tailbone so he couldn't get the right elevation to get Shane over. You just try to... Second time lucky, Shane goes through. Okay, this, this right. So, so Kurt's tailbone was fucked. He couldn't get him round. Shane then, when Kurt Angle realised that he was going to stop doing it, Shane called him a pussy, which fired Kurt Angle enough <laughs> up to put him through the glass. At this point now, Mike Chioda's getting the, the earpiece and, he, and, he, and he's from Vincent Mann and Bruce Pritchard, and they're basically saying, "Right now, stop it." Vincent Mann is is going absolutely ape shit. 
And the ref is obviously in courtesy of saying, look, we're going to stop the match, just stop it, we'll leave it here. He's saying, do not, just leave it. Look, Kurt is, Shane is busted over from that glass. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. And again, he tried him. Kyoda is saying to him at the moment, Kurt, stop, just stop it, stop it. All right, we've said enough. The fans are happy. Bruce Pritchard is making his way through to try and get the referee's attention behind this curtain because Vincent Mann has left the griller position now. He doesn't want to watch anymore. But Kurt, you can see protecting him now on the fall. Yeah. But the problem is, Mike Yoda is telling Kurt to stop this, but the ear he's telling him it in... He's deaf. He's deaf, so he can't actually hear him. So they decide, right, overhead belly to belly is not going to work. Throw him straight through it. <laughs> and Kurt, obviously, in loads of pain, he's fucking trying to throw Shane over his head, but he's cracked his tailbone, and that's like three or four times he's kind of had to fall onto his yeah. tailbone to... To protect him, he's yeah. frozen through. I tell you what, though, it looks like he's killed, but the other view of it is fucking... Here we go, this one. He just comes out of nowhere. No. <laughs> Sorry, there's nothing comes out of nowhere. But he's got glass sticking in him. And the referee's telling Kurt, no, you can only pin him in the ring. So the referee that was telling him to stop the match now wants him to drag Shane's limp carcass all the way to the ring to finish the match that he wanted to finish. But you can see the blood on Shane, the blood all over Kurt Angle's body. Kurt can barely stand. He's just fallen onto his bad tailbone again. All on the glass as well, like smashed everywhere around him. I mean, Kurt's not gone through the glass, but his shoulder and back's all cut up. But the question is, is that too far? Did they take it too far then? (sighs) Because, you know, to get dropped on your head... Well, they should have kind of made precautions that the glass was going to go through easier. Well, unfortunately, they had reinforced the panel early on in the night due to the, the fireworks of the pyro going off. So they actually, instead of having just the one sheet, it was double plight. So when they tried it, but yeah. again, th- therein lies the problem. And you put in the wrestler's, especially Shane McMahon's health, you know what I mean? If you're going to do it for anybody, Absolutely, yeah. not the boss's son, I bet the person who did that got fired. Well, you know, Kurt unable to carry Shane's body to the ring. He's had to put him over one of the uh, transport containers on wheels just to get Shane back into the ring to finish the match that the referee told him to finish anyway. And Kurt's got fucking bits of glass all over the back. Shane McMahon's probably semi-conscious at this moment. And Kurt is struggling to get Shane. Both of these men have got to be in a lot of fucking pain. (laughs) I don't think Shane remembers much of this. This has been an all-out war here. And now Kurt getting Shane off the case and just dragging him back in. And now Kurt going, push him in a little bit more so he can get a proper cover. Kurt's pissed off at the ref. And Shane manages to kick out. Uh-huh. And a huge cheer from the fans. He thought this was over. And Shane just showing his toughness there. He's <laughs> like, oh, for fuck's sake. Kurt's just so great as well, isn't he? The way he, he's selling it all. There's got to be nothing left in Shane Shirley. Don't call me Sh- Shirley, but no. As Kurt was looking for a trash can lid shot, Shane goes down low and uh, hits him with uh, the lid of the trash can a couple of times. An angle basically out on his feet. And Shane with a Shane Gull slam? Shane Gull slam. A McMahon Gull slam. Shane, he's can't even capitalise on it to get a cover. Finally drapes an arm over to... No, Kurt managing to get the shoulder up, barely. wonder what they were saying. Angle grabbing the leg. Shane defiant, trying to fight out. So Kurt into a slingshot, sends Shane just draped over the turnbuckle. And now Shane, man, is in all sorts of trouble. And Kurt Angle got a big board. 
Oh, just cranks it over the back of Shane. Three times. Now Kurt's sent up in the corner. What the fuck is he going to do here? Well, the board is there. Mike Kyoda, when he was talking about it as well, said he saw the board and how unsteady it was on top. And he thought it's just going to fall. So he thought, fuck it, I'm just going to leave my hand on it. Angle slam off the board on the top rope. And listen to the reaction of the crowd. Look at Shane's face. Mike Kyoda's like, fuck, Vince is going to rape me. <laughs> Can Angle just drape and put in his limp, lifeless body? Gets his arm over. Two, three. And then Kurt Angle wins, and the first thing he says to Shane is, thank God that's over, and you can't really blame him. Dan, what do you think of the match? Um, I, You know, seeing it after watching that documentary, it makes you look at it in a completely different light. And, like, you know, I know it was brutal before. I've not for a, for a little while now, but, you know, just seeing their reactions of what they went through during the match, it's completely fucking mental. Yeah, right, Dan, and I think... I think we, I don't know, you know, praise Dominic Podcast. I think we made it a little bit better by doing it that way. I think if Untold want to trying to do it in a certain way, director's commentary of a match of them talking through it and then showing yeah. you the points of contact as well, like we've seen here. I think it adds a little bit more as opposed to just seeing the kind of highlights of it. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Well, you know, they could have, they could have had like a little picture in picture of the yeah. match. And then, like, you know, them two kind of reminiscing over it. And then Shane's like, yeah, at this point, I could barely see straight. And Kurt's like, well, I could, couldn't even stand. My coccyx was knackered. I've been busted open. But, oh, don't. I Why mean, are you showing? It's just brutal. Oh, no, it's the one where he went through. That's not too bad. The impact is brutal of Shane McMahon going through the glass panels. Uh, Vince didn't see them afterwards. He, he didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, he wasn't very happy. But Kurt and Shane did share a beer before they both went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Kurt had a nice pint of milk. Yeah. Well, Kurt doesn't love gimmicks, like we said, but he does love this match. And it's one of these matches, one of my favourite matches, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of these matches that obviously at the time Kurt probably hated the match and probably for the next two or three weeks afterwards. But, you know, obviously he's fully recovered from the match and... You know, it's the one of the ones that goes back and goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's a match that I had. Right, doubt, because some of this was Shane versus Kurt in a street fight, and you're thinking, how good is that going to be? It delivered, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that I think that is good. And, you know, I think Shane's thinking, well, it can't get any worse than this for me. <laughs> yeah. But, Shane, it does. It does. Uh, all right, so we'll move on, and our next programme is WWE 365 Alexa Bliss. It's June 23rd, 2019. Alexa Bliss's meteorotic rise to the top of the WWE Women's Division is halted when a serious injury puts her career's future in. And this was exclusively watched by yourself, Dan, wasn't it? It was indeed, yes. You know, it's, it's no secret that I am a huge fan of Alexa Bliss. Well, yeah, it's Alexa Bliss, 365, and the goddess of WWE had an underwhelming start to NXT. She wasn't part of the four horsewomen, didn't main event takeovers, and never held the NXT Women's Champion. But that changed when she joined the main roster. She became the number one heel and the first to hold the SmackDown and Championship. So we start at WrestleMania 34 with her loss to Nia Jax for the Raw Championship. After going through a storyline that kind of played close to her heart, it was about fat shaming. And even though Bliss lost the match, she was actually happy that her best friend Jax finally got a WrestleMania moment and the storytelling that bullies always get beat. And, you know, they never prosper. Yeah. Um, and then we, we go to uh, Bliss, and she was talking about how she was open about having breast implants at the age of 17. She suffered with a bad eating disorder, which left her hospitalised on a few occasions. And, you know, very close to death. And the doctor's unsure, you know, if she'd make it through. And, you know, she said, look, I had 
kind of like the body of basically a boy, you know, and the implants helped her make her feel better in her body, thus helping her get through her eating disorder. Um, she returned that money in the bank to a massive cheer, becoming only in the match, and she cashed in the briefcase later that night to disrupt the Rousey Jacks match and regaining her championship. Uh, we go forward to SummerSlam for a match against Rousey, and Ronda won the championship in dominant fashion by defeating Bliss by submission in just four minutes. She got a rematch at Hell in a Cell on the losing side again. On the losing side again, but after a headlock takedown during the match, Bliss had a massive headache. She went then to fail the impact test due to concussion, and that cut out for a little while. And it was in the time that she was out, it was announced that the first ever women's only pay per view evolution. Bliss would get her dream match against her idol Trish Stratus and she was desperate to face the woman she idolised growing up. Bliss trained as hard as she could to get to the pay-per-view and we even get to see a promo from 2014 saying, you know, Bliss was coined to be the next Trish Stratus. Uh, The weekend before Evolution, Bliss was feeling great so the trainer suggested she had a few matches to get her ring ready and again facing off against Rousey, she slipped, had a bleeding nose and she was diagnosed with concussion yet again. Nia helped her out of the ring and had Alexa stay with her just to be safe, you know, because obviously they're really close yeah. friends backstage. Uh, Nia helped her out of the ring. Unfortunately, she had to miss wrestling at the groundbreaking event, but she did escort James and Fox to the ring. And then Bliss started feeling good, but then was told to take another two weeks off just to be safe. So she went home to relax and started doubting her career. But after spending time with her three dogs and pig, do you know what a pig's name is? Dan. Oh, no, I'm a hog. <laughs> it is Larry Steve. And upon returning to work, Bliss started from the beginning, running the ropes, tumbling, and beginning to feel like she was progressing, but just constantly not getting cleared by the docks. So to keep Bliss on screen, the producers came up with a moment of Bliss, and it was the first talk show on WWE hosted by a female. And you see, like, you know, a clip that I showed you, 30 minutes in, she has a little run through with Paul Heyman, and it's good to see that, you know, she, he was coaching her. And after four months of this, Bliss was finally compared to compete and announced she would be competing in the Women's Royal Rumble. And again, that got a huge cheer from the fans. Uh, Backstage, before the event, all the superstar wished her luck and told her just to be careful. And we've come to WrestleMania 35, and due to her timeout, Bliss didn't have a storyline. So again, to keep Bliss on screen, it was announced that Alexa would be the hostess on the grandest stage of them all. The night before, she took her mum to the Hall of Fame, as she always does, because she is the woman that's been there for her and helped her out for her career. And during the mania, the hostess, Bliss, had five to six outfit changes and absolutely smashed her duties. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, she's been featured quite heavily in WWE, even without the injury. But she is injury-free now, then, I see. Uh, yes, well, she went, you know, up to that point against Rousey. She was actually injury-free throughout her whole, whole time she was with WWE. I know she didn't feature too much in NXT, but, you know, kind of the run-up to it, she was very injury-free, and then, you know, this freak accident. Um, and it kind of sidelined her, and, you know, I suppose you start doubting yourself and your career. I know it wasn't as kind of major Make as as, <laughs> as some injuries that we have seen yeah. on telly, but, you know, it's still something that puts doubt in your mind, and once you've got doubt in your mind, it's hard to... Go through, and I also learned that Bliss is left-handed like me. Aww. So you know, something like that, it is meant to be. There you go. So you really enjoyed the three six five then? I did, yeah. You know, it was a very, very insightful uh, thing for Alexa Bliss, and it's good to see her because you know she spends time back home with her 
her friends that she grew up with at school. She went to kind of a reunion as well, which she doesn't normally get to go to. Uh, and she has the coordinates for Cinderella's Castle tattoo. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. It's good that you joined 365 because one of my programs, W24, came back July 8th. And a Batista, Dream Chaser. He chased his dreams to become a WWE legend, Hollywood megastar, and at WrestleMania 35, he returned for his last match for his career. Now, it is 56 minutes long, and if you can't be bothered to watch it all, just watch the first two minutes of all that happens. But anyway, he's passive by nature, violent by choice. That is a tattoo that he has got on his arm as well. So we talk about what wrestlers have with their meaning. Um, he said he was a poor kid who chased his dreams. Uh, and then we kind of we moved between his kind of life story, what he used to do in WWE, what he's doing now, because we went on to SmackDown 1000, and then back to his life. of didn't finish high school. He started working out, became a bouncer, uh, and they kind of until he had children. That's the thing that sorted him out, and actually wanted to start focusing. Uh, was broke, so he basically wanted to start try. It wanted to try wrestling. So the World Samoans trained him. People might not know that, and they're quite know uh, Afa and Seeker, I do believe. Yeah, uh, they're the ones that trained Dave, and he uh, OVW a high valley wrestler, which was a W development champion known as Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah, Leviathan, I remember. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. But there was another guy called Prototype, and the 2002 class of OVW is quite a strong class. And why is that, Dan? Um. Well, you know, you've got the likes of John Cena, Batista, Shelton Ben Orton. Yeah, uh, but this is about Dave Leviathan on Batista. Uh, and he became champion and he looked the part, but he said he wasn't ready, you know. Can I just say, how many times did he mention that his mum was a... Who, Batista? Yeah. Not that many times. Is his mum a lesbian? Did you not know? No. His mum is a lesbian, yeah. Oh, wow. Fucking hell. Uh, well, I did not know that. Uh, so, Batista, I mean, like, fair play, nothing wrong with that. I no, no, I'm that... just saying, because, you know, he's very proud of it. I think he put a tweet out on the LUTLC. Oh, right, HDMI. yeah. Be a paid PPV. That's it, yeah. But you do see his mum later on anyway. Uh, he, he said he looked the part in OVW, but wasn't ready. Uh, it, when he got backstage, WWE he didn't shake people's hands, and that's because he felt nervous. But one of the things you have to do if you join WWE, you have to go round. It's still to this day and shake everybody's hands and introduce yourself. If you don't do that, you'll get uh, Miz got in trouble for not doing that properly, uh, and got told that you know you've got to do this and yeah, it shows yeah. respect you know uh triple h though made his career batista is very open this is something i liked about this 24 more than any others is batista actually admits that and february 3rd 2003 evolution formed didn't he come in first off as deacon batista he did come across as with, deacon uh, batista Devon testified. when devon was split with bubba and he was doing the kind of big man but he, he felt there's quite a funny thing because they go to uh, they say to him like are you gonna say anything for no, I'm just going to stay. You know, so he brings the mic away from him. Yeah, his... he's got a fucking... Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like I said, Evolution kind of made him, but he was injured and then came back when I think he uh, got the bounty on Goldberg's head, so it was quite a while. But um, Dave, he says he loves his time with Evo. He said he learned a lot from Flair and, of course, Triple H. What are your thoughts on Evolution as a group? Um, yeah, I think, you know, it has got to go up there as one of the great groups. I mean, the way they got together to... Kind of, you know, just the whole thing, how they kind of imploded as well, which was great. Um, it was kind of a group that was focused on Triple H. But obviously, Randy Orton won the heavyweight championship and kind of that pissed off Triple H because he didn't want that to happen. And 
Well, it's it's weird to think that the, the kind of feud with uh, Batista and Triple H that happened at WrestleMania 21 might not happen if they hadn't rushed around Hilton so quickly. Like I said, giving him the world title first, maybe Batista would have never made it if it hadn't happened. Luckily, Fortney recovered from that kind of early setback, kind of winning and losing the title. And it was Batista who was kind of made the star of Evolution at that point, facing off and beating Triple H, of course, at WrestleMania. And he said he made Triple H style. Yeah, even the thumbs up, thumbs down, everything that went in there. Uh, so, sound 1000, and Batista did push for this, you know. Vince reached out finally, and he ran through what they were going to do backstage, which I always love to see. But Dave was anxious, and for me, I think it was a great moment, you know. Yeah. And um, the thing that makes it for me is Randy Orton's facial expressions. Sounds like they're lowering again. <laughs> <laughs> Batista's saying to Ric Flair, keep it in your pants. Ooh. So, Batista says, there ain't nothing Triple H hasn't done in this business, apart from beating him, of course. And that started it. And Batista wanted the storybook ending with Triple H. Since 2014, Batista had wanted this match. And every year had contacted WWE. And they said, not at this right time. And then finally Vince reached out and said, this is the time now. Um, Did they show the bit where he kind of turned into a fucking massive bitch? He was sat in a ring in a wheelchair or something. I quit! Yeah. And just fucking stormed out. This is... This was another thing I like about W24 is that they do a career retrospective on the same side as that kind of current line that they're doing now, you know. Uh, he returned by kidnapping Ric Flair uh, after this, which made no sense, really, because you know how much he liked Ric Flair. But like I said, back to the career and world champion. And he said he made millions of dollars. He bought, he bought his wife's car three times off her. Uh, he said it was just pointless. Girls were throwing themselves at him. He had too much party. He just couldn't handle anything. But he still managed to keep enough money to have a mansion with a kind of built-in gym. Fair enough. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, Drac dumbbells that he had custom-made, which were quite cool. He, uh, Drax. That's why, that's why I went Dracula. He had Drax dumbbells, which he had custom-made. And he even said, hey, look at these. They're quite cool, aren't they? And you're like, yeah, they are quite cool. But he's 50 years old, you know. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, why did he leave in 2010? Why did he quit in the middle of the ring when he said he had enough, eh? Well, he wanted to do movies, didn't he? <laughs> and he's done a fucking fair few movies as well. I remember the one, like, the, I think it's The Man with the Iron Fist, and he's in that a very good movie. One of those before, obviously, you know, fucking Guardians and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but in 2014, he returned, and he said he didn't have trunks, didn't have the boots, and he wasn't in shape. They, they rang him and said, do you want to come back? And he was like, all right. He felt like he ripped the fans off. Of course, it was Bootista, and that was in part due to wanting Daniel Bryan to win, but also yeah. just because of, you know... Not not looking great. So this time he was going to the performance centre and he was nervous. And th- this is the type of clips that I really like seeing as well because obviously you've got someone like Big Dave Batista, former multiple-time world champion. And even then he get back in the ring and he's talking about how kind of nervous he is and wanting to go through the bumps. So you can see him really struggling to try and get back into shape. But to be fair, he is 50. And, you know, to, to be away for, for five years and to come back is going to take uh, a lot of time. But a struggling actor, and he plans to be a megastar. As well, for, kind of in the lines of The Rock. Yeah, he said he wants to make movies... Uh, that he wants to do, but the only way to do that is become a megastar like The Rock. They do mention Guardians of the Galaxy and, of course, him being a Spectre as well. And they talk about his new movie, which has been released, weirdly enough, this weekend. It has not done very well. Um, Is that the one? Stuba, or something like that it's called. Is that the one where he's... I think where this bloke is like, oh, is that 911 uh, with being held hostage or something and it goes over to Tannoy. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, yeah it, no. it's not it, it's not had a great reception. Uh, but as for relationships for him, he said he's lonely, but that's a price he pays. He's, his ex-wife's still supportive of him, 
but he just because he, he's been away all the time, either with movie sets or with wrestling. Uh, but we get the final training montage of him getting ready and the stage fright on the day of Mania as well. And this is the thing about Batista. I never thought he'd be so fucking nervous and kind of anxious in what he does. It just shows different side of kind of Big Dave as he's meeting all the, you know, Kurt Angle and everyone backstage. It's like, that's Batista. He gets stage fright. He's telling him under, anxiety. Tell him under Rousey that. Just laying on. Is that a Mysterio t-shirt? Yeah, repping the Mysterio. So you can see how much pressure he's putting on himself. And I, I, to be fair, I never thought Batista would be like that at all. And it's a completely different side that we're seeing. And like I said, it's he was saying that his body might break down. I wasn't sure. It's a bit of a shame about the match. The, the only shame I would say is the fact that Triple H decided to go 25 minutes with it. I think that's what really yeah. let it down, you know. Uh, we but su- I suppose, you know, sorry to cut you off, but... I think, you know, because it is Batista's last match, he wanted to kind of give it a bit of a showcase. And, you know, because obviously you don't get many last matches unless you are Triple H, of course. Yeah. But um, it is good to go out on a longish match, you know, just to... It's kind of not only Batista saying thank you to the company, but it's the company saying thank you to him as well. I think this is. I think that's uh, an excellent point with that as well. I think you know to to give him that. I think the fans at that time really didn't have your kind of greatest reactions as we see from the crowd. But uh, Ric Flair came down and helped Triple H basically get the job done. And I think Batista performed all right in the match. I don't think that that was a problem. And we're just going to see the fallout afterwards. And there's his ex-wife saying a uh, very emotional time, but he gave everything. I thought I wasn't going to... He's so happy about the storybook ending, you know, getting a hug from Triple H and Vince. And Triple H pleased that he could help out Batista. (coughs) He's saying that's him done now, you know, and from the uh, uh, evolution to the end of WrestleMania, like I said, it's really good kind of storytelling and Batista did get what he wants. But as he leaves the arena, there is a kind of random pop-up that you don't usually see in the WWE programming. It's really odd. Funaki! It's a really random... Uh, no, round pop up. Rest in peace. <laughs> That's what he does. So round the pop up with the Undertaker just saying to Batista, kind of good luck in your match, which has been interesting. Of course, we saw Batista's mum as well. But I really like the WWE 24 series. I think it's really good, especially when it's as open as honest as uh, what Batista. And no storytelling with that, and it's straight to the point. You know. Well, I think you know the difference with Batista is he wasn't being a character of Batista. He was just being Dave, you know, the actor, the wrestler. He was, you know, he wasn't trying to be someone. He was just being himself, which is, again, what you, what I like from these kind of insightful documentaries. So, new series added to WWE Originals as well is WWE Game Night, an old YouTube series by Heath Slater and John Cone, the referee. Now, there is loads of episodes, so we're just going to go through what the superstars play. So, February 5th, 2016, superstars play Cornball. Cornhole, which sounds even worse. Yes, uh, February 12th, 2016, superstars play Pie Face. February 19th, superstars play Heads Up. February 26th, Superstar Go-Kart Racing. March 4th, 2016, I actually watched this one. Impersonation Challenge with Ziggler, Ryder and The Miz. It wasn't too bad, about six minutes long. March 11th, Superstars play Dodgeball. Uh, June 3rd, Superstars play Twister. June 10th, The Chubby Bunny Challenge. As you watch this well, trying to fit how many donuts you can. Cesaro got fucking ten donuts in his mouth. Renee Young got eight, though, so fair yeah, play, Dean Ambrose. Holes. Yeah, fair play, Dean Ambrose. Uh, June 17th, Superstars played. 
June 24th, Superstars play Dizzy Bat. July 1st, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. July 8th, Craziest Game of Pictionary ever. August 19th, Superstars Basketball Shootout. September 28th, Superstars play Spike Ball. October 26th, Superstars play Toilet Trouble. Didn't we see this one? We watched this one as well. November 23rd, Superstar Pie Face Showdown. December 28th, 2017, Superstars play Catchphrase. February 15th, Superstars play Watch Your Mouth. April 9th, Super Troopers Dodgeball Clash. September the 2nd, Epic Rock Paper Scissors War. And did you know when they say epic? This was epic. I mean, they fucking went for this here. And the last one was April 4th, 2019. It was Sasha versus Bailey in a football clash. Uh, right, so we have also got new uh, WWE's Watch Along is returning. It returned for Stomping Grounds. Without the usual host of Pat McAfee, it will host it hosted by Kathy Kelly, who will be anchoring the show this time around. Well, guests scheduled to stop by during the duration of the show are Dana Brooke, Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, David Utunga and famer Booker. The show will stream on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and will feature a live discussion and reactions from the guests while they watch Stomping Grounds backstage. Now the thing that I want to know is will they kind of talk honestly about it? Would they actually say this match is absolute fucking shit? No, of course they don't. The broadcast is usually a train wreck with all sorts, uh, with everyone talking over each other at the same time as well. Well, Pat McAfee had been hosting Watch Along since it was first created, and it's not known why he won't be anchoring this month's show. No, hopefully he's got fired. All right, so we move on to new classic content. It's from June 2019, and new episodes have been added, headed by Jim Connett Promotions. Mid-Atlantic Wrestling featured legendary performers like Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, Magnum TA, and Nikita Koloff, and they've added uh, most of the stuff now from July 1985, up until September. So that it can add stuff still. Right. WWE Hidden Gems as well. Is another one that we absolutely love. And these are the latest Hidden Gems added. Yeah. We've got the WWE Hidden Gems Crockett Cup 1986. And the Road Warriors, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express and more compete to see who is the best tag team in the first ever Crockett Cup. We've got Texas Royalty November 3rd, 1990. Long-term rival square off once more when Terry Funk battles Jerry the King Lawyer. On my fifth birthday. On <laughs> your birthday as well. Uh, we've got the Great American Bash 1986 from Greensboro. And the World Heavyweight Championship hangs in the balance as Hall of Famers clash inside a steel cage when Ric Flair faces Dusty Rhodes, baby. And that is a full-on hidden gem as well. Two and a half hours of that show. Absolutely brilliant. That's a lot of latest hidden gems. Now, a couple of upcoming content. There is a new table free on Monday. But this weekend, as we record on a Saturday and release on a Sunday, there is uh, quite a big weekend of wrestling. And we've got Evolve, the 10th anniversary show. It, WWE Network continues evolving. And it will live stream Evolve's 10th anniversary celebration, also known as Evolve 131, tonight. Well, making the special event extra special, Adam Cole will be defending his NXT Championship against superstar Akira Tozawa. They're both Evolve alums, even though Tozawa's time there technically came before it was rebranded into its current incarnation. Sure, match between fellow Evolve alums Matt Riddle, currently in NXT, and WWE's Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak. This one is a non-title match. Additionally, NXT superstars Alberto Ruas, formerly Adrian Jaud, and Bubba Tunde 
Evolve Champion, Austin Theory and the Promotions Tag Team Champions, Joe Gacy and Eddie Kingston are also set for action. Additional matches will be announced in the near future. Well, Evolve was the birthplace for many current WWE and NXT superstars. The 10th anniversary celebration will be showcased live on the network, Triple H said. So we'll run through the card quickly of the Evolve 10th anniversary because it is quite a big deal having it on the um, WWE network as it was. But this is the thing I love about it. We'll get on to a minute. So let's just run through the card first. Just text me. So we've got a special attraction match. We've got Shotzi Blackheart versus Brandy Lauren. We've got another special attraction match. Josh Briggs versus Anthony Green with Brandy Lauren. We've got Fatal 4-Way Matian versus Sean Maluta versus Stephen Wolfe versus Harlem Bravado. We've got uh, another special challenge match. NXT superstar Bubba Tunde versus Colby Carino. Grudge match Andy Henry versus NXT superstar Artru Ruas. We've got a catch point reunion match. Matt Riddle versus Cruiserweight champion Drew Gulak. We've got Evolve Tag Team Championship match. Eddie Kingston and Joey Gacy versus A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff. With We've got the Evolve Champion versus WWN Champion winner take all. And it is uh, Evolve Champion is Austin Theory versus WWN Champion J.D. Drake. And in the main event is the NXT title match. And it's Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa. You see, so people are excited that's happening. But a lot of some people aren't happy because if no one never didn't know this... Uh, AEW are having an event tonight called Fight of the Fallen, which are taking place, and the network have scheduled it to go basically up against it. Now, people have been moaning and stuff, but I love this just for one reason. It means that there is actual competition, because when's the last time a WWE put a pay-per-view or show with, like, an impact show or an NJPW? It doesn't happen. Back in the day with WCW, this used to happen all the time, and they were giving each other, like, a pay-per-view was on, WCW put something free on television, and this is kind of what we're kind of seeing again, and I kind of get excited. One person that wasn't about this was Kenny Omega. Um, no, he posted a critical tweet seemingly directed at WWE on Wednesday after the Raps Tony Maglio reported the promotion will air Evolve's 10th anniversary celebration on the WWE Network in competition with AEW's Fight for the Fallen show. He said, if lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine the charity show for victims and gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing and yet I can't help but I feel like I'm going to be sick. Well, and after what was a ton of backlash, Kenny Omega then deleted the tweet and tweeted the following. He said, I've said my piece and I opened the door to a very toxic environment. It wasn't a message to the fans or the boys, just, just the decision makers. I wish everyone wrestling on any show that day all the best. That is all. Well, AEW announced in March that it would run Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville, Florida on July 13th. And a percentage of the gate revenue will be donated to victims of gun violence. A gunman opened fire at a video game tournament in August 2018, killing two people and injuring ten more. Omega's initial tweet was likely a reference to W's formal partnership with Saudi Arabia. But let's have a look then at the fight of the Fallen card and let's compare it to Evolve because, like you said, it might not be kind of like a, a major WWE event. Major WWE event. But it is on tonight going against AEW, so let's see what the competition has. And, of course, we've got Extreme Rules tomorrow night as well, just in case you haven't got enough, or, or tonight as you listen to this, if you haven't got enough professional wrestling. Uh, so here we go. Right, so on the buy-in, which will be free, it's free anyway on BR Live, I think, in America, and here it's on ITV box office. But the buy-in, you've got Sonny Kiss versus Peter Avalon with Lever Bates. Uh, also on the buy-in, you've got Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allin. 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 Versus Michael J. Fox, or MJF. Sean Spears, who is the perfect TM. And Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I mean, he's a cunt because of the chair shot to uh, Cody Rhodes at their last event, which a lot, got a lot of people talking I don't agree with it. 
but I think that's for another show. We've got B Priestley in action, who is um, uh, Will Ospreay's uh, girlfriend. We've got Britt Baker in action, who is uh, Adam Cole's girlfriend. <laughs> and a pissed-off Chris Jericho with a live mic. Uh, we've got the Dark Order, Evil Oon Grayson against Angie Jellico and Jack Evans and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to advance to All Out for a chance at the first round by in a tag title tournament. And Luchasaurus, if you haven't already seen it, it is a grown man that dresses up as a dinosaur to wrestle. I am in. Uh, Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Fenix versus SCU, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian with Christopher Daniels. You've got Kip Sabian versus Adam Hangman Page. Uh, Kip Sabian's representing the, the British talent there. You've got Kenny Omega versus Kima. You've got Brandy Rhodes, who is the wife of Cody Rhodes, going against Ali. And that'll be her first official match in AEW. And then you've got Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks there. So, looking at the card, not a bad card. What piques your interest more? Um, honestly, none of it. Because, <laughs> you know, the only... Because you had the Cody versus Dustin match at their last pay-per-view. And then Cody says, I don't want to fight you after we've had a massive fight. I want a brother and a partner. And they're going up against the Young Bucks. Why? Why are they going up against the Young Bucks? What is the backstory there? There is nothing to get me involved. Um, You know, Dave Meltzer's only going to be happy that Kenny Omega's wrestling, and I already know that's going to be an eight-star match (laughs) because, obviously, Kenny Omega sucks his dick backstage (laughs) or something to give him all hype up for the match. But none of it, it... there is no story into it. Why is Chris Jericho pissed off? Didn't he beat fucking Kenny Omega? He did. He so did. why is he pissed off then? Uh, stuff, I suppose. Because he's fat. Yeah. And he looks like Hulk Hogan done about 10 years ago. Well, they've not mentioned John Moxley in that, so you wonder if he might make an appearance here uh, here tonight or so. I, Isn't I mean, he fighting in the G1 tournament, though? He is. So or that, Climax. That, yeah, that, let's, let's name a tournament, something that you do when you spunk. It's not. A, it's quite a prestigious tournament. I'm not going to get into it right now. I climax every night. I am. What I'm going to do tonight, of course, I have that on the network, and then I'll have uh, Fight for the Fallen on as well. Will you be same. watching it? I will be watching both just to, to see. It's wrestling, isn't it? So It is wrestling. <laughs> that's, my problem. And, um, that's my problem here. And the, thing, the reason why I'm being so against... AEW is I haven't got a problem with it but I, I see so many people going against WWE yeah. that I feel that someone needs to stick up for WWE yeah. and oh, it, it, it annoys me a lot but because it's something new and it's as Barney says new is always better <laughs> yeah well we'll see what happens and we've got that going on uh, but like I said we have got a lot on this show like I said we had a, a, a ton of new content we've still got the news to come of course NXT update and of course NXT UK. But let's move on now to two oh five live. And it's the eighteenth of June, it's episode one three four. And the show opens with Drake Maverick's usual show opening high promo announcing a triple threat for the title at Stomping Grounds between 
champion Tony Nese, Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. Well, our first match is the Singh brothers, Samir and Sunil Singh, over Lucha House Party, Grand Metallic and... Lince Dorado! By pinfall with schoolboy pin and a handful of tights on Dorado. Well, Noam Dar cuts the promo about his time rehabbing his injuries in, on Mallorca and talking about how he'll be happy to return to 205 Live once his demands are met. Brian King rolls up and Dar hurriedly clues him in on the fi- fiction that he's meant to be in Mallorca. And then Kendrick says that he's happy to check in on his friend before he takes a jet back to to his match in California in like two minutes. And then Brian Kendrick beat Russ Taylor by pinfall with a slice of bread number two. After overcoming that jet lag. After all that jet lag, he managed to beat Russ Taylor. Wow. Lee Russ Taylor. Not the The Russ Taylor. Yeah. Well, Jack is interviewed backstage and is soon interrupted by Mike and Maria Canellis, who berate him for blowing a golden opportunity last week. And Luke's phone me. Hello, Luke. You're live. Don't talk about James and cunt him off because a lot we always do. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You're off loudspeaker now. You can talk to him about your normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what we do on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, what? Well, the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you could be my fucking exit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, we're right in the middle. No, I fucking... You know, on a Saturday, I had this conversation with you on Saturday. I've had the exact same conversation of saying... We're right in the middle of the podcast. We have to get... We have... I have to... I love, love you. you. See you later. Why do I... <laughs> so, Jack Gallagher is interviewed backstage and is soon interrupted by Mike and Maria Canales. <laughs> soon uh. interrupted by fucking Luke. Because I even... Jack Gallagher is interrupted in... Oh, see, look, I can't... That's what happened. Now. I interrupted you. I nailed it. Jack Gallagher is interviewed backstage and is soon interrupted by Mike and Maria Canellis, who berate him for blowing a golden opportunity last week. They talk about how they might not stick around, but if they do, it'll be to put 205 Live on their backs. Gallagher admits he's been in a slump and offers Canellis a chance to get a black eye in front of his wife next week. Mike says he looks forward to seeing him try. Only Lorcan beats Iria Devari by disqualification after Devari hits him with a chair at ringside. And post-match, Davari beats Lorcan up at length, putting him into steel steps and then the LED board before referees swarm him to warn him off. But he's not quite done yet and hits the Pepsi twist on the stage. Well, the show ends with a promo from Tony Nese about how the odds are stacked against him in his triple threat match and so on. And for each of the challenges, Desire of to win and Gulak admitting there's no hope for a better 205 live, but for a better Drew Gulak, a Drew Gulak that only cares about pain and punishment. Is that a new tag team? <laughs> no, but that would be quite a good tag team name. I'm pain! I'm punishment. But Drew Gulak did win the Cruiserweight Championship at Stomping Grounds. So we move on to our next episode, 135, June 25th. Well, we get a dramatic recap. Not just a re- recap. <laughs> a dramatic recap of Drew Gulak to win at Stomping Grounds. And it takes us into a promo from the new Cruiserweight Champion... And Akira Tozawa and Tony Nese go one-on-one tonight for the right to get put down by Gulak's wrath at Extreme Rules. Well, Jack Gacha defeated Mike Canales via pinfall after a headbutt. Maria's man was arguing with referee Daniel Anafibo, who had just stopped counting his pin attempt on Gacha when he saw Mike had a handful of tights. Mr. Canales tells his wife he's done and leads through the crowd, leaving a somewhat but not looking Mrs. Canales to head backstage alone. Well, Tony Nese yells at himself in the locker room saying he knew what was getting into on Sunday, but now that he has a one-on-one match against a man he respects, 
he'll get his title back at Extreme Rules. Akira Tozawa is warming up and says he had a victory in his grasp Sunday after he beats Nice. He won't let Gulak get away and he'll become a two-time, two-time cruiserweight champ. Well, General Manager Drake Maverick has shown... General Manager Drake Maverick is backstage and finally out of his wedding suit. He leaves a voicemail for Mike Kinellis, calling him unprofessional and saying Mike can't blame him for his failures. Well, we see Humberto Carrillo defeating Rob Rollenbeck via pinfall after a twisting top rope splash. Or the flippy flappy flop, as you call it, wherever it was. I can't remember now. Nailed it. After a recap of Davari's beatdown of Only Lorcan, Sari Schreiber interviews him backstage. He says, Only deserved it for putting six stables in the head and costing him a title shot. He starts saying Lorcan isn't tough, and then he gets destroyed with a stool chair by Wild Only, up to and including when he's dragged away. The Beantown brawler screams like a lunatic to Davari. How does it feel? How does it? Well, Lucha House Party won as if they took the Singh brothers lightly last week, and Kalisto wants revenge for what they did to Penelope, and. Lince Dorado reveals he talked to Maverick and got a tornado tag booked for next week. Well, he's defeated the Kira via pinfall after a belly to back pile driver to earn a title match against Cruiserweight champ Drew Gulak at Extreme Rules. This was a typically good 205 Live main event. Nice offices hands afterwards and Star accepts to pull him into a hug. So we move on to our next episode, and that's July 2nd, episode 136. The show begins with a backstage promo from the Baby Faces in our trio's main event that concludes with only Lorcan talking about how excited he is to give Davari more stitches. Well, Lucha House Party, Grand Metallic and Lince Dorado over Singh Brothers, Samir and Sunil. By pinfall with a stereo dive, a rope walk elbow from Metallic and a shooting star press from Dorado in a Tornado Tag Team match. We get a video package for Humberto Carrillo. And Mike Canellis is interviewed backstage. He admits that he's not emotionally ready after last night, but he is, and as far as his wife Maria goes, <laughs> she, what? I mean, Mike Canellis, I know you hate him, but what they did on Raw to him, did you feel bad at all by saying, like, she wishes Becky Lynch was the father of the baby? Rob? I mean, that's, apparently that's going to be quite a long-term storyline as well, so... Well... No, I'm not surprised. No, I don't feel the slightest bit of sympathy for him. Because, you know, I've known it right from the beginning that he's a cunt. Like I did with Enzo fucking Amore. I knew from the beginning he was a cunt. And I knew from the beginning Mike Canellis was a cunt. Well, he admits he's not emotionally ready after last night. But here he is, and he as far as his wife Maria goes, she's not coming to ringside tonight. And they're not exactly talking right now. Last night should have been the happiest moment of his life, but instead in front of the entire W universe, she called appointment, and quite frankly, he is disappointed. But not in himself, but in Drake Maverick, because the rift between them is all his fault. He's going to prove to his wife that he's man enough, and that starts when he wins this match tonight. Well, Jack Gallagher, only Lorcan, and Tony Nice beat Davari, Gulak, and Canellis by pinfall, with the jig and tonic from Nice on Canellis. So not only did Mike Canellis... <laughs> Not win the match. He was the one that got pinned. Yes. And Lorcan and Davari fought to the back mid-match. Well, post-match, Gulak attacks Nice and Oni and Arari. Davari returns to ringside. Everybody just starts brawling. And then our last episode, which is July 9th, episode 137. The show opens with Oni Lorcan cutting a promo about all the plunder he's allowed to use against Davari when Davari blindsides him. They brawl into the road cases as referee, a road agent, a general manager, trainers, medics, and Drake Maverick arrive to pull them apart. Thence to the intro video. 
Well, Brian Kendrick over Sunil Singh by submission with the captain's hook despite Samir Singh's best effort, efforts to interfere. Post-match, Samir runs in and beats Kendrick down, but Kirizar makes a save and the baby faces stand tall. We get another video package for Humberto Carrillo. And then Jack Raja over Devin Justin with a headbutt. Mups the match after a few minutes, throwing garbage around and bringing Drake Maverick out alongside some referees and Sean Davari to run him off. Well, backstage, Drake wants to have a man-to-man chat with Canellis. He says he's sorry for neglecting his duties as general manager of 205 Live and he understands Mike is frustrated, but he can't take his frustrations out on other people. Canellis says the difference is Maverick caused all of his problems and ruined his life, so it's only fair that he ru- ruins his little show. Drake sympathises but says he's going to have to fine him for his actions, and Mike loses his mind about it for a moment before accepting it and saying they all know he's going to compete next week and he can't wait to see how big a fine he gets for what he's planning. So now we move on to our main event and it's only Lorkin versus Davari. Anything goes and Lorkin is not waiting around. He's going to meet Davari. On the stage. Wasn't only looking a hill when he came into... He was, and then since uh, Staples to Davari, this kind of rivalry has started, but a huge clothesline. It might be over sooner rather than later. You can tell he's a face because he's got his beard back. Yes. Yeah. That's how Davari works. A bit like Flair's trunks, it's his beard with the what character. And here he comes looking. Anything goes, so we should see the uh, innovative offence. All around here. He bounces Davari's head off the steel step. And now Lork is looking around for some uh, accoutrements under the ring. And he's found a steel chair. Isn't it incredible to think that three years ago, the CWC was taking place right about this time? Yeah. That's three years have gone by. It doesn't, I don't know. I can't believe it's that long ago now. Who won the CWC? I can't remember. But, of course, 205 Live came from that, didn't it? And then since then... All the former CWC alumni have basically become the Cruiserweight champion. And then kind of lost it and buggered off to either Impact or fighting with Joey Janela backstage. That was embarrassing. A, a Blink-182 That's going to set up concert. another match, isn't it? That's going to set up another match. <laughs> he's already fighting your mates. So a good old John Moxley's gone out there. Yeah, John Moxley. He's uh, <laughs> sick of WWE's creative. So he's... Um, and he's fighting Big Kaz. Yeah. With Enzo Rigside, so that's going to be a, a barn burner. Abso-fucking-positive-lutely. Exactly. I'd much rather be watching Lorcan versus Davari on 205 Live, as he's just stopped Lorcan's offence there. I'd much rather watch paint dry. And now Davari's uh, finding some more stuff under the ring. He's got a chain and a trash can. Uh, unfortunately, unless Lorcan puts Davari through a pane of glass, I don't think it's going to live up kind of the last uh, street fight that we've seen but Lorcan now stopping Davari well a suplex on the uh, wafer thin mats I don't know if it's broken Davari's coccyx or not but were those thin I mean how thin are those mats though? those mats are just mere millimetres thick and they're over pure concrete Irish rip reversed by Davari sends Lorcan back first into barricade oh my god now Davari means business he's getting a ladder so Davari's got a ladder involved they've got a chair all they need is a table they've got a chain which Davari's just picked up. He must have heard you. Malork is in all sorts of trouble at the moment. It looks a bit like Austin Aries, doesn't he? What, Davari? Yeah. No, fucking only Lorkin. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. They both, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose if you close one eye, you look the other way. If you squint. <laughs> yeah, if you squint and look at the door. Yeah, he does look a bit. He's Aiden English. It's because they haven't got faith in his wrestling. Team up with Simon Gotch. Gotch will be facing Enzo. 
Motivari means business. Going to Irish whip Lorcan into the ladder. And now reversal from Lorcan, but Davari puts the brakes on and runs. Tries again to throw him into the ladder, but again Lorcan turns it round. This time <laughs> unable to put the brakes on and goes sailing into the ladder. And the ladder came back down and hit Davari on the back of the head. Oh my God, you can see the uh, wear and tear on Lorcan's body. As he sets the ladder up against the ring ropes, looking to suplex Davari into said ladder. Now blocked by Davari, and for a second time... And now Arias trying to fight. Chops Oni onto the ladder. Irish whip reversed by Oni. Hip lock straight into the ladder. And now first cover of the match. Lorcan gets Davari down, but no, managing to kick out. Uh-huh. He'll kill Spin. And Davari is Lorcan. Sets up the chair in the middle of the ring and saying he's going to do his uh, half Nelson suplex on it. <laughs> I did not know what happened. Mine. Half suplex with Davari blocking it. Uh, turning it round. Just an inverted DDT for the cover. Two. No, Lorcan managing to kick out. Oh. Uh. Davari's gone back to that chain. And he's got it wrapped round Lorcan's face. As he uses it to bounce Lorcan face first off the turnbuckle. The chain wrapped around Lorcan's face sends him head first into the turnbuckle. And for a third time with a chain sending Lorcan face first into the turnbuckle. Goes for a cover. But no, only a two count. Two. See them annoying cunts stood up in the front row. Mm. Yeah, you got a little kid behind cunts. Uh-oh, and now Tavari's got Lorcan's head in between the chair. And he's got a version of the camel clutch locked in as well. And Tavari's sitting Lorcan down on the chair, just punching away at his head. Well, he screams, do you know I am? And he slaps him around the face. Turn around, spawn bust on the chair. Oh, drop toehold as Tavari comes flying in. You know, this is what Lorcan could do better than anybody with these uppercuts. Upper what? Taking Davari down. Oh, shit, reversed by Davari. But a lovely blockbuster by Lorcan. Only trying to get some momentum with a huge running uppercut. Knocks Davari out of the ring. Oh, only with a crazed look on his face. I think he's going to go flying. Sailing over the top rope, taking Davari out. It was kind of Ultimate Warrior style. Sucking in the, uh, the little Warriors. A crazy look. And Lorcan now. Well, the fans chant, we want tables. Will Lorcan oblige? Obviously. And a huge cheer for the tables. If I was Lorcan, I'd just put it back underneath the ring and they'd be like, there you go. That's <laughs> you want a table? Uh, Lorcan took a bit too long, pandering to the fans, and he gets met with a super kick by Davari, who very nicely sorts the apron out. <laughs> I like wrestlers that do that. I do as Some well. Some wrestlers just leave it all cattywampus. But Davari is a good guy because he sorts the ring apron. Davari might be back into this match now. But he himself is taking a bit too long to kind of capitalise on the super kick he delivered to Only Lorcan. And only well, uh Davari comes flying off the edge of the ring apron into Davari uh into Lorcan, who managed to get a trash can up and uh completely wiped Davari out. Cool. Well, not only did he hit it, but he landed on it. Well I've never seen anybody actually split a trash can like that. And now Lorcan's got Davari missed the ring there, unfortunately, he just got the ring steps. We'll try his best. He maybe used his trash can lid to try and pick it up and scoop him in. Nope. Unfortunately, he dropped it on his face. Right, he's going to try and do it with the chair now. Nope, missed it again. Lorcan is quite clumsy, isn't he? He is. Well, he's got six chairs. Oh, no, it didn't work with that one. What about the next one? Nope. <laughs> nope, what about this one? There you go. See, so he's got a better handle. This one's a crew, aren't they? Well, he's greased up because his hands are all <laughs> clammy because he's been eating clams. Clam. And now he's got the chair set up. He's got a chair set up now next to the stairs. Well, he's going to sit Davari down in front of him and give him a stern talking to. Maybe he's going to invite someone else out. The referee. Well. This one for Aiden English. There you go, mate. Right, Good now. one for Danny Birch. Now play the music. 
as he cranks the slippery trash can lid over the back of Davaro. Yes, he's got Danny Birch a chair and one for Drake Maverick. <laughs> no, Davaro's managed to turn it round with a kick to the midsection and a trash can lid to the back. Well, that would have been the end of Davaro. I think he realises that Davaro getting a little bit of heat back then by the crowd. Well, looking to set up the chairs, but it looks like Davaro's going to use them. But Oni's trying his best to block it. Headbutt from Oni, though, tries to break it up. And now Lorcan's trying to powerbomb him. Oh! oh! Devova backdrop, sending Oni over to the chairs. Oh, by God, I think he's broken in. Well, those chairs are absolutely dented. Now, this is Oni's... Uh, uh, this, sorry, this is Davari's match to lose now. He's in full control of Oni after sending him the chairs. And you see the red marks all over Lorcan's body where the impact. Did referee just say it's time to go home? If he did, we all know what that means. I'll go home. Home time. End of match. So Davari's got a ladder set up in one corner, a table in the other. And now Davari, oh my God, going all the way up, must be at least 10 foot in the air. At least 12 foot up on the ladder. Frog splash onto Oni. One, two, no! Lorcan just managing to kick out. Ah, and Davari cannot believe it. Lorcan showing toughness there. I, even I didn't think he had. Can't believe it after all the punishment. Davari's furious now. Like Shawn Michaels. A la Shawn Michaels. A la Shawn. A la Shawn. A la Razor. Well, Davari's not done there. He's setting up a table. It's on the ring rope. Mate, second rope. There you go, Davari. Well, maybe Davari's not ha- used to handling that, you know, bigger wood. Uh, he needs to go to uh, Big Papa Dudley's construction site. Have a little practice. Playing with- and now Davari. What else is he looking for? What's better than one table? Alexa Bliss on a table naked. No, two tables was my, my thing, but ah. that wasn't bad. Oh, table's broke. <laughs> well, Davari won't be giving up. No. He's like, yeah, the first one didn't work, but this one will. F3 getting one out, getting that one out of the ring. Stuck on the ring rope, mate. You, the entrance, you know, the... There you go, fuck it. Yeah, you'll get a crew member to sort it out, won't you? I'll take back what I said about Davari. Had to leave it to the referee now. How long do you think they've had that table under there? I mean, come on now, that's... That's the one, that's just like the spare one, isn't it? How many tables we got under the ring? Well, we got three, and that's the one that never gets used. The second one's broke now, and now Davari's going to look to break Lorcan through him. Looking for that Persian splash, but I know, only Lorcan's back up to his feet. Crutches Davari on the top rope. And Ari Davari's in a lot of trouble, and Lorcan is going to finish him now. Superplex through the tables. One, two, three. Lorcan wins this one, beating Davari. Huge impact there. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was quite a good match. There was a, a couple of lulls in a match at a, a few points. But um, no, you know, it, was, it wasn't a bad match. There were some good moments, some few good spots. Um, just the pacing of it, really, I think was a bit off. Yeah, I think the thing is, I like only Lorcan. So I think that's what matters. You know, what's that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that helped it out was that we like only Lorcan. Uh, as for 205 Live, though, with Gulak as champ, there is potential. But again, it just doesn't feel vital viewing, you know. And we've, we've kind of quick results. We've not, it doesn't feel like I've missed anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the best match that we've seen, you know, fair enough. But that's it for 205 Live. So we move on to news. News. And this could become a problem. Wrestling is a strange place. There are all kinds of people of all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of stories. Those stories don't end when they get into the business, though, as you never know what might happen outside the ring. 
This can include a host of problems, which can include legal issues. That seems to be the case of a current NXT prospect. Well, according to sources, NXT prospect and University of Minnesota wrestling team member Gable Stevenson and another Minnesota wrestler have been accused of criminal sexual misconduct. Stevenson has been heavily recruited by NXT and has even received one-on-one training time with Brock Lesnar. Stevenson has not been signed by WWE and details of the situation Situation. have not been released. Move on to movie time. Netflix and WWE tag team up on a family movie starring Ken Marine, Pally and Kofi Kingston. Netflix and WWE are teaming up on a new live-action family movie, The Main Event, which will star Seth Carr, Tashina Arnold, Ken Marino, Adam Pally and WWE superstars Kofi Kingston... The Miz and Seamus, among others. Yeah, the movie follows an 11 year old aspiring wrestling car who, after discovering the magical mask, enters a competition to become the next WWE superstar. Production on the movie, which will be directed by Jay Carras, off an original screenplay by Larry Postel, begins this week in Vancouver. The main event is expected to premiere on Netflix in 2020. WWE Studios' Susan Levinson is the executive producer, along with Maggie Molina. Richard Lowe of WWE Studios is a producer as well. The main event joins Netflix's growing state of live-action movies featuring kids and teens made for families. And I hope WWE Network have some of these more movies on there, especially if you're going to get in collaboration with people like Netflix. But anyway, next story, and it's good to be king. When a weekly WWE studio show begins airing on FS1 in October, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler may have a significant role. Well, according to sources, Fox wants Lawler to be the main part of the show since his voice and image are familiar to wrestling fans of all ages. Triple H announced prior to WrestleMania 35 that a weekly studio show would begin airing on FS1 in conjunction with the debut of SmackDown on Fox in October. Well, Lawler is considered one of the best and most accomplished announcers in wrestling history as he and AEW's Jim Ross were the voices of the Attitude Era. While the King's role has diminished in recent years, he is still under contract with WWE and makes some guest appearances as an announcer and as part of the pre-show panel for some pay-per-views. He could thrive in a set in FS1 would provide if he would lend instant credibility to the show due to the equity he's built up with wrestling fans over the years. Well, it's time for a change. Well, WWE and BT Sport have announced now that it will be the new home for WWE programming in the UK and Ireland beginning in January 2020. WWE's weekly Raw and SmackDown shows will air on the network, while BT Sports box office will air WWE's monthly pay-per-view events. This is a multi-year partnership reportedly agreed back in May, and we reported on it back then as well. WWE had been with Sky for more than 30 years in the UK. Anyone who grew up watching wrestling in the late 90s will have fond memories of Raw airing on a Friday night, four days after the US, in the pre-social media era when spoilers weren't a problem. Now it airs simultaneously with America and hardcore devotees stay up to the early hours and stumble into work or school bleary-eyed on Tuesday morning just not to miss the latest badly scripted Roman Reigns promo. Yeah. So on Sky you will be missed, but WWE are looking to have a highlight package show on uh, Terrestrial as well to try and get that because, of course, AEW on ITV4 right now. <coughs> so Sky's audience, is, uh, Sky I think was about 30 million homes, BT's about 4 million. So WWE are looking to have that done. But next story is Good Friends, Better Enemies. CM Punk filed a lawsuit against independent wrestler and former friend Colt Cabana on June 18th to recoup 
the $600,000 in legal fees, according to sources. Punk and Cabana were co-defense in a case that saw WWE physician Chris Aman sue them for defamation stemming from Punk's appearance on Cabana's art wrestling podcast in November 2014. Say it ain't so. Well, legend Charles Robinson was the victim of a robbery that resulted in $55,000 worth of memorabilia being stolen. Well, as per sources, Robinson discovered his storage unit in Charlotte had been broken into and valuables had been taken. I was really shocked when I opened the storage unit door and noticed that the place was a mess and stuff was missing, Robinson told the Charlotte Observer. I seriously felt that was a nightmare and once I realised that was happening, I felt sick to my stomach Then I got angry once I didn't get any assistance from the storage company. Items in the unit include Evil Knievel stunt cycle toys, Chucky Dolls, Friday the 13th, action figures and Planet of the Apes lunchboxes. It was noted the most expensive items were a collection of Fangoria magazines worth $5,000 and a Jaws statue worth 2374 They weren't the items I thought he would have in there, but hey. No, uh, well, <laughs> Robinson filed a police report after finding the unit was robbed May 28th and they may have discovered a lead Thursday night when the jewel statue popped up on eBay and the seller immediately removed it after Robinson put in a $1,000 bid. Well, you're a bastard. So whoever did that to the legend Charles Robinson, little Nate, how dare you? He's going to find you now. He's got a certain set of skills. He's got a specific <laughs> set of skills, and he's going to find you, and he is going to kill you. Well, the NXT just keep on coming. We thought the NXT name changes were done for a while, where most of the last batch was announced for a breakout tournament that will start on this episode in the brand's weekly WWE Network show. But no, they just keep happening. If these guys are going to get a TV push with their new name, it won't start until after TakeOver Toronto 2. 2. Since NXT doesn't tape again until August 15th. But we love a good renaming, so we can't wait until then to celebrate well still a little dubious about this first one it's official it hasn't been changed in the performance center roster page it's not like a gamer and alan fan who's up up down down regular his own twitch channel couldn't be changing his twitter handle to include a jojo's bizarre venture reference but he has been promising it for a while now according to booker t trainee and former nfl lineman brennan williams in WWE. now he is dio madden welcome to madden town wow that is... how anticlimactic and the other one is also from someone who's been in the WWE system for a while. Williams slash Madden signed in 2016. Dan Mather in 2015. There are signs Mather's getting a push as part of a Robert E. Robbie E. Strauss managed tag team, the Outliers, with Riddick Moss. They've been prominent on house shows and WWE.com is writing about Moss and Road Dog recently said in an interview that he's been working with them personally at the Performance Centre and Mather's name has been changed on the Performance Centre site. They say they think he's bigger in Texas, but there ain't anything bigger than old Dorian Mack and the Outliers. Dorian Mack. What the fuck are they thinking in NXT right now? Oh, well. What are they smoking in NXT <laughs> exactly. right now? Exactly. Speaking about what people might be smoking, up next, dream to a nightmare. Well, WWE legend Tommy Dreamer has tragically revealed the depths to which his battle with depression drove him. Well, back in 2001, the New York Grappler was so desperate to keep the failing wrestling promotion alive that he snubbed lucrative offers to join the WCW. However, Dreamer, real name Tong Lachlan, was then heartbroken to discover that Heyman had already given up and was secretly working with WWE. He then thought about taking advantage of Texas lax gun laws to jump the rail at WrestleMania 17 in Houston, murder Paul Heyman, and then take his own life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a statement. Can't he be arrested for saying... 
Well, speaking on the House of Hardcore podcast, he said, when, w, when ECW went out of business, I was 29 years old. I had a lot of my money, my parents' money, trying to float the company. Paul Heyman, who I thought me and him were super tight, he screwed me over big time. He was in the WWE the whole time. I had turned down hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to WCW and now was unemployed. So he turned down money to go to WCW in 2001. When they were just about to go under. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And he could put the rest of his money... <laughs> Well, he went from a $750,000 offer and Paul Heyman crying to me that if I leave ECW, it will go out of business. Meanwhile, he was getting a paycheck from WWE. I don't begrudge him that, but then I did. <laughs> then he did. He said, I was depressed. <laughs> he said, I was depressed as depressed can be. I had a woman, had fame, had everything, and yet it was the worst time in my life. It really was. I was doing indies, making decent money on the indies, but I lived at home. I had women, I had fame, I had everything, and yet it was the worst time of my life. This is crazy for me to admit it, but I am doing it for a reason. I just, just like I admitted up to other things previous. Well, WrestleMania 17 was in Houston, and Heyman told him that he was going to debut. All of this stuff, then they had the TLC, and Spike Dudley came in, and Rhino came in, and Lita came in. That was supposed to be my spot. Then, uh... That got it. It was going to be a hardcore 24 7 thing, and that was going to be all about you. That was when I was supposed to debut. I remember I did a show there, and I saw a sign that said, Guns Welcome. And I was in Houston. I did an indie show, and I said, What is this? I'm with New York. What do you mean, Guns Welcome? And they say, Oh, you're allowed to bring a firearm in the venue. And um, that is probably one of the main reasons why America has so much gun trouble. And that's why AEW did a show about a uh, gun incident that happened last year. Well, they could have done one that happened 18 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was across the street from the Astrodome, and when I tell you, it resonated in my head so much that I'll tell you that I wanted to do it. It's sick that I think this. At WrestleMania, I was going to hop the rail, and I was going to whack Paulie in the back of the head, right at the announce table, and then I was going to whack myself. The ultimate martyr, I was going to hit my posse, crack, boom, pull the trigger, because I was that insane. I don't know if I would have went through with it, but that's what I was thinking every day. I will go down in history. Pop, boom. He would have gone down in history. First, they think it was an angle until I shot him, obviously. I was so severely depressed and so mental with rage, I needed help. That help came from a phone call from Jim Ross who now works for AEW. Yeah. Well, randomly, I'll get a phone call from a number I didn't know. I'll pick it up, and I remember having these thoughts, and it was bad. I had a gun. I was, psh, man. Could you think about the horribleness that I would have done for my legacy? I would have ruined WrestleMania, which I love WrestleMania, for everybody. These thoughts were so crazy in my head. How dare that person? He screwed my parents over, and I come from a mobster mentality. In my head, I was like, I would become infamous, which is famous for the wrong reason. I'm glad I didn't do it, but when that phone call came from Jim Ross... Again, just said, leave a message. It said, hey, Tommy, it's just want to let you know we're still thinking about you. We're going to get it done. Just got to hang tight. Thank you. Think of how stupid I would have been, how dumb and how messed up my thoughts would have been if that would have come to fruition. I'm so happy I didn't do it. I'm so happy that I did get the phone call from someone who was a stranger. I barely knew the guy. There was another day. There was a lot of other days. I mean, that would have been probably the most brutal. We talk about the attacker at Bret Hart's Hall of Fame ceremony. Imagine if something like that would have fucking happened. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like... But do you think that kind of would have prevented the Chris Benoit thing? 
Do you know saying actually? Because you know yeah. they they would have kind of pressed down tightly more on the superstars that they've got. You know, I'm not saying that it's something that should have happened because you know what would the world be without Paul Heyman? Well, this is the thing. Would you sacrifice? Oh, and the... and Tommy Dreamer, obviously. Yeah, no, Tommy Dreamer would have. But I mean, with the Paul Heyman, I mean that's an interesting thing. I mean, we can maybe uh, discuss that somewhere down the line as well. And what ifs, you know? Anyway, up next, too sweet. Well, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson have put pen to paper. Well, according to sources, they have re-signed with WWE. The duo reportedly have signed new contracts in the past 24 hours and will receive a significant pay rise. Well, per a WWE source, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson signed a new five-year deals in the last 24 hours with a significant... Others had reported it was done earlier this week. But the source noted they didn't even receive a contract until this past Monday. Well, it, <coughs> it's no secret Gallows and Anderson were not utilised much on television during their first contract. But this one is already off to a promising start. Hopefully they can sustain success and show their value. They are still one of the best tech teams out there. Your mate Dave Meltzer found the news on the Wrestling Observer Radio as well. Dave the Melt, Czar. Well, this past week on Raw, AJ Styles turned heel and reunited with the club in a beatdown on my good friend and poster. Well, Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that the duo were sticking around and Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported they were offered new deals with the company. And I'm absolutely surprised that Dave Meltzer got his mouth off of Kenny Omega's cock long enough (laughs) to actually talk about WWE in a good light. All right, so we move on to injuries. WWE superstar Lars Sullivan reported... Reportedly, is expected to miss six to nine months with a knee injury. Yeah, sources said that they had an MRI, and that reveals Sullivan's injury is more severe than initially believed. He was seemingly in line for a big push, but he has not appeared on WWE programming since beating Lucha House Party in a handicap elimination match on the June 10th episode of Raw. Another injury, and the UE in ER. The exact injury that WWE NXT star Bobby Fish, Bobby Fish is dealing with has been revealed. It's been reported that Fish suffered what apparently was a jaw injury while working a match at the TV tapings that aired on Wednesday's NXT episode. Velveteen Dream did a quebrada and it looked like his knee connected with Fish's nose, but it's actually a jaw. As of right, there's no word yet when he will be cleared to return to in-ring action. News of Fish being hurt first surfaced when it was announced that he had been pulled from upcoming Evolve events. He was supposed to wrestle at the Evolve 129 event June 29th, 9th from Queens and Evolve 1.30, June 30th from Brooklyn. Well, it just appeared now in the meet and greet. And this comes after last week's revealed that O'Reilly revealed, <laughs> received a back injury. And that was keeping him working out at the UK Download Festival. No fucking shit is Kyle O'Reilly suffering a back injury. He's a top nomination for the Johnny Gagano Award for most finals with taking the match. He should be out for a long time. Well, remember that time Randy Orton pinned Triple H clean in the centre of the ring in Saudi Arabia and WWE did nothing to follow it up? Well, sources reported the Viper has been sidelined with a neck injury since that contest in June. He'd been dealing with some sort of neck injury, which has been evaluated last week. He jammed up his neck against Black, and already had vacation time coming up. He was given an additional two weeks prior in order to rest up accordingly. Good. Orton still has a significant name value, and given the lack of genuine stars in WWE, he remains a valuable asset to the company. See? Just truth. With SummerSlam and Survivor Series coming up, his availability will be important to WWE's marketing and booking efforts. And that's why the last few shows in Raw and SmackDown have had about six fans turn up because what's the (laughs) point in going if there's no fucking Orton? Well, I mean, it doesn't know if we'll appear on Raw or SmackDown 
or due to the wild card rule, just be on both all the time, make your dreams come true, wouldn't it? Wet dreams come but, true. But uh, we shall see what happens there. Hindered Jinder. Well, Jinder Mahal underwent successful surgery to repair a patella tendon rupture at a live event in Denver on June 15th. An Instagram post on Friday afternoon, the former WWE champion. <laughs> Still can't believe he'd done that. I oh, know, who did he beat? <laughs> who did he beat, Dan? Well, was it Bobby Roode no, or was it Drew McIntyre? It no. no, because neither of them have held the WWE Championship for them to actually fucking so lose who in was the first it place. So who was it then? It was a man who puts over everyone else <laughs> who was it? selflessly. And who was it? Randy Orton. Who Randy Orton? Yes, an Instagram post on Friday afternoon, the champion said that surgery went well and his knee was better than expected. Well, in true modern-day Maharaja Stali, he posted... Ruptured my patella tendon in Denver, Colorado, June 15, in a match against Ali... Happy to say surgery went well and my knee was better than expected. This comeback is going to be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Up next, Kofi No-No. Well, sources reported Kofi Kingston was held off recent house shows and cut out of the ring on Tuesday's episode of SmackDown because of backish. Well, according to sources, it was reported that Kofi Kingston was held off recent house shows and out of the ring on Tuesday's episode of SmackDown because of back issues. He went on to clarify that Kingston is expected to compete at Sunday's Extreme Rules pay-per-view, where he would defend his WWE Championship against Samoa Joe. Well, it's no surprise Kingston is dealing with back issues, seeing as he's been carrying the WWE product on his back since February. Oh, boom! Well, in all seriousness, an increased workload and wear and tear from continuous bumping will affect even the most durable and reliable performers. Kingston is no Superman, like Randy Orton is. Issues are expected. That's why Randy Orton is injured at the moment, yeah. Hopefully injury is no worse than that, because Kingston is in the midst of one of the best booked title reigns we've seen in years. Having it ending prematurely because of injury would be a massive disappointment. Well, Adrian Lionheart McCallum is gone too soon. He was 36 when word of his death hit the internet on June 19th. He spent about a third of his life entertaining the fans from wrestling ring. Even if you weren't familiar with the ICW and Preston City Wrestling, his time in the United Kingdom and European independent scenes gave him an opportunity to work with countless names you're probably familiar with. Many of those friends and colleagues have shared thoughts and remembrances on social media. I always looked up to Lionheart's professional approach to wrestling when it was far from that at the time. People like him were pivotal in the growth of a scene that has led to so many people being able to do this for a living faults uh, and you know just tons of uh, faults came in about him uh, so many people had worked on the independent Pete Dunn said very shocked and silent here this terrible news about Lionheart I just received a message from yesterday congratulate me on our new child my thoughts and prayers with his family and loved one uh, Matt Hardy went on to say breaks my heart R.I.P. my friend you're always so wonderful to me and I'll be forever grateful that I knew you give Trav a big hug from me Page says, sleep well, my brother. I'll see you down the line, R.I.P. Lionheart. <laughs> Don't do it in a Scottish accent. Why? Because he's dead. <laughs> I can't not now. <laughs> Drew McIntyre went on to say, I'm crushed to hear the passing of Adrian Lionheart McCullum. I may not have known him very well, but he was one of the first people to welcome me with open arms when I took my first tour to the UK. And Cedric Alexander said, I'm so sorry to hear Adrian's friends and family. I don't know what to say, everyone. Please think of them during this time. Rest easy, pal. Your brothers and sisters will see you in another dream. Nikki Cross went on to <laughs> Nikki Cross went on to say, saddened to hear of the passing of Lionheart. Condolences, love and support to his fans. Rest in peace. Piper Liver said, R.I.P. Lionheart. My deep condolences to his family. It was a very sad day. 
Ligero said, that is awful. Met Lionheart a few times over the years and worked with him last summer at WOS. A nice guy and talented performer. And finally, Will Ospreay said he's uh, devastated, doesn't cover how he feels. But speaking of Will Ospreay... Where's the beef, James? I don't know. Well, W Universal Champ Seth Rollins and New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay has gone back and forth on Twitter over the past two days in a debate over his professional wrestling's true workhorse. It started Sunday night during Stomping Grounds when Rollins praised the WWE product and gave himself a hat tip for consistently performing at a high level despite WWE's gruelling schedule. Well, Seth Rollins said, doubling down, best pro wrestling on the planet, see the Cruiserweight Triple Threat, and that's just one night, one match against the many. Find anyone else alive who does that, I do so well as I do as often as I do it. You can't, WWE Stomping Ground. Chimed in and suggested that he should be mentioned in the same breath as Rollins. He said, I'm alive. Unlike Adrian Lionheart In response, the Beast Slayer expressed his belief that Osprey isn't even on the same level as my good friend, and new United States champion, Ricochet. Well, he said, oh, I'm sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you here. And he just won his first US title tonight. Congrats, Ricochet. Keep working hard, though, buddy. Well, Spray came back with a gif and then noted that he has actually been a more active wrestler than Rollins this year. Fact of the day, Will Ospreay wrestled more matches in 2019 than Rollins. Catch up, little guy. Um, <coughs> Rollins didn't dispute Ospreay's tweet and instead opted to flex his talk with his hefty WWE contract. I mean, if you want to talk numbers, we can compare bank accounts to PS. That's counting a month off without a broken back. Osprey closed out the debate by once again asserting that he is rolling from an in-ring performance perspective. You love adding stuff, don't you? I mean, the original question was, find anyone else alive who does this as well as I do it, as often as I do it. No talk of money, no talk of ricochet. You said anyone, here I am, just as consistent, just as good. Hope the back heals up. And ESPN's Mark Raimondi later asked Osprey about the exchange and a 26-year-old Brit suggested it was all good fun. Yeah, I chatted with him tonight for the G1 Climax. I asked Osprey about his Twitter back and forth with Seth Rollins and here's what he said. Early this month, Osprey won the Best of Super Juniors tournament for the second time in his career and went on to beat Dragon Lee at Dominion to become the three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. <coughs> But Seth Rollins has come out on Twitter recently and uh, apologised to Will Spray about uh, basically having beef with him in the first place. So everything is sorted. But I think the tweet actually goes to Baron Corbin. He put, fun fact, Baron Corbin has wrestled more times this year than Osprey. Also, who is Osprey? <laughs> yeah, no, fair play to Corbin. You know, so that is it for news. So we move on to NXT UK in this episode 48, and it's June 19th. We'll take June 14th at 2019 at Download Festival in Donington Park, Leicestershire, England. Well, the show open with a recap of last week's Imperium vs. British Strong Style match and the NXT UK debut of Alexander Wolfe as the newest member of Imperium. Vic Joseph was joined by Aidan English on commentary with Nigel McGuinness not having made the trip to Download Festival. Well, Cassius Ono pinned Kenny Williams after a rolling elbow in the first match. 
Iron Eye was wearing a Wrestling Genius t-shirt on his way to the ring. He worked the arm early on and had Williams in some trouble as he couldn't escape an armbar for some time until he managed to jump up on Ono, lock in a head scissors and force him to the ropes for a break. Well, Williams got the upper hand with some unique offense using his speed and athleticism, but Ono used dirty tricks to get back in control. He hit a Finley roll, crushing Williams beneath him. Williams came back and managed to roll up Ono for a near fall, then followed up with a running drop, running kick, a drop kick through the ropes, and a dive to the outside onto Ono. After some more offense, Ono stopped Williams off a springboard move by crashing into him, then hit the rolling elbow to the back of the head for the pin and the victory. Well, as Ono celebrated on the ramp, Imperium's music hit, and he quickly went to the back as a fearsome foursome came out and posed. They then walked to the ring to, sh- uh, to cut, as the show cut to a break. Well, we get an Imperium in-ring segment, and Marcel Barfel started out talking, but was interrupted by massive booing. He needed a few attempts, and apparently you people think we are here to entertain you. I can assure you we are not. We stand on the mat that is so sacred to us, we, to restore the honour of the sport, and at that point, we want wrestling chants broke out. Well, Fabian Aitner, Fabian Aitner continued, As you saw last week, our numbers have increased. Our union is now complete. You respect our values, NXT UK. You will obey. There are chants for Pete Dunne. Alexander Wolfe then explained why he joined Imperium. When I saw the opportunity, the opportunity to join Imperium, I had no doubt at all. It felt right to join Imperium. It felt right because this unit treats professional wrestling with respect. NXT UK, this brand is not a playground. And we will, we will protect the legacy of this sport. There was some chance for sanity. Well, Walter then spoke and said, talking about kids on the playground, Travis Banks... You may have been WWE United. <laughs> Walter then spoke and said, talking about kids on the playground, Travis Banks, you may have a WWE United Kingdom Championship opportunity, but things will be done the way we want them to be done. And because of this, Johnny Saint made a title match for next week. And look at this group of men standing with me in the ring. We already chased Pete Dunaway and Travis. People say you're brave, young man, but in reality, you're a fool if you think it's against me. We are Imperium. And this mat is sacred. Well, Banks then came out and told Walter that he had no problem with facing him next week and promised Walter that he'd have to bring everything he's got. My God, so there's Imperium and they're just basically setting the stage, aren't they, to show what they are all about. Well, Naam Dar was asked about his behaviour. He spotted Kenny Williams on his way to the dressing room and offered to take him under his wing. That's nice, Dar. Well, Gallus... Wolfgang defeated the Hunt, Wild Boar and Primate when Wolfgang pinned Primate after a power slam slash head kick combination at 6 minutes 15. Well, they started out hot, rolling all around ringside with Hunt being the clear aggressors. Wild Boar hit a series of sentons and kept beating on Mark Coffey. Coffey managed to break free with a punch, then Wolfgang beat down Boar and cranked his neck. Well, Gallus worked well together, tagging in and out and wearing Wild Boar down. Boar finally managed to run Gallus into one another and made the hot tag to Primate who ran wild with suplex and back body drops. Primate was sent to ringside by Wolfgang on a charging attempt. Gallus then neutralised Wild Boar at ringside and put Primate away with a power slam slash head kick combination. Well, Joe Coffey came out after the match and was posed with his Gallus mates in the ring. They then picked up Wild Boar and Joe struck him down with his lariat and Gallus kept beating him down the hunt until Dave Mastiff's music hit and he came out to make the save, sending the hill scattering as he entered the ring. We had Mustache Mountain who were interviewed by Radzi Chigga. 
who informed them they would face the Grizzled Young Vets for the NXT UK Tag Team titles in two weeks' time. Mustache Mountain talked about having their hands full with Imperium, but Trent Seven vowed that the title match would be their primary focus. So that is in two weeks, but next week we have Walter defending the UK title against Travis Banks. And right now we have got a battle royal, and the winner receives a future shot at the NXT UK Women's Championship. And we've got Zia Brookside, Ginny, Jazzy Gaber, Kaylee Ray, Isla Dawn, Candy Floss, Piper Niving, Killer Kelly, Nina Samuels, Rare Ripley, Rio and Kanji. Well, I am going to go for Piper Niven in this one. There ain't no doubt that I was going to get her over the top rope. I'm going for little old Candy Floss. You like Candy Floss, don't you? She's so sweet. Look at her. Not many women tower over Piper Niven, but Jazzy Gaybert's in there. And here is the former UK women's champion. Rhea Ripley. Oh, Rhea Ripley's a dangerous woman. She's got problems with Piper Niven as well, but she's bringing a confidence. She might be the dark horse in this one. <coughs> Candy Floss. Candy Floss. So here we go, all these women. And this is how great the NXT UK women's division is as well. All these strong women in that Kaylee Ray, Rhea Ripley, Piper Niven. Look at Jazzy Gaber just she's looking just around. She's just stood in the ring, yeah. Waiting for someone to come and challenge her. Ginny well, taking out Dawn at the moment. You've got Niven trying to get taken over the top. And now the women are circling around Jazzy Gabert trying to eliminate her. And Rio's the first one out. <coughs> no. No. Uh-oh. Well, she, Jazzy Gabert's eliminated too. Bad Jazzy Gabert. <laughs> and now she's got Candy Floss. Oh, my God. She can't get eliminated if she's laying on the... To be fair, she can't. And Ginny now... That's it. No, go on. Interrupt it. Go on, Candy Floss. Turn it round. Ginny, there we go. Ginny's got the protection in Gaber, and it helped there. My new pick is Jazzy Gaber. (laughs) Your pick is gone. Ray Ripley's still in there doing quite their business. Katie went under, I think, under the second, under the top rope. Well, Ginny and Jazzy teaming up, taking out Zia Brookside. Well, Nina Samuels is fighting Ripley in the corner. You've got Brookside and Ginny, and Gaber's up. Here comes Gaber. And a huge Glasgow kiss. And Zara Brookside eliminates Jazzy Gabbert. Oh, my God. I'm going for <laughs> Isla Dawn. That's three picks you've had in this one. Isla Dawn, your next one. And now Isla Dawn, after teaming up with Jazzy Gabbert, she uh, kind of finds herself in a bit of a precarious position as she gets surrounded. <clears throat> oh, now here we go. Nippon's <laughs> just sitting oh. in the corner. Isla Dawn's ready to take her out. With the help of Brookside... Bye-bye, Jenny. Oh, no, still hanging on. And Jazzy Gabert's there to help her out. Isla Dawn's not touching the ground yet. Well, that's not fair. Well, there's on that referee's bum. And that referee's saying, come on, get out of here. Oh, Jenny's in another bit of trouble. Hey, there's no Jazzy Gabert there to save her this time. And Brookside there is having a great performance. Oh, Nina Samuels is in there still. That's very impressive. And Killer Kelly's still in there as well. <clears throat> a big back elbow. Oh, Killer Kelly there gets caught and oh no! Kick her off! Kick her off! Kick no, her no, off! No, 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 hang in there. No, Piper Niven managing to save herself. <laughs> she springs away in and drops the elbow. No, Killer Kelly's fighting Ray Ripley. Not to be confused with Priscilla Kelly, the one who takes a tampax out and shoves it in someone's. Oh my God! But Killer Kelly will not be thrown out. Oh. Yes, and eventually Ray Ripley gets over the top rope and eliminates her. Well, it just shows the sheer power of the former women's champion. Kaylee Ray's down there. Uh, 
And now Brookside and Dawn have made quite a good tag team going after Rhea Ripley. They have. Well, you know, they're not the biggest girls in this match. So uh, I think teaming up to eliminate opponents is probably their best bet. The daughter of Robbie Brookside. I'll check them all in a minute. Now Ripley trying to fight off two women at once. And now Ripley and Niven are back to back, basically fighting off. Go on, Isla. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, Dawn's in trouble. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Dawn is eliminated. I'm going for Zaya Brookside. Well, Brookside's in a tree of woe at the moment. And Samuels is finally eliminated. And there we go. Ripley and Niven. Brookside. Brookside. This is what we want to see. Who is the dominant female? As Ripley slaps Niven, who (laughs) responds in kind. Oh, Piper loves a fight. So does Ripley. Huge headbutt from Niven. Oh, here we go. Cannonball. <laughs> and Brookside has finally relieved herself from the corner. And Niven now might be making a little bit of a mistake going up high. Oh, God, don't do this. Oh, Niven's over the top. Oh, big boot attempt from Ripley. That's it, Niven. And both women in a precarious position. Come on, Zia, take them both out. <laughs> Go um, on, gal. And I think Brookside realises she's got a great chance. Boom. Oh, no. Oh! Ripley went down. She grabbed hold. Oh, well, fifth pick wins. No, wait. Katie Ray's still in it. I don't know if Brookside realises. Oh. Well, she does now. She gets taken out by Kaylee Ray. And Kaylee Ray, one of the newest additions to NXT UK, drops Brookside over the top and claims a victory for herself. And she is now number one contender. She gets a chance at the women's title at some point in the future. But I love Battle Royals, and NXT UK Women's Battle Royals is very fun. I do, but I, I think they need to come up with something a bit more innovative than someone gets eliminated early on, hopes people forget, you know, not eliminated, but chucked, you know, not over the top rope, but out of the ring. And then they get forgotten about, and then come in and win it. But a couple of things I did like, I like Gaber, or Jazzy Gaber and Ginny's relationship. That's quite fun, her saving her that one time. And even the Niven and the... Um, Ray Ripley, the elimination there of grabbing hold of her hand. Like, I don't think... Grabbed hold of her hair? Yeah, she eliminated it. You know what I mean? So that shows that there's a rivalry there as well. And like Kaylee Ray, very surprising that she is now number one contender. But I think a good episode of NXT UK. Yeah, it's been very enjoyable. So moving on to our next episode. It's episode 49, the 26th of June. The show opened with Travis Banks in the locker room earlier today preparing for his title match, vowing that he was prepared to face Walter. Mark Andrews defeated Joseph Connors after shooting star press in our first match in six minutes and nine seconds. Well, Connors was in control for the first portion of the match, beating down on Andrews and scoring near full around the three-minute mark. He attacked Andrews from the outside, his neck on the apron, but eventually missing a springboard springboard over the top rope, allowing Andrews to take over. Well, Andrews slid under a clothesline by Connors, hitting in Skuri, then a Northern Knights suplex that dives to the outside. Hit a standing moonsault for a near fall to the 619 to Connors' back. Connors came back with a sunset bomb onto the turnbuckles and a suplex for another close two count. Two. Andrews finally hit Stun Dog Millionaire, followed by a shooting star press for the win. Well, Imperial prepping with Walter for his match tonight. The Hunt were going wild at festival grounds, smashing into some metal barriers. Dave Mastiff walked up to them, saying they had the same problems in Gallus. The Hunt grunted and screamed in what seemed like agreement. Well, the grizzled young veterans get a promo. 
Zach Gibson and James Drake came out to the ramp for a promo. They had plastic bags pulled over their shoes as not to get them dirty. Gibson complained about Jeff and their tag team titles in front of a field of sweaty, dirty goths. He told the crowd not to cheer as this was not a compliment. He called them sweaty and dirty and told them not to blame the mud and the rain because he'd been moving away from them on the bus before he could even say the word sweat. Well, Gibson then berated the music being played at the festival, saying he'd only heard noise, not music. He said they'd defend the titles against Mustache Mountain, but would rest up in the hotel until the match took place. Gibson said they would put their feet up, relax and prepare. We get a video of the Ray Ripley Piper Niven feud, and we're told that they would meet in the ring next week. That's going to be a very, very interesting... Well, a tweet by Saint announced the Hunt and Dave Mastiff would face Gallus in two weeks. Uh, Zaya Brookside defeated Kidder Kelly at 3 minutes 17. This was Brookside's chance to get revenge after a former tag team partner fled the ring a few weeks back, leaving Brookside alone with Jazzy Gaber. Brookside attacked Kelly right away, but Kelly came back with strikes. Brookside immediately went for a head scissors takedown at dropkick, rocking the striker from Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <coughs> Kelly came back with some ground and pound and worked over Brookside's shoulder. After a modified abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider in the 1930s to put extra pressure on the shoulder and the forehead, Kelly hit a running kick. As Brookside took back some controller match, Ginny and Gabert worked out, distracting Brookside and enabling Kelly to attack her from behind and roll her up for two. Two. Brookside then immediately came back with a flash win. Tony Storm was interviewed about Kaylee Ray winning the Battle Royal and earning a shot at the NXT UK Women's Championship at a time of her choosing. Storm said that's fine because it's Tony time all the time and she'll always be ready. Storm says she'll be back in action in two weeks. And we get Liguero versus Noam Dar up next. And this would be a very interesting match, don't get me wrong. We're watching it because I'm a huge fan of Dar. But Liguero is one of these guys who... We're big fans of, but I don't think we've seen enough of them on the WNR podcast. So we're going to give them this match here to kind of try and shine against Nam Dar. And like I said, we are at a download festival, but it's been a good atmosphere so far. And we know we've got Walter versus Travis Banks later. And next week, Mustache Mountain versus Grizzled Young Vets. So it's a good time to be found in NXT UK. And I'm not even mentioned my pick, Piper Niven, going to go up against uh, Rhea Ripley as well. And I'll say my pick, my pick to change the NXT UK women's division as we know it. Start with this one and Dar back in Laguerre up in the corner. A clean break. You see, this kind of nice guy Dar is. As he wiggles the horns <laughs> on Laguerre's mask and then taunts Laguerre as he stood on the outside. He's not worried about Laguerre. He's just going to take his time. No pinky, no party. And the Scottish Supernova is going to take his time. And now Dar again just taking Laguerre down and playing with his horns. Throws Dar off him, drops down, leaps. Goes to the arm drag, but Dar held on to that top rope. Knew what was coming. As he schoolboys Liguero after Liguero came off the ropes. And he's telling him to calm down as Dar rolls out the ring again. After just winding up Liguero. Oh, Liguero looks a bit of an idiot at the moment with Dar having his way. I'm not quite sure what that tiny little crop top slash vest thing he's wearing. <laughs> no. But it does, you know, it looks weird because you normally get typically Mexican wrestlers in masks. Seeing a... Bloke from Sheffield. A bloke from Sheffield. <laughs> aye. Oh, well, aye. That's a match. Come from up Sheffield. I've got to put mask on. Gonna, Unless he's that fucking ugly. I'm going to do top rope or can runner. From top rope. <laughs> top, top rope or can runner, lad. <coughs> My name's Dear from Sheffield. <laughs> oh, and Dar. Grabbing the ball by his horns. <laughs> hey, and he's got, got complete control at the moment. 
Wasn't Dar one of your picks to win the CWC way back when? Without doubt, and he's had a lot of success, still featured heavily in WWE now. And I, and I knew, you know, when you see someone like that, yeah, he didn't win in the end, but he's got a lot of talent. He did win. Think wrestling, but it doesn't matter now. You know, we talk about these two guys, and you just see the talent involved in the NXT UK roster. Oh, he's uh, pulled something off the mask. And I think that's fired up Nagero now. Comes back with a big kick. Oh, I think it's one of Nyan Dar's finger bandages. The referee making sure to get rid of that. Oh, and Kenny Williams has uh, come down to ringside carrying a chair. Well, Dar said he'd uh, take him under his wing. Of course, teamed up with him a few weeks back against the Grizzled Young Vets, but then showed a different attitude, so we don't know what Dar we're really getting. As he kicks the shin from Nagero as he was attempting a second rope springboard. And Dar with an arm ringer. Again, losing another one of his finger bandages. For me, this is like proper British wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know we, we talk about Pete Dundras Banks a lot, but I think even these guys, like, if you when we went to local show, like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, these were the guys who were performing. And I think it's why it's important still now to go to support, you know, especially local wrestling, and anything like this, you just don't know. Well, I've never seen Leguero. I've seen El Leguero. Oh, yeah, we've seen El Sorry, yeah. We, we weren't... Two completely different... This is a Sheffield bloke in a mask. El Laguero must have been some Mexican Luke Chalibre. I mean, yeah. Like. I mean, he's vicious against uh, Josh Bodum. I remember that. Yeah. He's quite a young fellow, isn't he, Josh Bodum? Yeah, he looks a bit like Ziggler, I think. Lord Gideon Gray. Gideon Gray. Around. You know, that's what's brilliant about British independence scene. Someone like Guerrero's doing it for years. And there's no Lion Dar as well. Even though they are both fairly young. And now Laguerre just too quick for Dar at the moment. Lovely clothes on there, turning Dar inside out. Is that what he said? Leguero getting uh, Dar on his shoulders for fireman carry. Slams him down to the mat. Kick to the back of the head into a cover. Oh. But no, only... Ooh. Is it me or does the referee look slight resemblance to Prince William? No. It's... These aren't genuinely wrestling fans, are they? I don't in the think crowds? so. No, you don't usually watch a wrestling event with folded arms. Uh. I'm maybe one of the few that do. Well, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, they... they <laughs> the head in their hands. Oh, my God. Ankle up by Dar. Whose head in their hands? Are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Leguero, right hand, gets looking for, swinging, looking for a swinging neck breaker, but Dar stops it, kicks him in the leg, drops him down. And a lovely suplex from Dar for the cover. Two. No, Leguero managing to kick out. Uh. I think Noam Dar is probably one of our most featured non Raw or SmackDown wrestlers. You reckon? Yeah. I do like a Noam Dar match, don't get me wrong. If you talk about the kind of my guys, I think Dar would be, yeah, one of my guys. Might be my NXT UK guy, to be fair. As he looks to put Leguero away. Looking for the Nova Roller. But no, Leguero coming back with a spinning heel kick to the midsection. Dar again going for the kick and clothesline. Missed the first attempt. But hit a lariat to the back of the head. Dropping Leguero to the mat. But runs into a big boot from Leguero. Catches the first step up into Guri. Well, Dar down says Leguero. He's feeling the back of the head. And Kenny Williams enjoying what he's watching. Blub. Boom. Boom. No pinky, no pie. Leguero looking for a kick, but Dar sidestepping it, catching Leguero's leg on the ropes. Kicks out his left knee. Now Dar's going up top, trying to shake them cobwebs loose. Oh, looking to take out Leguero, but tweaks his knee on the landing. Well, we've known about the knee problems before. He's had this in a match with Mark Andrews. We've known about the knee fake-outs before as well. I have you know Dar is one of these guys who wouldn't fake an injury like this. You've got no proof, really. Oh, wait a minute, Dar, bad knee and all, trying to signal to Kenny Williams to get the chair. And will Kenny give him a Kenny's getting up to his feet. And I think you're right, I think he is. 
playing on it, but asking for the chair. No, wait a minute. Williams is not giving it to him. He pulled it away. And why are you teaming up with Darth? Or wait a minute, Nagero rolls him up. Two, three. Oh, come on. Well, Nagero beats Noam Dar here, but thanks to Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams should never have got involved here. Outside interference, costing Dar this match. <laughs> and out of disgust, Noam Dar kicked the bottom rope and he's walking around limping now. Well, poor Noam Dar and here. Kenny Williams is mocking Noam Dar. Well, he's smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, but he's got a smile on his face because he screwed over a man before the man had a chance to screw him over, I believe. Well, this is terrible. Dar loses. Uh, what do you think of that match? I thought it was good. Yeah, as you say, a very good showcase of two exceptional talents from the NXT UK brand. Um, you know, it's good them getting a little bit of storyline involved in it as well. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, we get a recap of Walter and Travis Banks' promos from last week. Vic Joseph and Aiden English talked about how the match was taking place. Next week, they also announced the Grizzled Young Vets to defend the NXT UK Tag Team titles against Mustache Mountain for next week as well. No match taking place next Yeah. A town of the tape compared Walter and Banks with Walter having a clear height and weight advantage. Well, we've got Walter, who's from Vienna, Austria. You're going to cut away? Nah, just do it. He's 6 foot 4 inches, 297 pounds. He's also known as the Ring General. His signature moves are the backhand chop, which has been known to cave a man's chest in, and he finishes him off with a powerbomb. His accolades, he is the current WWE UK champion, and he is the current Progress World champion as well. Well, Travis Banks is from Auckland in New Zealand, 5'9", 190 pounds, known as the Kiwi Buzzsaw, and the signature moves Slice of Heaven or the Kiwi Crusher. He's a former Progress World Champion, but also he might have the biggest heart in all of NXT UK. Let's not forget all the trials and tribulations this man has had getting to the final of the NXT UK Championship Tournament as well. Can he do the ultimate Cinderella story here tonight and beat Volta for the NXT UK title? In a word, no. No, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to wince and squirm as he gets his chest caved in by a huge slap from Walter. Weirdly enough, that's what uh, Alexander Wolf and Fabian Eitler were going to be called. Wint and Squirm as part of Imperium. So here we go. Travis Banks comes out and he's, he looks all right. He looks confident, ready for his match. But he's going to have to face this man. I know Banks. Travis Banks, no relation to Sasha. Travis Wolf, Walter, Eichner and Barthel. They touch my sister's barn. She didn't mind. So Imperium is now complete. Do you reckon it's in the running to be one of the most dominant factions going about today? Well, I don't want to take anything out of your mouth, but I would say that they are right now the most dominant faction. They are four men. They are not individuals, part of a group to keep the NXT UK title along water and dominate NXT UK. So, um, you know, you didn't even flinch coming to an answer to that, but even more dominating than, say, Undisputed Era, who are currently hosting the NXT champion. I think if you look at success rate of Imperium compared to success rate of Undisputed Era, right at this moment, Imperium blow them out of the water. There is like this. Not since the Shield have we seen a group that could dominate for as long as the Imperium can. And Mark Moore, NXT UK is a place to I be. I suppose, right you now. know, you had the Shield, and then before that you had um, 
Evolution. Hell yeah, Evolution. Yeah, Nation or uh, DX, all these great stables and groups. But these are about a, a team that can dominate much like Undisputed Era. Is that the problem, though? Is it too similar to what's going on in NXT with the Undisputed Era? I don't think things in a completely different way. I mean, like, you know, with um, the likes of uh, the Undeserving Era, they come down and they tack you from behind and they do devious tactics. But with the likes of these uh, in Imperium, they don't need to because, no. you know, they're standing behind the NXT UK champ, Walter, who is probably one of the most dominating forces we've seen in wrestling in a long time. Without I mean, a doubt. since Oscar. Without a doubt. You know, this guy is a trained killer, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does here tonight. But I think what makes it better as well is that the stronger faces on NXT UK, you've got someone like British Strong Style that are there waiting in the wings, which I think could be a great story told as well. Because, you, you know, all these, all these great stables, but like the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds, you needed someone <laughs> to fight off. And I think that's what you get in this one. Well, you know, you've not only you've got them, you've still got Gallus, remember them? You know, the yeah. way back when they was going to be a force to be reckoned with, and now they're just mugs. Yeah, nothing. Well, exactly. you've got to go against Dave Mastiff and the Hunt in a couple of weeks' time as well. But here we go, Did you Bell. Just call me? I said the Hunt tag team. But the Bell has gone, and Banks is going to try with a calf kick in the early going. He doesn't want to be caught by Walter. Uh-oh. Walter grabs him in a side headlock and just throws him to the mat, and then again calls him out. So come on. Both of these men have held the Progress World Championship. Walter currently holds it until... Oh, he, he doesn't want to hold it anymore. Exactly, until he decides otherwise. And Banks, who is a veteran, will not be, I think, intimidated, whether that be right or wrong. Oh, ducks out the way of a chop, avoids it for now. But for how long can he avoid it? And I mean, yeah, you know, it is good having heart and soul, but there's only so far heart and soul will get you before you've... Uh, got a great big handprint across your chest well, that's true back elbow there but as he mate, goes down low but gets caught by Walter as he's going for a cross body he just lays him over the corner somewhere he can't escape and just slaps him across the chest oh my god and he just stomps on him and throws him to the outside as Walter climbs back in the ring so yeah kind of, I'm ready for you a true champion knows he doesn't have to go to the outside No, he can take his time just showing complete dominance at the moment. Travis Banks has to beat Walter, and no one has yet. It's good for someone like Travis Banks to have an opportunity, even though, like you know, you could bet your house that Walter's gonna walk away victorious. But it's still good to see, you know, the kind of challenges that other wrestlers can put towards Walter. Well, that you know, it seems years ago now that uh, Walter faced Jordan Devlin for the NXT title because it was just. Two different, you know, times in their career, even if it was only a couple of months ago. Since then, Ring General, you know, has got Imperium together and everything like this. And it's a small guy at works. And like I said, hopefully again with Banks. And it's another title defence, you know, since Pete Dunne and how often he did it. Yeah. But do you think this, um, you know, because you, you think of dominating streaks and, you, you know, you obviously your mind goes straight to Goldberg. Whereas Goldberg, you know, he wasn't the most talented worker, but he was in and out of the match within about three or four minutes. Whereas, you know, the likes of Walter, he, he has more of a competitive match. Without a doubt, you know. And I, and I think he could decide. I think he chooses sometimes, and sometimes, you know, that guy's just shown a bit of heart and determination this is as well. But we talk about challenges, and I think the next one, you know, coming down the line, whether that will be, we've got to start looking at Pete Dunne again. When he's 100% healthy, you know, getting screwed out of the title last time. And we have got the end game as well with TakeOver Cardiff coming up. 
at the end of August. So got a lot of time till then. But still, like you said, they're just building, aren't they, at the moment, slowly. Indeed, yeah. And Banks gets bent back and the neck nearly taken off him. Oh, and then a foot either side of the head and Walter just twists his whole body round, just wrenching the neck. Banks. He should team up with Tajiri, shouldn't he, Travis Banks? He's got <laughs> the Kiwi buzzsaw and the Japanese buzzsaw. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the ring general defending again before the next takeover as well. That's the kind of champion, I think, that NXT UK needs. But then again, he's not doing anything for us, that's what he said. And he's just at the moment playing with Travis Banks. And you can see the redness on Walter there with the kicks. He's trying to chop that big redwood down. Oh, and the kicks keep coming and coming and coming from Travis Banks. Can he drop Walter down? Eventually, the ring general does go down to the mat. Yeah, but that must have been at least 10 kicks. At least fifth of the calf there to drop the big man. But Travis needs to kind of keep on it and capitalise. Because uh, you don't get many chances against Walter. Walter's now getting caught with the chops, trying to push Banks away. He gives him a huge forearm, Walter jumping over the top, but, oh, his knee's giving him a bit of jip as Banks goes down low again, like a shining wizard there. But Walter's still not staying down. Well, that leg's in serious trouble. I think Travis Banks realises now's his chance in the match. Drop kick to the corner, Walter comes out. Sidestepped by Banks. And he's, Get out there then, son. He's using his speed and quickness. God, Travis. Comes now off the top. Coup de gras. One, two. Oh. No, Walter managing to kick out. Oh. And Travis Banks now signaling that he might look to end things with Walter. And just like that, Walter catches him. And he's got the Boston Crab in now and he's caught. It's a good way for uh, Walter to kind of put some pressure on Banks, but give himself a bit of a rest as well. That leg must be killing Walter at the moment, but he doesn't want to show any sign of weakness. Oh, now he's got Banks. Oh, clubbing blow to the chest. Beats of the uh, Walter Ballors. And look at Travis Banks just folded up there on that bottom rope. Well, he's definitely got internal bleeding. Absolutely. But the fans behind the Kiwi buzzers, he fights back now. Delivers a punch and a chop to Walter. But then gets thrown into the corner. As Walter comes in looking for a big boot. Banks dodges it, Walter gets out, but then Travis takes out his standing leg. Springboard kick. Now the slice of heaven connects, but Walter, I think using being the ring general that he is, goes on the apron. I'll tell you what, Walter's uh, had some punishment in this match from Travis Banks. He's got Walter tied up in the ropes and just delivering some kicks to the chest. I'll still rather take this half a dozen kicks to the chest than one of Walter's slaps, to be honest. <laughs> Well, here comes Banks in again. Drop kick. Sends Walter to the outside onto the barricade. I don't think Walter knows really what's going on at the moment. Here comes Banks. Oh, comes flying out, takes Walter out. I think speed confuses Walter because he likes to uh, kind of keep in control of the pace of the match. And if you put him off his game, it kind of throws him off. And now Banks going to try to come back in. Oh, my God. Well, he threw Walter back in who immediately got up and just... Kicked Banks off the edge of the ring apron. Oh! <laughs> and a chop just falls. Banks, no! Power bomb onto the edge of the ring. Oh, my God. We don't want to see that. And Walter has finished Banks. Not again. Oh. Boom. Power bombs him. Rolls over into cover. Two, three. And that is it. A tough fight put up for Travis Banks. But just not close enough. Well, Walter, I mean, there's a few things I like about him. I mean, the punishment he takes in the match, you know, he obviously lays it in. You can see the redness in his chest and the leg as well. 
but it's a champion that we want. Maybe it's a champion that we need, Dan, even if we don't like him. Because he goes out there and gets the job done himself. And like you said, you know. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've even going back 20 years to the NWO era and the DX era and the corporate ministry era. There's always someone that gets involved in the match. This one was a straight up, even though Walter is definitely the hill. He's got a hill faction, you know, that could be by his side. He doesn't need them. No, he doesn't. And this is what makes Imperium so scary. And NXT UK is theirs for the taking as a champ. And I can't disagree with it. I, I really can't at this moment in time. Imperium rules the waves. But how will the rest of NXT UK respond? Move on to episode 50, and it's the 3rd of July. Well, we open with the show. We open the show with a video package for the Grizzled Young Vets winning the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. Before the video turns into title match between the Vets and the Mustache Mountain in our main event. Well, Rhea Ripley comes out to the ring to start the show, and she demands that Piper Niven comes out to the ring, which she does. And we get our first matchup of the night. It is Rhea Ripley versus Piper Niven. And what a huge match this is. I've been waiting for this for a very long time. What a great main event we've got and what a great match this should be. Niven versus Ripley. I've been excited for this one. Obviously, I'm back in Niven in this one. Dan, what about you? I have to go with uh, the Viper as well. She has been dominated. She was very unlucky. It was Ray Ripley who uh, eliminated her from the Battle Royal in the most vicious of ways. So hopefully she can get some... Well, it was kind of see a Brookside that eliminated them both, to be fair. Well, Brookside better not be shouting that too loud because Niven will be looking for her at some point in the near future. So that's all I'm saying right now. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, come here. Niven. Come out here. Niven. Get that whole fucking crunchy oh. chicken off your fucking hand. I'm going to find you. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to shag you. If it was even colder, you'd be able to call her Raya Nipley. <laughs> Get it? Oh, my God. Piper Niven is wasting no time coming out here right now, running down the ring. <clears throat> if she wants some of Raya Ripley, not backing down at all. Did you eat the last chicken wing? Yeah, I fucking did. And what? Niven will not. Where's, where the fuck is Raya Ripley from? From there, London. And Niven. No, I was just, it was just a. Niven, oh, you've just been fattest. No, you're fattest. Well, no, she's fattest, but now you made me say it, haven't you? And now each woman pushing each other. I'm a huge fan of Niven, and she's going to slap Ripley around the face. Big forearms. These are just two big women going at it. <laughs> I'm about to get too excited, but this is great. Look at this, slugging it out. And, Rip- <laughs> and Ripley at the moment, woman will handle Niven. I'm surprised by that, backing him up in the corner. Back in hand- uh, well, backing Niven up to the corner, just kicking away at the midsection. And now Niven comes running out, diving crossbody. I don't think Ripley knows what's hit her. Clothesline now. Oh, my God. Ripley went flying over, hit the back of her head on that barricade. I look forward to these two and uh, Tony Storm actually going up to the main roster and just getting completely underutilised. That's why I think it's much better, much, so much better place for these. You know what I mean? Uh, at this moment in time. Mayor time to get a few matches. And I don't think anything, they don't need to go up anytime soon. As now Niven grabs hold of Ripley's hair and Ripley looks scared. Oh, as she hangs up, Piper Niven on the top rope, drags her legs out from underneath her, sends her back first into the edge of the ring apron. Yeah, the video of her fingering her butthole. Who she, she does when you shut your fucking mouth then, eh? Has she won the uh, US title? No. And now look She's at this. She's won the hot dog eating competition <laughs> 10 years in a row. And Ray Ripley now just controlling Niven, taking her on the outside, sending her back first into that apron, and then having a laugh with the fans, but can't wait too long because Niven will strike back. And she's got Ripley up now. 
But Rhea Ripley with a backslide, throwing Piper Niven head first into the ring post. Now Ripley sending Niven in. Rolling her up one. No, only a one count. A one. Well, Niven's in a bit of trouble, but she won't give up. She's just got to continue. She's a former women's champion, let's not forget. And I never thought it was here, but Ray Ripley actually manhandling Niven in this match at this moment in time. He stomps away at the chest of Piper. Niven trying to fight back, but Ray Ripley at that moment is just on top of her. Both women exchanging punches, and now Niven with a roll-up to Ripley. Oh, but Ripley managing to kick out. Uh Straight back on the offense with a clothesline takedown. Just the aggressive nature of Ripley now. He's got the submission in. Just trying to sap the energy of Niven. And very Ripley, very clever. You don't usually see that with someone who's actually got submission in, carrying on with the strikes. Niven can't really defend herself at the moment. And she's got the legs back at the waist of Piper Niven, and she's just got the clubbing blows to the back as Piper's doing all she can to fight out. Elbows by Niven, trying to get out, finally broke the submission. Getting back to her feet now. But so is Ray Ripley with a drop kick. And that's not Niven down into the corner. No, oh, no. And now Ray Ripley taunting before it's finished. No, Piper Niven comes in with a running kick. Uh, so, yeah, Piper Niven. Yeah, Piper Niven running kick, sending Ripley into the corner. And now Niven's going up to the second rope. But Ripley up too quickly. Just drags her feet out from underneath Piper. Sends her head first into the turnbuckle. Rolls up for a cover. Two. No. Piper with the kick out. Oh, yeah. And now, looks like Ray Ripley's going to try and put the cloverleaf on. The inverted cloverleaf. The reverse cloverleaf. And now Niven caught with it. Oh, I've never seen it submit in all the years I've been watching her. <coughs> and she's having a crawl. She gets to that bottom rope. But has the damage been done on her knees already? Well, it's been a great job by Ripley in this one to stop the power of Niven. Piper driver. And now Ray Ripley just slapping Niven around the face. Your mum's is it? Oh my God, Ray Ripley there just slapping Piper Niven round the face. I don't think that's a great idea. There's a couple of things you don't do. You don't piss in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's tug cape. on Superman's cape, and you don't slap Piper Niven. Oh, and a gut wrench suplex. Well, Burger King, KFC. And now both women in this war of attrition trying to get to their feet. Still not sure which way this is going to go. And a huge clothesline to Ripley, but Ripley responds with a clothesline herself. And now it's Niven. And now Ripley. Both women again. Oh, Ripley missed the clothesline, but got her down. Now she's going to go go for Riptide. No, Niven blocking. Grabs the head, headbutt. Ripley down, and now Niven's trying to build some momentum. Ripley finds that down at the moment. Piper comes charging in. Ripley moves out of the way. Piper puts the brakes on and then avoids an oncoming Ripley. Oh, my God. She hit the steel ring post. Oh. And cannonball. then with a cannonball to the back of Ripley's head. And now here we go. Picks her up. Piper, Piper driver. driver. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And I told you, Dan. I did tell you. She's going to be a woman in NXT UK. And she starts... Well, she already started, but tonight's a huge statement in Ray Ripley in a match I really, really enjoyed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a good, uh, good fun match. You know that Ripley's always been a dominant force, and she showed that as well. You know, not kind of slowing down against Piper Niven and doing all she can to try and put the new-ish comer down. Mm. And you know, she did stand her own to a certain point, but 
obviously just coming up short. Well, that's what I love about, you know, we talk about like two big guys going at it, but he's got two big women going at it and they were slugging it out and giving it their best shots. And this is what you're going to see power move on power move. I really enjoyed it and I would love to see a feud between these two women, even if it's for the NXT UK Women's Championship. But they'll have to take it off Storm first. I'm going to. Well, Kenny Williams is interviewed outside about what he did to Noam Dar last week before Dar attacks him and leaves. Well, we get a vignette for Ia Dragunov, who is returning next week. And we go on to our next match, and it is Alexander Wolfe versus Jack Stars. And so, I hope Jack Stars' chest has healed from the uh, brutal chopping that Walter gave it. Well, Stars is the man to really go against the kind of newcomers. Not that Alexander Wolfe is any newcomer. And a new outfit and uh, towing the line of what Imperium is all about. But what are your thoughts on Alexander Wolf? Um, well, it'd be good to see him be able to shine a bit better because he was, you know, probably the fourth most used competitor in sanity. You know, you had uh, Eric Young, you had uh, Big Killian Dane, who was kind of like the more focal points, and Nicky Cross was kind of more focal than. Alexander Wolf is, but yeah, I think, you know, he's a good, solid worker. I think he's picked a couple of great performances, especially war games as we've seen him, and hopefully, like I say, he gets a chance to shine now, but I like his new outfit. Let's see if his style has changed at all as he grabs hold of Jack Stars. He's just wrenching away at the neck of Stars and uh, got the old arm ringer on. Of course, a German-born Alexander Wolf in there is looking to put Jack Stars down, but he's just playing with him at the moment. So they've got two Germans, an Austrian and an Italian. Yep, they're walking to a bar. Let's say to the barman. We had a Pete done. This is just vicious by Wolf. But I might think Stars got a chance. Yeah, that's nice. As he's flipping and rolling and doing everything he can to escape Wolf's offence. Looking for a Northern Lights, but it just gets blocked. And a belly to back folds up Stars. Well, it was nice while it lasted. And a big European uppercut. Upper what? And oh my God, he's just got the, the face just dragging away. I think, you know, this Alexander Wolf beforehand when he was in Sanity, there was a bit of fun and a bit of smiling, but this with him is serious and it is business. Without a doubt, you know, there is no smiling or anything like that when it comes to this Alexander Wolf. As Jack Stars now puts up the back elbow, and here he comes running in. But no, he gets just completely obliterated with a huge kick. They're just working him over in the corner, picks him up. That is probably one of the most brutal slams like that I've seen. We He's... promise, Jack, we won't cave your chest in with a <laughs> slap this week. But you do have to go against Alexander Wolf. And Wolf grabbing the arm and saying, no chance. As Star's doing the best he can to fight back, but a huge forearm to the face cuts him. <laughs> Jack Star's Fireman carry from Wolf, but Jack Star's fighting out the best he can. Dodges an uncharging Wolf to the corner. He's hitting a few uppercuts of his own. There we go, trying to build some momentum. A running uppercut. Well, what a huge upset this would be. Oh, no. No, yes. Forearm by Jack. Goes to the top. He might be all right in this one. No, Wolf goes underneath Stars. Just carries him from a flying crossbody. Puts him up on the shoulder. F-U. F-U too. Well, Wolf now just looking to put Jack Stars away. Oh, my God. Where have we seen this before? And a shout out to his uh, leader and mentor. Sit out powerbomb. Fuck. One, two, three. Well, there's a few ways to make your debut. And the way Alexander Wolfe has done it has been very impressive. What are your thoughts on it, Dan? Absolutely, yeah. This looks like a complete different Alexander Wolfe to to what we've seen from uh, his NXT sanity days. And uh, 
you know, if it gives him a bit more screen time, then yeah, I'm 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 very happy with it. He's having Imperium look dominant at this moment in time. But backstage, Gallus is discussing their plans and the trailer for Wolfgang makes the cameraman leave as we go to a commercial. And we come back to a two-on-one handicap match. It is Jazzy Gaber with Ginny versus Danny Luna and Mercedes Garcia. Well, Jazzy slams Danny and drops her with a clothesline before pulling Mercedes into the ring and hitting a running splash into several clotheslines and right hands. Luna attacks Jazzy from behind and gets knocked out of the air before Jazzy tosses her out the ring and finishes Mercedes with a reverse suplex for the pin and the win. Inverted suplex. I don't care. And the winner is Jazzy Gaber defeating two local performers via pinfall when she pins Mercedes with an inverted... Well, we get a video package for Cassie Sono where he talks about British Strong Style before he insults Mark Andrews and says he's a disappointment. Ono says that Mark has forgotten about the integrity of British wrestling before calling himself the best British wrestler in the world. And we get Gallus versus The Hunt and Dave Mastiff, and that is announced for next week. But now it's our main event, and it's the NXT UK Tag Team Championship on the line. It's your champions, the Grizzled Young Vets, going against Mustache Mountain. So the NXT Tag Team titles on the line. Mustache Mountain look ready to get the titles back. So we know we love um, British Strong Style. What are your thoughts on Grizzled Young Vets? Yeah, they've, um, they've kind of come on really well. I mean, Zach Gibson, he's definitely a good talent. And teaming up with James Drake, I think it's a good move for them both. Um, I would like to see Zach Gibson actually going for the NXT UK Championship at some point, though. But having him in a tag team, they've been quite a dominant force as well. They've had the titles for a little while now. So, uh, yeah, it is, it's all good. Well, yeah, they're the first champions. Won it in January, of course, beating Mustache Mountain. I did say that they won them back, but... For me, I, the the detective titles were created for someone like Mustache Mountain. It's great that James Drake and Zach Gibson can carry that mantle. But like you said, I completely agree with Gibson. Gibson is next level stuff and the hill work he can do. I think we might see that in future. But this should be a great match now. And we're going to start with uh, Gibson and Bate in there. Of course, Tyler Bate, the first ever NXT UK champion. Let's not forget about that. Colin and Elba tie up to start. Gibson on the go behind. He flips Bate around. He's got the hand now. But you're never going to be able to out-wrestle Tyler Bate for too long as he turns it around, rolls through. <laughs> He's up in a little upside-down bicycle as he uh, flips Gibson down. Follows that with a lovely drop kick. They're going to take out James Drake, who uh, sidestepped the ons, forcing uh, Tyler Bate to crash a burn. And now Drake's the legal man. He's thrown against the ropes. Hitlock takedown by uh, Tyler Bate, though. Lovely. Takes him down again. Deep one, and now he's got it in. Working the arm. Over Drake, who, you know, might be the most inexperienced one in here. But, I mean, one of my favourites, Trent Seven, he's just got the tag in. Because he's one of these uh, the huskier fellows. Gives me a hope, maybe. And he's got Drake on his shoulders. Now, Tyler Bate using um, Trent Seven as a bit of a stepping stone there as he goes over. Takes out Drake. And Seven into the cover, but only a one count. One. But I really do enjoy watching Mustache Mountain uh, as a tag team. Just great chemistry between the two and seven getting dropped down there with a shoulder tackle. Well, they're more of you know they treat wrestling as it is as if it is an art form, which something that you six to you can absolutely love it. And seven now got to go for the right hand, but Gibson gets in his way. James Drake's got a bit of a dicky tummy. He cares about his partner, and it's clever tag team wrestling as he carries Drake to the corner and uh, tags himself in. Now Gibson grabs the arm of seven. But seven with a water-like chop, rocking Gibson back. Gibson ducks the third attempt. Uh, Trent Seven looks to capitalise on it. But Drake, <coughs> but Gibson um, 
turns it around. Trent Seven throws him into the corner and brings a suplex out of it for the cover, but only a two count. Two. <laughs> Blind tag. James Drake's now the legal man in. Oh, oh very funny. innovative tag team work there. Drake using Gibson as a little hop-up to take out Trent Seven. And Drake tags in Gibson, who goes to the outside, continues the assault on Trent Seven. As Gibson flies over the top rope, an assisted uh, backbreaker there. <laughs> and James Drake getting into the, the, the faces of the fans at ringside, and Bate cheering his mate on. But we know Seven, he takes a lot of punishment, can come back into it. Throws Trent back into the ring, and just continues on, so it goes for a cover. But Seven managing to kick out. Ah. Gibson pulling on the beard and just grinding the wrist tape against the face. Typical heel moves there. Huge forearm drops seven. James Drake into the cover. The seven managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. It's great teamwork between Drake and Gibson, as we've seen, even with the moves connected so. And Bate, fresh as a daisy. But you know, corner. when Bate comes in off that hot tag, he is going to be a baby. <laughs> He is fresh and raring to go right now. And Drake now sending seven into the turnbuckle. Cool, with a lot of uh, venom on that one. The grizzled young vets have been dominating the tag team division, have been dominating this match. And seven's in serious trouble. Referee might recall it in a second here. He's got to start responding in a minute. Oh, Drake looking to send uh, seven into the opposite corner. But Trent managing to turn it around and can he get that much needed tag to Tyler Bate? Gibson's in and he cuts him off. Grabs the arm and seven there. The backhand chop. Yes, and Tyler Bates in. And he's cleaning up. Headbutt to the midsection and a few huge uppercuts. Well, the big strong boy is on fire, baby. As Gibson sends him into the corner. Bates managing to get out of the old uh, hold on the leg. And delivers a spinning uppercut off the second rope. Cuts off Drake before he even thinks about coming into the ring. And <laughs> just catches Gibson. He was charging in. And Gibson can't believe it. It's been caught. A lovely suplex as Tyler Bate nips his way back up to f- to his feet. Running shooting star. And Bate wants to finish with the Tyler driver, but here comes James Drake. Oh, Gibson looking for the boot on uh, Tyler Bate, but Bate ducks it. Nearly catches his tag team partner. Double hurricane runner by Tyler Bate. And now both men outside. Is Bate going to go flying? Sailing over the top rope, taking out both the grizzled young vets. <laughs> I don't think Seven's recovered just yet. As Gibson sent in, he just see, just draped over that bottom apron. And Drake now got hold of Bates foot. As Gibson catches Bates from behind. Trent Seven's in. Boom. And a S- side suit well, back suplex to a power bomb. Oh holds up Gibson, but uh managing to kick out. Ah. I think the distraction from Drake kind of served Long enough for Zach to recover. God, we're close then to new tag team champions. And Bate now tagging into seven to finish this match. This is going to be the end. He's got Gibson. Here comes Bate. Springing off, but Gibson manages to fight off seven. Catches Bate and a super kick neckbreaker combo. But oh. Trent Seven's a legal man who throws Drake out. Code breaker, but you're not allowed to use that word because Chris Jericho is not part of the Gibson breaker, and he tags in Drake. The Scouse breaker. Scouse fucking breaker. And he's got Trent Seven locked up in a version of the bow and arrow as Drake comes in, leapfrogging Gibson, dropping the leg to the back of the head of Trent Seven, and this is it. Rolls him over. One, two, no. Trent just managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. He's still in it. 
Mustache Mountain. I've still got a shot. James Drake and Gibson cannot believe it. Can Seven get across the bait again? Is it just meant to be? And Drake now, oh, taking off his wrist tape, taping up his hands, and oh my God. Punch of a temple of seven. But Trent's just uh, calling him out, saying, come on, give me some more. And he just grabs a moustache of Drake, which you should never do. Clotheslines him down. Can he get to the much eager to come into the ring? Tyler Bate tags in his partner. He leaps over and writes <laughs> to Drake. Backing him to the corner. Gibson tags himself in. Oh, I don't think Bate realised. And now here comes Drake in. Gibson held him in the corner and Drake with a running drop kick. Now picking him up at seven, pushing Drake off the top. Tyler Bate turn it round, rolls him up. One, One two. two. Oh. Somehow Gibson managing to kick out. Uh. And Bate now with a knee to the face on the second rope. Gibson goes for the throat, perching Bate in a very precarious position. And Seven makes a tag to Bate. Gibson can't suplex him yet. Drake's in. Slams Drake down. Now Bate and switch on the top. Trent has got hold of Zach Gibson. Oh, and <laughs> Bate diving header off the body of Gibson. Then Gibson slammed onto Drake. Two. Two. Four. <laughs> Shit. How did Gibson manage to get a shot up at Two. Two. Oh, my God. And a huge NXT chart. And now we are just seconds away from new NXT Tag Team Champions. No, seven can't get them up. Oh, no. Emporium's in here. Emporium? And what the hell are they doing? Coming out here, ruining this match. Oh, my God. Eitner with the knee to Trent Seven on the outside. To Tyler Bates, sorry. Trent Seven's in the ring. Getting beaten up by Marcel Barthel. And Alexander Wolf, And I don't know if Pete Dunn is 100%. Well, we've praised um, Imperium for not getting involved in their matches, but we didn't say anything about getting involved in other people's matches. Oh, my God. There's Wolf with a pump kick to Trent Seven as Walter was choking out Tyler Bate on the outside. But they've all got their matching outfits, and now they've got Seven. They've got handcuffs. And what the hell are Imperium doing out here? Like I said, we praised him in the past, but this is just too far. Our moustache man, British Strong style, of course, we'll be stuck together, but obviously it looks like Imperium have got a plan. Fans are chanting for the bruiser weight, but if he's not 100%, he, he wouldn't want to risk coming down. Well, I don't know if he's travelled, but at the moment, Wolf, Barthel and Ike, they're all screaming at Trent Seven, and they want to watch. Oh, this is sick. This is sick, Walter. Bait, powerbomb on the apron. Right in front of Trent Seven as well. That is absolutely disgusting. But is this a statement that Imperium are sending that they're going to not only have the UK champion in their ranks, but the tag team championship as well? Oh, I think it's more. I think it's. I don't even know if they're looking at the titles. They're looking at the fact of taking Tyler Bate apart. They've just ripped one part out of British Strong Style here. And again, not finished yet. He's going to make him watch it. Oh! Walter with a powerbomb to Bate right into the ring post. And Bate is limp and lifeless. And Trent Seven is the only man left now. It's a master plan by Imperium. They've taken out another person. They've taken out another member of Mustache Mountain. And Trent Seven is left to watch this. Wolf offering uh, Trent Seven the key, but 
I'm not going to let him have it. He throws it into the crowd. You talk about a statement made by Imperium. And that is a new force to be reckoned with. Leaving Trent Seven handcuffed whilst Bate lays motionless. And I tell you what, if Pete Dunne is watching this, sitting at home, there will be hell to pay for Imperium on NXT UK. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, a disgusting beat down. The Grizzled Young Vets, obviously, their heelish ways, they scarp it out of there pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, I think Pete Dunne's going to be absolutely fuming. Yeah, I, and I think it's, again, great storytelling here on NXT UK, but we still have an episode left, and it is episode 51, the 10th of July. Well, we're still at the Download Festival, and this time it's all about a six-man tag, with The Hunt and Dave Mastiff facing off against Gallus. With Imperium, meaning that we need a fresh team to challenge them. Well, okay, Gallus isn't fresh, but they're at least a team who could give them a fight. We could be in for something entertaining here, so... uh, Let's get to it. Well, we open with a recap of Imperium. Interfering in last week's tag team match, a wrecking mustache mountain. Tyler Bates seems to have beaten up very badly. And we go to our first match. is E.R. Dragunov versus Ashton Smith. Well, Smith grabs a headlock and hopes for the best, but his shoulder of some effect tells him to bring it on, so the second shoulder works better. A nice spin move allows Dragunov to hit a shot to the face and a black splash to take over. Smith tries the leg, but Dragunov grabs a chin lock and forearms in the back for the break. With that not working, Smith tries another leg lock, though this time it's ear in front of him for a change. That's fine with Dragunov, who reverses it into a powerbomb and knees Smith in the face. Smith is right back up with a fisherman's buster for one. One. But it's a discus lariat to take him back down. The Torpedo Moscow finishes Smith at 4 minutes 43. Well, it's interesting that Dragunov isn't pushed as invincible as he is, as he took some offence and the intensity gets him out of trouble. He's going to be a kind of guy who can still have shown a longer form match, but you can't take your eyes off him because of how much he puts into everything. We look at Jazzy Gaber attacking Zia Brookside, who got some revenge by eliminating Gaber from the number one contender's battle royal. Gaber tried to distract Brookside against Killer Kelly, but Brookside won anyway. Brookside said Ginny is the real problem, and next week she gets a chance to face her one-on-one. Nina Samuels narrates a video about fans coming out to see her. She even interviews fans while trying to walk over hay and mud. Our next match is Candy Floss versus Tony Storm. Yeah, my girls. Well, it's a non-title match and we get a quick handshake as the fans are behind Storm to start. Floss spins into a wrist lock, so Tony takes her to the mat without much effort. A headlock into a head scissors is reversed without much, and Tony even tries to offer a hand back to her feet. Back up and they trade headlocks again with Tony's talking, taking her to the mat. Well, Floss escapes to Tony... Says she likes this one. In the middle of the technical exchange, the fans want tables. Well, they have to settle for Floss getting forearms in the face for two. Two. And Floss is back up with backside of her own for two. Two. A small, a small package gets the same, so Storm blasts through a clothesline. Storm Zero finishes Floss at 5.56. Well, Storm was having nothing wrong with losing clean to the champ. It was nice to see someone getting an endorsement like that, even when she's nowhere near Storm's level. Storm continues to come off like a star with little competition, but that wasn't what they were going for here. It was fine for a showcase, and that's all they were going for. Well, post-match, Storm congratulates Floss, but here's Katie Ray to jump Floss from behind. This is said to make things personal, because attacking someone Storm interacted with for about seven minutes is serious business. We get to another part of the interview with Ligero, who needs to improve his win-loss record, 
and get fired up again. There's always a way to come back and turn things around and things can always change. Well, here's the serious Trent Seven to address what happened last week. He doesn't usually do this alone because he tends to have at least one person with him. Tell me about it. Pete Dunn has his hands full elsewhere, though, and they can't expect him to drop things and come help them. Bate, however, is hospitalised and injured, but Trent is here. He's been here since the beginning, and this place was built on British strong style. Come on, Trent Seven, boy! He's husky. Well, now you have Imperium running around saying this mat is sacred. Was it sacred when they tied him up and made him watch Bate get sent into the post over and over? He's coming for Walter, and it's for Pete, Tyler, and the Trent Seven Army. A heck of a promo here, and one of the best they've had in NXT. Well, that doubt. Go on, Trent Seven, son. Next week, Mark Andrews versus Cassius Ono. And Dave Mastiff versus Gallus. Well, it's a big brawl to start with Gallus being chased off to some plight applause. And we settle down for Primate versus Mark with the latter being kicked in the corner. A big clothesline cuts Primate down low and it's off to Wolfgang stopping in the head. Joe comes in for a cross-arm choke but Primate fights up and rolls for the tag. It's Ball coming in and promptly getting chokeslammed by Joe. Well, Wolfgang gets two. Two. Off a running backsplash to a sitting Boar. And Joe grabs a bear hug. Ball's comeback is cut off by a running shoulder and it's right back to the bear hug. An overhead belly to belly finally gets Boar out of trouble and it's Mastiff coming in to clean house. A German suplex puts Joe down for two. Two. And an overhead suplex gets two. A two. Wolfgang comes in and gets kicked down, allowing Mastiff to regal roll Joe into a corner for a big crash. Well, Joe's right back up with a power slam as everything breaks down. Another German suplex sends Mark into the corner and Joe is tossed on top of him. Joe is able, so Mark takes the whole thing, leaving a hunt to hit stereo suicide dives. Everyone heads outside until Joe is left alone with Primate, meaning it's all the best for the Bells to give Joe the pin at 12.25. Well, this didn't feel as long as it was. Some of the holes could have been cut out, and Gallus winning is good, and Mastiff continues to look strong, which has been the case since the promotion started. Someone is finally going to pin him, and it's going to be a big deal, which is a very valuable point. But I think maybe they need to start the real build of it, or the lack of the entertaining chance, but these download shows have run out of steam. That Trent 7 promo was very good, but the rest of the show just came and went without leaving much of an impact. Get the big stuff already, because the clock is going to start ticking soon. And like I said, we've got the build-up there of where we're going to go. What are your thoughts for next to UK this month? It has been entertaining. I do think it is lacking a slight something in storyline ways. I know there are a few stories going on, but you know I think they need just a little bit more. I think they do as well, but I think they've got so much potential. Like we say, the women's division looks kind of stacked up at the moment and really good. They're doing something with their tag team division now, and with Emporium in there, we just need, like I said, the return of Pete Dunn, which hopefully we get next month. Talking about new content quickly, and there's a it's WWE Chronicle, and it's going to be Ricochet that is going to be on tonight, immediately following the Evolve show. So that would be something to look forward to as well. And of course, we'll bring that to you next month. All right, so just one thing left for the podcast now. And Dan? No. All right, only one thing left now. It is time for NXT Update. And Dan, when does NXT Update start? Oh. So it is NXT Update. It's episode 512, the 19th of June.
And after our opening theme, Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix welcome us to Full Sail Live. After the camera pans and excited crowd, it's time to shock the system. NXT champion Adam Cole, baby, is out with Bobby Fish, Roger Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. And Adam Cole chant is followed by a few boos and the champ says, I told you so. His new belt is just the start of the Undisputed Era being draped in gold. They take what they want and they takes out anyone who gets in their ways. Cole kicks in the videos to start the show every week. A reworked intro that is nothing but the highlights of the group. O'Reilly says it was just something he threw together last night, which gets a thank you, Kyle chant. He tells the current North American and tag champs should shine up their belts real pretty for Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy and Bobby. And once they have those, no one, not Mr. Regal, not Triple H himself, will be able to touch them. Well, that brings out North American champ Velveteen Dream. He says he loved to touch Cole. The NXT experience is due to one factor, Dream over. Adam looks good with gold, but he looks better. And the NXT title will look amazing paired with his belt. Strong says when it comes to Velveteen holding the NXT title, it's Dream over. He doesn't think Dream deserves a North American title. Well, that brings out Matt Riddle, bro. He says he beat Roddy and he beat Cole. The NXT champ says Riddle is talking about something he knows nothing about. But Matt interrupts him and says he knows he's good looking and a stallion. Cole shuts that down saying Riddle is jealous. Everyone in the era has held gold and he's come up short in all opportunities. Cole says bro should stick to writing reviews of wrestlers from the Attitude Era, which gets a Goldberg chant. Well, that brings out Tyler Breeze. He was in the back talking to Mr. Regal. So he missed the arguments about who's better looking. It's him, by the way. But he's tired of hearing Cole and company take credit for the success the brand created. He created... The GM took his suggestion, however, tonight's main event will be Riddle, Dream and Breeze against three members of the era. To hype that up and remind us that next week's steel cage match between Shania Baszler and Io Shirai for the women's title. Yes, Io Shirai is finally going to get a women's championship back. Their rivalry gets a video package. Yeah, and it's been a long one as well, hasn't it? You know, and hopefully, like I say, we get the right outcome after I've been screwed over at TakeOver, but I'm not bitter about it still. Our next match, Damien Priest defeated Raul Mendoza following a rolling cutter. Well, the former Punishment Martinez gets a cool entrance to the different spots on the stage, then shoots an arrow to light up his name in flames on the Tron. Priest blasts Mendoza with a straight kick at the bell, which he follows with punches and a whip into clothesline. Mendoza punches back and then counters a charge with a kick in the corner. The smaller man uses his agility to stay out of reach, ending a flurry with an enziguri, when that doesn't take Priest off his feet, he walks the top rope for a drop kick that sends Damien out of the ring. He gets caught on a follow-up tope, however, and thrown back into the apron. He does the arrow gimmick again, then delivers a spin kick to set up his finisher. Well, I tell you what, a guy who throws arrows and that, I mean, we haven't really had that in WWE. <laughs> Well, from his office, William Regal announced that due to unprecedented amount of talent at Performance Centre, he's holding a single elimination tournament with a winner getting a shot at the title of his choosing. He introduces the eight competitors, shows the bracket and says the breakout tournament starts next week. Well, the breakout tournament with the first four round matches being Boa versus Jordan, ACH Miles. Isaiah Shane Strickland Scott versus Cameron Dan's pick Trevor Lee Grimes. Yeah, Trevor Lee the caveman! 
Bronson, Jonah Rock Reed versus Dexter, Samuel Shaw. And Angel Garcia Jr. Garza versus Woke Queen DJZ Wild. I should say I didn't mention my pick. Of course, Jordan Miles in there as well, but I didn't make a big deal. Ach. Jordan Ach Miles. <laughs> well, Mia Yim gets a video package detailing her upbringing and indie background. She's the HBIC because she is here to fight the people who need fighting and protect the people who need protecting. She's coming for Shayna and she's the hell and the high water. Well, up next, Zia Lee defeated Tanara spinning back heel kick. Spinning back wheel kick? Spinning back wheel kick. The announcer's... Yeah. <laughs> 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 wheel kick. Wheel kick. Pinwheel. Spinning heel wheel kick back. Can we please have please quiet on the set? Oh, sir! I'm gonna make you squeal, boy. The announcers play out the women's background in the May Young Classic, being pioneers for their respective countries and training in martial Handshakes at the start, Conti with several judo takedowns, then Lee backs her off with a series of kicks. One of those misses, so Tanara kicks Zia's hamstring and starts healing it up. Slamming Lee to the mat by a hair and screaming, Latinas do it better. Double knees in the corner and a monkey flip sets up a full mount pin attempt. Well, Conti transitions into a shoulder stretch from which he kicks Lee in the back of the head and then blasts into the turnbuckle to release the hold. Lee sweeps the leg to start a comeback. He gets a attack and leaps up the ropes to pop over and then connects for a kick to get the win. Angelo Dawkins welcomes us to the first championship edition of Street Talk. Montez Ford is surprised to hear that next week they'll be taking on Forgotten Sons even even they know, even though he knows the grind doesn't stop, he still accidentally knocks his crown off. Dawkins is shocked, and then we see footage of the Street Profits' own mini championship parade. Well, next week we will see Woke Queen DJ Z Wild against Angel Garza Jr. in the breakout tournament first round match. And it is time for the main event. It is Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and... Bobby Fish versus Matt Bro Riddle, <laughs> Tyler Breeze, and the enigmatic Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah, I don't usually mention this, but Bro is packing a little bit in this one, and uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned that, seen that before. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Tyler Breeze. He's no Dream. Alex Wright, though. Oh, fuck no. No, don't get me wrong. Tyler Breeze doesn't look as handsome as he did when he had long hair. I know, and I think missing, and Dream, though. He needs, like... A, a phone on a stick wrapped <laughs> in fur that he comes out and <clears throat> selfies with and he needs, needs more jazzing up. Well, no surprise, Kyle O'Reilly is not the man wrestling in this match due to the back injury that he sustained. So it's going to be Adam Cole and Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle does hold a victory over the former, uh, oh, sorry, over the NXT champion, Adam Cole. And Matt Riddle rolls through with a leg but the undisputed era gets in. Well, Roderick Strong with a distraction allows Adam Cole to Get back into this match as he beats down Matt Riddle in the corner. As Bobby Fish gets a tag in. And it's quick tags from the corner of the Undisputed Era. But gut wrench suplex and a roll through for another one. Leads Matt Riddle to the pin but he only gets a one count. One. So Matt Riddle fighting off the entire Undisputed Era. But Dream getting a tag now. As he comes off top and takes out Roddy Strong. As he gyrates his hit. Well, that annoys Strong, who bounced him against the ropes. Dream ducking under a clothesline, hitting a lovely drop kick. <laughs> Roger Strong cannot believe it. Rock with a huge right hand then, and O'Reilly maybe looks to get involved. And Dream looking at the NXT champion. 
taking his eyes off the ball, and here comes Fish. And Fishes have no balls. Have balls. And Dream trying to out of the corner, and it's Bobby with the kicks. He runs into a back elbow from Dream, who springs up to the top and delivers a lovely axe handle smash to the head of Fish. And he charges towards Dream, who moves out of the way, hits a lovely bulldog. Springboard, lion salt, I think is clocked Bobby Fish across uh, his knee. Clocked Bobby Fish across the nose, though. And that is the injury we were talking about as well with Fish, with uh, Dream landing on his face. But I'm sure he'll be fine as Tyler Breeze gets a tag. These two men earn each of the other's respect at NXT TakeOver. As Fish carries Tyler Bate to his corner, Adam Cole gets a tag in. Fish is, uh, he looks a bit out of it at the moment. Yeah, they look great, but Adam Cole's in there with Tyler Breeze. And what a huge statement it would be for Breeze if you show everyone he's back with a bang. Well, he's back with a drop kick to the head of Adam Cole as Matt Riddle gets a tag in. We said this, though. We know this is where they're going to go. Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, is gonna, they're going to be feuding for the next few months now. Lovely. And Riddle now going to go try to take Adam Cole down. But what about Johnny Gagano and all this? He'll have a saint to say about who faces the NXT champion next. And now Riddle picking up Cole. But Adam fighting off with some back elbows. Gets caught by the trunks and dragged back in. Ducks a kick to the head. Ripcord oh. knee to the jaw. Knocks Adam Cole down. Roddy Strong comes in. So does Fish. He walks into a big boot. Meanwhile, in the background, Velveteen Dreams just jumped off the top rope to take Roddy Strong out. And it's an onslaught for Matt Riddle. Exploder suplex. Looking for the knee. Cole ducks it. Looking for the standing. Cole moves out of the way. Gets hit with a senton. Kyle O'Reilly's trapped the referee and allows Fish to come in and take Riddle out. A spinning back elbow. Roddy Strong gets the tag in. The messiah of the backbreaker. And Roderick Strong has had problems with Matt Riddle in the past. Lost to Matt Takeover. What's his revenge now? And we, we had, <laughs> I can't believe it, but we question if the Unsputed Era were united. All the trouble that we had between Cole and Strong. And now you look at it, it's the cohesive unit again, isn't it? You know, It is, yeah. They're stronger than ever as well. Working as a perfectly old machine and fish now just taking out Riddle. Punches to the midsection, knee to the kick to the leg and then a knee to the chest. Drops Matt Riddle and the knees to the back from Cole. I tell you something well, I quite like. I thought Riddle would be the guy getting the hot tag in this one rather than being the one worked on. So I kind of like the change of pace there. As it looks like Freezing Dream looking for the tag of Cole's submission. Where? Um... Is it Philly? Yeah. And Riddle now fighting out from Cole, picking him up. That was a weird variation of a suplex. I think Cole turned it around, goes for the cover. Oh, my God. Hit the backstabber, but only got a two. Two. Cole is really bringing it. I mean, he's an excellent performer. And well, it pains well, you to uh, admit that and move on quickly from it. But Cole is really performing brilliantly. He's been involved too. Well, everything he's been involved has been great recently. Great. What are your thoughts on Cole? Well, he's struggling with the uh, <laughs> blind tag, suplexes Matt Riddle down and gets a close two. Two. Yes, Adam Cole. He wears a pair of trunks and boots. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's NXT champion. You're NXT champion. And he's got long hair. He is. And it's just a strong and fish. Well, like a brain tumour, he is actually growing on me. But I'd rather have a brain tumour than admiration for Adam Cole. True story. And Riddle now desperate to get to his corner, but it's been all undisputed era. Just wearing the broski down. Yeah, Bobby Fish, he's got the uh, legs locked around the waist and he's just working his elbow under the chin of Riddle. And it's been great by the Unsputed Era and 
you know, Cole, Cole, uh, Riddle, and team started so strong. The undisputed era has just stopped that momentum completely. And they are working really well. You know, obviously taking off the uh, the opposing members. So if Matt Riddle does get over to his corner, no one to tag. Oh, Riddle catches him back foot stomp. That's why you should wear boots. Oh, and a lovely fake out from Adam Cole there. Fakes high, goes low, but gets caught with a knee to the jaw as he was coming off the top to take Riddle out. Taking it to Bobby Fish, and now Tyler Bates in. Tyler breezes in, and he's on fire, baby. Yeah, he's on fire, baby. Too many Tylers. Where's Tyler Black? Uh, oh, Fish was successful with one, but Breeze managing step us in, into Gilly. Yes, indeed. Instagirly. And then a huge fist to face, but Fish picking up Breeze. Oh, but Breeze with a backslide, throws him against the ropes. It's a lovely spinning Instagirly, leg lariat. Spinning heel kick. Spinning wheel kick. And well, Roddy in strong. there for the save. Drags Bobby Fish out the ring. Well, they think they're safe at the moment. <clears throat> Are we going to see Tyler Breeze fly? Dream gets a blind tag in. Why didn't Breeze just carry on... F- uh, why didn't Breeze carry on flying? Yeah, I got his name right. <laughs> he did get his name right. Yeah. Uh, because he wasn't sure what was going on. Jewel super kicks to Adam Cole. Breeze eats a knee from Strong. Backbreaker to Dream. For the cover. One, two, three. And Roderick Strong pins the North American champion. So if anybody's got a case... To be champion, it's Roderick Strong now. He's just pinned the man. Very surprising. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it seems like Dream went down a bit too easily there. But the match was good, though, wasn't it? The match was very good, yeah. Highly energetic. Um, Matt Riddle getting beaten down for the majority of it. It's always fun to see. Yeah. And I think all six men put in the hell of a performance. But like you said, the Dream there sets up the victory. All the kind of uh, miscommunication between Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze. Well, let's see what the Undisputed Era might be dominating every division when it comes. So we move on to our next episode, 26th of June, episode 513. And it's the TakeOver 25 25 Women's Championship match and Io Shirai's post-loss snap is recapped along with Shirai and Shayna Baszler's entire program to get us ready for tonight's main event. We're then reminded the NXT roster isn't our kind, and Mar Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness, and Beth Phoenix welcome us back to full sail. We start with the breakout tournament. And we've got Angel Garza versus Oak Cream Wild in the first round breakout tournament. The former DJZ appears in his LED helmet and vest. That tells me he's a helmet. He gets an inset promo of Wild talking about his health scare of 2017. And how that's inspired him to make the most of his WWE opportunity. Humberto Carrillo's cousin is next. He kisses the NXT grandma's hand on the way to the ring. His promo plays up his good looks and experience. This should be a very interesting matchup. Two guys who will go through in our first match of the breakout tournament. So let's just one more time for this really starts. Let's just go through the tournament bracket. Dan, you do left-hand side, I'll do right-hand side. Well, we've got Dexter Loomis going off, going off against Bronson Reed. And we've got Asaya Swerve Scott going up against Cameron Trevely Grimes, my pick. You've got Ango Garza versus Oakley Wild, which we're going to see right now. And the winner of that will face either my pick, Jordan Miles, or Boa, 
So this should be a very interesting tournament. Of course, it's tournament rules, so tournament points are on the line. A point for progression, a point for knocking the other out, and is it one or two points for winning it? Two points for winning it. And here he comes, the wild one. Oh, my fucking LED screen. At least I know what he looks like. A cunt? <laughs> yes, he looks like a cunt. Yes, you do look yeah, like a cunt. Like He's nodding he along at us calling him a cunt. Well, it is Joaquin Wild E. Wilde. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Joaquin. Joaquin. Joaquin will come with me. Do you think the breakout tournament's a good idea? Yes. Why? Because it gives underutilised uh, wrestlers something to come in and uh, try and prove themselves. And it gets some screen time and air time and a bit of... Uh, Recognition. Without a doubt. Right, so no points on the line for this match right here. But who are you going to go for? I am going to go for Angel Garza because, oh, as mentioned, he's good looking. He is a very good looking chap, you know. And that, that obviously means everything to someone coming in to, to be a wrestler. Yeah, or well, if you've never watched, if you've never listened to the Domino podcast before, then that is one of these things that we actually Oh my God, on. look at his hair. All right, easy. I'm just saying it's one of these things we base it off looks as well. Absolutely, it's only fair, yeah. You know. Yes, his hair, he's... Um, well, what, how would you explain what he looks like, Dan? Go on. He's got a shaven head and he's got kind of like highlighter pens of coloured in a, a really funky pattern on the top of his bonts. Well, as for Gaza, he's uh, wearing a Mexican flag, basically, with a bit of flair, to be fair. Woo! Go behind in the early going, these two men. Show me don't get a tail of tape. I like an old tail of tape. Good old tail I do love a good tail of the tape. Well, they were to kip up. Wild looks a bit like, um, oh, who's a bloke that limit? Maven. I thought, um, well, actually, I thought it would be race, but Garza looks a bit like an Epico. More primo. Oh, I think more primo. No, Carlito. Carlito's definitely got that look. And he there definitely he looks like a colon. Well, anyway, these two men, he does that. These two men exchanging the early going, offering hand. Oh, but Garza, the handsome Alberto Del Rio looker. He does actually look a bit like Del Rio's cousin. Right hand, sends back in the corner. Oh, and then uh, Garza runs into a foot. Wild springboards off, takes down Garza, ducks a clothesline, a tilt a well into a cross body, I think, Wild managed to achieve. But managing to get up after two. Two! And Garza's still in this, reversing Wild now, the Irish whip. Well, set out aeroplane spin powerbomb face first into the mat for a cover, but only gets one. One. And Gar is a new one. Hey, man, get Fox over And Garza now, Irish whip, picking up Wild. Oh, but a pop-up kick to the chest and just a foot to the face. And what the hell is he doing? <gasps> oh, my days, he's taking his trousers off. I like him, Dan. I like this Garza. <laughs> I like what he's bringing. Who is your pick, anyway? My pick is uh, is Miles, Jordan Miles. No, I mean in this match, you're twat. Oh, in this match. Well, I've got to go Gaza because of what he's just done. No, I'm choosing him because he's handsome. I'm choosing him because he just released his package. He has got a package as well. He has, he? not bad. Not best, I've seen, don't get me wrong. He's no, no, he's definitely no, no Alex Wright. But now he's going to try and package power drive. Whoa, no, powerbomb into a fucking X-Factor. One, One two, two, No. no. Wild just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And handsome Hector Garza. Can't believe it. My God, the Mexican muffins. They're going to look to try and put them away. Put them on that top rope. And just stretching him now. <laughs> 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 Whoa. Look at him just smirking there. Uh, uh, well, 
<laughs> he's not as tight and ripped as Randy Orton. No, but he's pretty fucking meh. Anyway, he's going to Irish rip wild. Lovely drop kick. We know who's going over in this match then, as <laughs> Gaza has been dominating the action. We've seen enough tournaments, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Wild's going to get a sneak victory. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wild getting his ear pulled at the moment. <clears throat> Handsome Hector's there, choking out Wild with his own hand. And can Wild try and get out of this? Turns him round. No, Hector straight back onto it. As he drops into his knee, and now he's got the knee in the back of the head as well for extra measure. Well, as Gaza rolls him through, but... Wild flicks out and reverses it. And a submission, nowhere to go. Looking to put away, but a kick to the face. And Garza again, falling against that top rope. Walks into a kick from Wild. Ducks a clothesline attempt. Now both men running the ropes. And it's Wild who comes off better with a crossbody. Inverted atomic drop. I haven't seen one of them in a while. <laughs> pop up into a kick to the face. Rolls him out. One, two, two three. No. no. Garza managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And Wild now is going to look to fly over the top. No, guys are too clever for that. Runs out of the way. And Wild dives through the ring to take out Gaza on the still entranceway ramp. And that left his mark on Hector Gaza. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even think. Fuck it. And Wild, Wild calling for it. Hello! Hello, go, go, top! Gaza heard him. Step up in Seguri to the side of the head. Follows it up with a huge forearm. Oh my goodness. No, he's got him. He'll look for a superplex. No, Wildy is fighting out. He's fighting out with everything he's got in the first match of the breakout tournament. Chance to have a shot at any NXT title. Garza goes up to the top. A very precarious position. Wild's up there with him. Oh my goodness. He's going to try it. Spanish fly from the top. Mama. No, you twat. Two... No. Mamma mia. He managed to kick out. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Rolls him out. One, one two, two, three. No. Two. Oh. A running kick to the head. Knocks Wild for six. Now Gaza trying to set him up for his finisher. But Wild fighting out as best he can. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. Shit. Well, he's just killed. <laughs> yep. Wild. And Hector Gaza. I'm impressed by Gaza. Dan, what are your thoughts? I'm very impressed by, Gar- impressed by Gaza. Yes. Oh, look. No. <laughs> no, um, yeah, very impressive uh, by Gaza. He certainly has the whole package. Wink, wink. Uh, that finisher looks absolutely fucking brutal. Um, yeah, you know, he's a good ring- in-ring talent. Definitely needs just a little bit of work in NXT. Wild as well, you know, he's he's another impressive talent. Look forward to watching him in the future. Yeah, so this man goes forward to face my pick in the next round. It will be Gaza versus either Jordan Miles or Boa. Oh, my goodness. Well, up next, Kushida gets a hype video where he talks in Japanese about how excited he is to find out his new opponent in NXT will be. Over highlights of his early run, he says his English... He says in English that he's here because the best are here and he's going to prove that he's the best. Faceless interviewer guy. That's a funny name. Tries to catch up with Damien Priest after his win last week, but Priest sends him away saying we haven't seen yet. Street Profits defeat Forgotten Sons via disqualifying Riker interview. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins spend some time celebrating with the crowd since it's their first time back in full sale as NXT tag champs. 
Nigel reminds us that this non-title as Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler enter with Jackson Riker. Well, Ford with Mike and our stalk, if you can hear that chatter, that's the Suns thinks they can win the tag titles, but that's not how the profits are living. Ted says they're in luck because they're handing out free smoke. And Joe says he wants to put the belts on the line, but even though the announcers are confused about whether or not it's a title match. At the bell, the Suns quickly isolate Montez and stomp him down in the corner. They quick they employ quick tags and a tandem neckbreaker to get two. Two. Cutler tries to take out Dawkins, and that allows Ford to slip out of a second neckbreaker attempt. The curse of greatness is in hot and clean's house. And a tag and a frog splash from Ford. Looks like it might end it quickly, but Riker pulls Montez out. Well, Jackson and company get the best of the post-bell brawl, but Annie Birch right in for the save. One and two. They send the Suns to the ramp, and Riker pulls his balls away. Back in the ring, Brit Arm brawlers have the tag titles in the hand. Lorcan yanks one back from Tez, but then Birch hands Dawkins his back, telling the champs that he owe he and Oni. <gasps> We see someone watching a film in a dark room. Killian Dane, I think. Then we hear Aaliyah, or Numph, Numph. and Vanessa Bourne from earlier today making Mia Yim's life story video from last week. They say it was touching, but they can't relate, and their hires and Mia is a lower. Numph faces Yim. Our next match, Keith Lee defeated Nikos Rikos via pinfall following the limit breaker. Well, Rikos chops the limitless one at the bell and gets pounced off the ropes into unconsciousness for his effort. That's it. Well, after a reminder about August 31st NXT UK takeover, NXT champ Adam Cole celebration tour. He takes a private jet back and forth to download Festival. Where he gets back, he calls Roddy for the limo to make sure he put that order in. An SUV limo takes him to Gagano's and he heads inside the pizza sandwich shop and we have to tune in next week to see what happens. You bastard, Adam. Also next week, Tyler Breeze versus Roderick Strong and the Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Cameron Grimes. My pick, first round match in the breakout tournament. But right now, Io Shai gets retribution in the steel cage match for the NXT women's title. It's Io Shai versus Shania Baszler. So I'm hoping in this match that Io Shai does fuck up Shania Baszler. And becomes NXT Women's Champion. This is a story that's been going on for a long while. Of course, Baz has taken out Kari Sane all those months ago. And Shirai going to a different level now. Well, Io Shirai has no excuse not to beat Shania Baszler one-on-one. There's no way for the uh, other two whores women to get involved. We've seen Shirai, different side of attacks, being different. But at the moment, it's Baszler who has control. She's got the gloves on. For protection, but Shai stopping herself going into that cage. There's not been any many NXT cage matches in their history. Yeah, fucking man. And Bay's now just working over. And, and Shai Bay, is there anything positive about her, Dan? Because I'm always just negative now about her. Um, She's improved more than Ronda Rousey did. And Shai now just on top of Baszler, just working away with the slaps. She has been, you know, a, a quite a dominant hill champion, but one that you know, can be defeated. And now she's got the foot in the back of her leg, stomping down. But if uh, Shayna Baszler does manage to beat Io Shirai one-on-one with no interference, would you start to accept Baszler, or are you just completely written her off now? I don't like her anymore. I'm bored of this. I, you know what I mean? They're going to... Uh, they've they're just done the same thing. They're trying to compare to She's no Oscar, you know, and it's just a shame that other people not getting a chance. That's why I'm desperate for Shai. To come women's champion. And that was nice. 
Is it just Shirai that you'd accept being women's champion? I don't know how many other women are ready at this moment in time in NXT. The division has suffered due to Baszler being champion. I mean, you know, Mia Yim's looking to be involved, but do I really care about Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler match? I hate to be harsh, but... What about Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler? Exactly. I look at the NXT UK women's division, and I just think it's nothing compared... Uh, the NXT women's division is nothing compared to the UK's women's division. I know what I'll be watching all day long. Got a dig at Candice LeRae or you know, Shy or did Lynch. they get rid of Kari Sane too soon? They got rid of everybody too soon, didn't they? You know they've they've lost a lot, and in the men's division, you know they've they've had Gagano and Cole repeating themselves, which is not a problem. We've got others, but again, it's taken away from him. It's it's hurt the product a lot, and it is a development league, so you have to get used to it. But I feel this year more than any, it's had a quite a big effect. I don't know what you think. I I do that. Yeah, it's um. NXT seems to have kind of slowed its roll a bit, but I st- still think it delivers at takeover events. Yeah, I think mean, takeover events are incredible. I just think the uh, the build up to it is what I just feel at the moment. I, I know I'm biased towards NXT UK, but for me that feels more important and and, and, and worth watching more than kind of any WWE program at this time because you know what you're going to get with a Baszler match. It's like a Lesnar match, you know. Complete dominance until a fuck-up causes the face to get back into it. And then Shania Basler has been in uh, pretty much control throughout the majority of this match, just tying up Io Shirai. She the works a rest hold too long. I know. The fans definitely behind Io Shirai, though. That's a positive god. I don't think Shania Basler is fluid enough. I think there's a lot of things that I've got a problem with when it comes to Basler, But I think that's definitely one of them as well. You know, she's, she has no continuity in her wrestling style. I think she was pushed too early. Well, um, I know why she was pushed, though. Obviously, because yeah. of the four horsewomen. But that's kind of hopefully going to slow down now that Ronda Rousey's not about. And yeah, Shirai manages to get a quick two count. Two. Before Basler's straight back on the attack and again just throwing Shirai into the side of the cage for the 15th, 100th time. Yeah, but when, when do you expect Ronda Rousey back? Do you expect her back? Uh... Not for two years. So two year, do you think Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke will be ready for the main roster in two years? No. <laughs> no, I don't I don't, I don't think Shayna Baszler will be ready. And she's the most improved out of a lot of them. I think, you know, Shayna Baszler, if she does go up, she'll be used like a Sarah Logan. You know, like like yeah. a Sonya Deville. It all, it all depends on what their, their ideas, because they always mistreat talent as well. And... Like but, you know. but they mistreat that doesn't deserve to be mistreated and they push the talent that doesn't need to but that's, that's, that's it. been WWE's problem forever isn't it you know they, if they could solve that then they'll just be printing money as they still fucking make you know what I mean they make as much money as they ever have done and yet still there's the problems with, with certain areas like building stars for the future I know we've talked on this before but do you think the AEW kind of movement will shake up what WWE does as a whole. I, no, do you know, sir, I thought it was going to, but I think, like, to use a football term, I think they're going to become like a Chelsea now with WWE. Uh, as in... The, Trying uh, to ch- buy the ratings. Well, no, Chelsea last year had something like 45 players out on loan. Do you know what I mean? And when yeah. you consider that amount, and WWE just stockpiling talent now and just signing all these useless Panic talents... Panic buying. And Mike Kanellis and Mojo Roy, five-year contract. Why is it just those two? Because they're shit and no one cares. And yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? They're just going to have 200, you know, 250 wrestlers. And they're going to be like, right, you've got five-year contracts. You're not happy. 
Oh, we haven't got a spot. Well, no shit. You well, you're look... just going to sit there for two years. Exactly. You've only got five fucking shows as well, you know. But Shai's making a comeback against Baszler now. Sends her into the steel cage. Deadlift German into a pin. Two. No, Baszler managing to kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. And Shai's exciting, of course, was my pick in the Mae Young Classic. Wasn't Shane and Baszler one of your picks as well in the Mae Young Classic? Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. So both of these are my pick for the Mae Young Classic. Both of them lost in the final. <laughs> that is my luck. And here comes Shai using a bit of Inakari Sane. The double knees steps on Basler as she looks to go up top. Is she going to escape or is she going to go flying? Oh my god, now she's going up. I mean, that must be at least 10 feet in the air. So Io Shirai could just drop over, but no, Shania Basler's up and cuts her off. And now Shirai's in serious trouble all the way up there. Basler manages to pull her back onto the. T- and she might have that Kirifudu clutching. She oh. drops Shirai off the top turnbuckle. Is Basler going to look for an escape victory? No, Shirai's back up. Putting Shayna back in. And a German suplex off the second. An impressive impact there. Both women can't take advantage, though. Shirai's had problems with her neck throughout the majority of this match. I would have just low blowed her <laughs> in her giant balls. Shirai finally getting an arm across. But no, Basler kicking out uh-huh. with authority. Uh-huh. Oh, and look at this. In a steel cage match, Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke trying to get out of here. But Jessica Carr holding them off. And she's trying to get out the cage door and Baszler now from behind. We've seen it once. We've seen it a thousand times. A Foga clutch, but oh. a kick to the cage door knocks Jess Carr, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir down. Kirifuga clutch rolled through again, but Shirai rolling through. Double stomp to the midsection. And Marina Shafir locking the door to the cage. So Shirai can't escape. Jess Carr's down. So Shirai's going to go and try and climb over the top. And here she comes, she's going to win it. <sighs> in a steel cage match. Outside, interfere. What do you say to me? Oh, if Baszler can win this one-on-one. She can't. Oh! oh Candice LeRae's here to save the day. Climbing up the stage. Kicks Marina Shafir off. And what the hell is Candice LeRae doing all the way up there? What the fuck is and this Jessamine about? Jessamine Dukes managed to climb in. And she's assisting Shayna Baszler to the door. Candice LeRae with a crossbody off the top, though. Oh, my. Must be at least 15 feet in the air. At least 20 foot up. And then Candice LeRae gets a kick to the chest from Basler. And all Shai needs to do is jump out. She's gone. No. Moonsault off the top, taking out Shayna Basler. Oh, my God. Two shoot. Candice LeRae off the top. And then Io Shai, that's what you want. But can Io Shai get to the, the opening and get out and win the women's title finally? Shayna Basler's claw. Crawling after her. Oh, for fuck. Drags Shirai back in. Now Basler's turn to crawl out. But Shirai got the ankle, dragging Basler back in. Now Shirai's turn. Where's Shafir with the door? Now Shirai kicks Basler off. There she comes with the door. Ready? And And Shirai's going to get out. She's gone. No. Basler drags her back in. Kirifuga clutch over the bottom door. Pull the door into her head. And Shia now just backing Basler up on that turnbuckle. Shia trying to crawl out again. Go on. Basler grabbing the trunks, pulling EO back in. This is like women choking each other <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Oh, and Shia was so close. Must be only four feet away. Passes out in the doorway. No, she's alive! She's got the door! Bouncing it into Basler's face. Oh, no! And Basler falls out. To retain her title. 
And that was quite a good way of actually retaining. I mean, I don't know, you know, we've been poo-pooing it, but I don't think that was too bad in the end. Baszler retains, but she is knocked out. And Shiai can't believe it. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, aside from the really slow moments, it wasn't a terrible cage match. Um, but again, I'm still not struck on Shayna Baszler. I mean, look at her. She's some sort of champion. And she lays out shy now. Remonstrate with the referee. Demonstrate with the referee. But Candice Faye came off the top to help out Shiai. And so did Io. With a moonsault as well. Incredible stuff. Well, a couple of big spots in that. And, of course, the ending as well. With innovative, innovative. So, so is this the end of the opportunities for Io Shirai? I mean, she's fallen short enough times now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can be unlucky, but... Uh, it's, you just sometimes it, you really, if this happened to me I'd be like do you know say maybe I'm not going to get it <laughs> you know, maybe I should just give up and not try again but is uh, is I like me I just don't know she still can't believe it she seems devastated at the news as uh, Nigel McGinnis said it's better to be lucky than it is good nailed it nailed it and Candice Faye helping out sh- helping up shit Shafir and Duke do the same for Baszler, taking her out. Oh! oh! No, E.I. Shirai has just turned heel, beating the fuck out of Candice LeRae after Candice just tried to help her. Oh, Shirai, why is she taking out LeRae for? It's not her fault. Mixed emotions. I think Shirai, there you go, can't believe it. It was a mistake. And poor Candice LeRae and Shirai has got to rethink. And, you know, it wasn't her fault. Oh, E.I. Shirai chucks a chair into the ring. I don't think this assault is over. She <laughs> goes to the midsection and just cracks a chair over the back of Lorraine. And Chai is just going crazy, taking out Candice, setting up that chair now. And what is going on? These two are friends. Candice Faye's had Chai's back. <coughs> and Chai snapped here. And she's going to snap Candice. Oh, suplexes Lorraine across the chair. But is it wise of Shirai kind of burning the only bridge that she actually has left in NXT? Well, Dan, you said it most. If if she can't win the title, she's got nothing left. And someone with nothing left to lose is a very dangerous person because they don't care anymore. What's Shirai's purpose now in NXT? This is the thing. And why is this story not being told for the NXT women's title and we've still got Baszler as fucking champion if they're doing it like this? I know Shirai needs to lose, but... I mean, I can't, I've been Shirai's biggest fan, and I'm shocked. Has Shirai turned to the dark side, then? Is she going to align herself with the four horsewomen? I, I hope she keeps separate from them. I hope she just has this attitude of not taking it from anybody anymore. Oh, my God. Did you hear what she just said? Yeah, she said Candice Ray is jealous because she Shirai was going to be champion and not her. All of you are jealous. I can't hear you. What are you saying? So, we'll find out what happens there. And I, I'm generally shocked. As NXT comes to an end for that week. But we move on to our next episode. And it is July 3rd. And it's episode 514. Well no sooner has Mauro Ronaldo welcomed us to Full Sail Live. Nigel McGuinness is freaking out. Because Vanessa Bourne is escorting her bougie partner to the ring. Beth Phoenix is worried about McGuinness. After he spits a few bars dedicated to the vision. Well first match Mia Yim defeated Elia or Numph. Following their protect your neck. Well, Yin with the early takedown and the HBIC maintains control for about a minute. Bourne helps Aaliyah evade a rolling cannonball attempt in the corner. She pulls Mia across the room to work the midsection. 
Yim fights back occasionally while Nymph works the heat, notably. But the comeback doesn't start in earnest until Nymph is frustrated and the neckbreaker can't get free. The rolling cannonball eventually connects and an attempt to regroup on the outside with Bourne is just a setup for a suicide dive this time. Back in the ring, it's not long before it's over. Well, afterwards, Jim grabs Bourne and throws her into the ring steps. On her way out, Mia heads to the announce desk. She wants them to get a message to Shania Baszler. Mia is coming for the NXT Women's title, so she better watch her ass. Well, speaking of Baszler, we get a recap of last week's main event, Io Shirai's turn. And Kathy Kelly then interviews William Regal in the general manager's office. He says what EO did to poor Candice LeRae was dreadful, but... Before you can say anything else, the Forgotten Sons barging upset the Street Profits were able to make matches. Regal reminds them that they had opportunity, but Jackson Riker got them disqualified. Riker says they won't forget this. The German then tells Kelly Montez Ford and Angelo Jorkin suggested giving the next title Brit and Brawlers, and he thinks that a great idea. So... Danny Birch and only Lorca will face the Prophets next week. Yes, yes, yes. Then it's time for Adam Cole's NXT Championship Tour, week two. Two. We pick up where we left off, left off last week, where the champ goes to pick up some pizzas he ordered from Gagano's. He hangs his own picture on the Wall of Fame. Then Cole is off to Cleveland Wrestling School. Johnny Wrestling visited when he was champ. He knows Gagano told them anyone could be NXT champion, but Cole's here to tell them Johnny is a liar. When he watched the footage from Johnny's visit, he felt sad because Gagano was filling their heads with false hopes. He brought pizzas because every because he wants each and every one of them to take one, go home and sit on the couch because none of them will ever be NXT champion. The champ leaves with one final piece of advice. He knows the guys are paying for wrestling training. Get out of this gym. Get out of Cleveland and into new careers. Well, the next match is Kushida defeated Jeff Parker with a brilliant submission. It's a quick takedown and Kushida works for a number of holes for hitting the springboard back elbow. He wraps Parker's arms around his legs, snaps back of the elbow. He tries for the Saracuba lock, but Parker makes the ropes. After the wind-up, Kushida gets the finish. Kathy Kelly catches up with Prince Pretty as he's warming up backstage. He's thinking about Undisputed Era. And how they and others think they put NXT on the map. Tonight he's going to show them it was NX Breeze long before they showed up. We'll see a hype video of Killian Dane's reintroduction. This time naming him and proclaiming he's coming soon. And it is my pick Cameron Grimes versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. So here we go see what you pick your pick do. Not just to disagree but I'm going to go Isaiah Swerve Scott in this one. Because I like the look of this dude. He's coming out here, and I tell you what, I looks like Kudo reincarnated. You know that. Well, he has been spending most of his life living in the gangster's paradise. <laughs> yeah. Well, as he walks through the shadow of the valley of the death, he's going to see tonight if he can put Dan's pick away, or will Dan get the four, first point of the podcast? Have some slick moves. No, you are not Velveteen Dream. Fuck off. And we get the kind of little introduction videos where he says, Swerve is just confidence and he's here to make a name for himself, not to be compared to anybody else and be the next future breakout star of NXT. Guess. Here comes Dan's pick. So, Dan, why have you picked Cameron Grimes for? Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a semi-regular watcher of Impact or Global Force Wrestling and Trevor Lee, or Cameron Grimes as he's known here, the caveman, I thought he was a very good worker there and it is a vision for NXT. 
Is it? Do you pick him because he looks a bit like me? Is that? Is that why? Did you think like <laughs> you like him? Is it true? <laughs> it's just that beard and that long hair that does it for me. Hello, way that's weird. I'm Cameron Grimes. Of our lives. Our lives. AJ Styles. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, quite impressed with Cameron Grimes. Very hairy. That's why he was known as the Caveman, James. Is that why you called me the Caveman? Here we go. A quick tart to get and a go behind. I thought you'd like Trevor Lee. He's got long hair and beard and he's uh, slightly husky. I, do you know something? I was. I looked at him and I thought, do you know something? He's definitely got a look I go for, but I do <laughs> well, like... when you look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. I do like the swerve. What's your chest hair like? Is it similar to... Chest hair's not as much as that, I would say, but it's, it's definitely coming. I think when I become a real boy, I think that's when we get there. But, oh my god, you hairy bastard! Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. You thought you had pubes until the spider move, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> there we go. Your pick, Dan. Come on, point on the line for you here. And it's all the swerve, and he had a go in out wrestling Dan's pick. And again, taking down Dan's pick. That's alright, he's just feeling him out. Come on, Grimey, don't get knocked out first round, my boy. It's still all swerve. Grimes ducking underneath, swerve, and just clubbing blow to the back. Irish whip to the corner, follows up with a charge, but swerve over the top. Grimes rolls through, gets caught with a Hesses' takedown and a nip up from swerve. Drop kick on the money to Trevor Cameron Grimes, Scott the Caveman Lee. My pick. Oh my god, and a huge right hand there by swerve. Snap their takedown now, going to come off the second. Elbow drop, that's it. One. Two, throw. Oh. Grimes kicks out after one. Well, well, two, but desperately. And now submission in. This is over. Dan's pick is done and dusted. I don't get any pleasure from this. You do know that. I get pleasure from... I get pleasure from the face of the little children, Dan. You know that about me. Come <laughs> on, Grimes. Lucky knee there by your pick, Dan. He wrenches the arm over the rope. And now it's just a ground and pound as he rubs his face into the mat. A knee to the back as he uses the elbow just to derive more pain to the head. So what's his finisher then? Um, yeah. <laughs> what? It's what he does just before he gets the one, two, three. I'm going to guess my one's a shooting star. I have no idea. It's going to be something like It's going to be <clears throat> a suplex DDT off the top rope, Spanish fly, suicide die, clothesline, punch to the kick. Oh, is it really? Oh, right. we'll look out for that one when he does it. Come on, Grimey. Well, he hit a clothesline, but didn't have Swerve troubled. He's just wrenching the... Boom! Is that better? I got my head down. <laughs> take your top off. <laughs> Why don't you take your top off? Wait, I'm not taking my top off for anybody. I'll put my hair down, though, just so I look a bit more like him. <laughs> Everyone that looks like you is boring, especially the man in the mirror. Is that Alan John ringside? <laughs> Like there, Elton John. <laughs> well, the swerve getting that submission there by Grimes. Well, runs into a bumps. He's perched on the top, but gets a Hurricane Rana takedown. And the agility there. Swerve legitimately jumped, what, eight feet? At least eight and a half feet. Big boot to the face, going to put him away. Oh, close line. line takedown. But Grimes is getting straight back up after this onslaught. What do you mean? He's all over the place. Don't know what's going on. Irish whip. Reversed and thrown over the top rope, but Swerve flips over and lands on his feet. Weren't hoping to rumble though, will it? Well, Grimes finally notices that Swerve landed on his feet, slides out, but Swerve slides in. 
Oh, and a very innovative move there. Swerve with a big boot to the side of Grimes' head. Throws him back in the ring. He's got Grimes in as he flips over. Flatliner. One, two, two fuck two. off. And Scott managing to kick out. Uh. No, that's not Scott. <laughs> Scott the fuck all to do with you. <laughs> Grimes managing to kick out. Uh. Come on, cavemen. Captain Caveman. Uh oh, it's all over now. Here comes Swerve. No. Grimes placing him over the top rope. Gets caught with a forearm, though. Swerve up top. Grimes bandy legged. Ducks underneath. And side. Flip. Went the. Powers him up. Look at the strength. Set out powerbomb. One. Two. No. Scott able to kick out. Uh. Oh, we got that penis wrestler. Yeah, Joey Ryan. A huge forearm. Oh, no, but gets turned round. Swerve managing to escape, though. Kicking the legs out from Grimes. A kick to the side of the head, but Grimes managing to escape to the outside. Wow, a reverse flip over the top rope. And landing on his feet for Swerve. Very... Agile. Oh, that was picture perfect there. Exactly what he wanted to do. That's a very dangerous move as well and brings him in. Oh, but Grimes with a kick to the head. Gets caught with a knee from Swerve. Looking for a back elbow. Oh, a double cross body, but Grimes manages to turn it round. Throws him against the ropes. Pop up double. Throw to the ropes for a double foot stomp. One, two, three. Cameron Grimes there advances to the next round. Gives me a point. Yes, and what are you thinking of Trevor Lee? Um, he's not as good as I remember. <laughs> Can I change my pick? No, you can't. You've picked him now. I'm going to change it to Swerve. You get the first point. Don't be flippant. As we move on here on NXT, and up next, Bianca Belair defeated Priscilla Zuniga following the KOD. Well, the EST is customarily disrespectful and pie faces Zuniga at the outset. She also doesn't react well when Priscilla returns fire. Spear, then a press slam gets two. Two. After which, Yuniga gets a couple of moves in. She ends up taking two set-out power bombs and a snake eyes before this squash ends. What's up, Muzz? Well, Matt Riddle gets a video spot. He talks about his journey to NXT as we've seen him training. And it is Tyler Strong versus Roderick Breeze <laughs> in our no, main it's event. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, sorry. It is Tyler Roderick versus Strong Breeze. Oh, no. <laughs> Now you're just being silly and you're talking about the weather. <laughs> it is Roderick Strong versus Tyler Breeze in our main event. Yeah, and here we go. There he goes, Strong. He's trying to keep Breeze down. Breeze wants to show that he deserves to be a part of NXT. And that he's not just breezing through. Exactly. It wasn't NXT. It was NXT Breeze before it was, long, before it was anything else. And before strong. it was NXT Strong. And Strong has beaten Velveteen Dream recently as well, so he's a bit on a, he's on a roll. Please, anybody that dabs their penis with a bit of tissue after urinating, please let me know. Oh, and Breeze getting out of the wrestling by Strong. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hit the unprettier, but misses. Oh, oh lovely. lovely swinging net breaker from Breeze. Oh, lovely. Oh, it's bloody brilliant. Yeah, that's that is. nice. Isn't it lovely? Whose coat is that jacket? Whose coat is that Pepsi? Whose shoes are those slainers? And Breeze having a word with the ref, making sure Strong sticks with the rules. Oh, my God. Boot to the face. The old facey kicky. A huge chop to Tyler Breeze. So is uh, Tyler Breeze still the next Shawn Michaels? Tyler. I said if he was a couple of inches taller, and it's still true, and I think Breeze could still make it. 
He's talented, and he's got a storyline at the moment. NXT is strong. Sends him to the outside, though. Here comes Rodders. The breeze moves out of the way and strong and works him over on the outside. Bouncing his head off the edge of the ring apron. Now just a clubbing blow to the back. And Breeze looks like he's a bit more venomous now he's lost them puffy boots and that stupid fucking selfie stick. Well, it's all about, you know, with a performer, with a character, you have to evolve. Oh! As Roderick Strong sweeps the leg and bounces Breeze to steel steps. And the Messiah of the backbreaker certainly softening up Tyler Breeze's back with that move. Oh my God, he's going to be serious trouble now. And again, bouncing Tyler Breeze's back off Barry Cade. And Breeze in serious trouble. Strong sends him in. Strong now with a kicks to the midsection of Breeze who can't breathe. And again, just kicking away at Prince Pretty's back. Breeze now fighting back in the corner from Roderick Strong. Irish whip reversed. Oh, beautiful drop kick there by Roderick Strong though. Straight on the button. <coughs> Goes for the cover. Breeze managing to kick out. Uh. Oh, Strong now going to work. Tyler Breeze. Oh, carrying on working over the back. He's got him caught now. Breeze in all sorts of trouble, might have to submit here. Oh, Tyler managing to fight his way out of a back elbow. A strong backs Breeze up into the corner, again working over that back of his. Breeze managing to get a foot up and avoiding the strong splash into the corner. A jaw Breeze and a huge forearm across the jaw. Tyler sidestepping Roderick Strong, sending him to the outside. He bounces off the barricade, back in to a step up in Seguri. And now Tyler Breeze... Gonna go on the apron. A huge flying forearm off the ring apron. Straight on the money to Strong. And Breeze. Breeze. That was it. Breeze just throwing him in. But you can see the marks on his back. All the redness there. Trying to fight Strong. Oh, a lovely version of the backstabber. Rolls him out for a pin. Two. No, only a two count. <laughs> two. And now Strong struggling to get to his feet. And so is Tyler Breeze. Can he put him away? Picks him up for a suplex. No, Roddy with the backslide, throws him into the turnbuckles, but runs into a couple of knees. Roderick Strong trying to rip the foot from underneath Tyler Breeze, but catch him with a step up in Seguri after that was unsuccessful. Good, a huge chop to the chest. Sets Breeze up in a very picking. Both men trying to slug it out, working their way out to the top turnbuckle. And Strong's in serious trouble now. Oh. He comes back with a kick to the head. Strong looking for a superplex, manages to get it. Even more pain on the back of Breeze. I was about for a cover, but no. Tyler managing to kick out. Ah, uh-huh. and Tyler showing the heart and the determination of a true champion in there. And Strong has just been beating him up, but this has been a great battle between the two. Now Strong might be looking to try and finish this. Uh, Breeze managing to fight out with the kicks to the midsection. Strong relentless, though, not letting go of the left leg of Breeze. Dragging Breeze off the ropes. A double boot to the chest. Gets some separation for now. Kick to the side of the head as Strong was coming in. Well, Strong doesn't know what's hit him. And Tyler Breeze, can he try and put Strong away now? Dives over. No, gets caught by Strong. And the fireman's carry, but manages to backslide. Throws Roddy against the ropes. Hits a super kick. I don't think it connected properly, though. Oh, we gets a two. Two. Is that a beautiful No, I don't think... <clears throat> What's the f- and now Breeze is going to look to put Strong away. Trying to get him in the unprettier. There's a kill switch engaged. No. Strong pushes him off. And a shot to the back. Breeze responds in kind. <clears throat> and now these two men just a slugfest in the middle of the ring. As Breeze gets the upper hand. But Strong trying to fight back as best he can. And Seguri knocks Strong down. Breeze looking to go up top for the Hail Mary. 
Oh, and Breeze, though, get distracted because the Unspewed Era coming down here. Oh, Bobby Fish gets caught with a super kick. Roddy Strong gets sent to the outside. Oh, but Breeze gets caught with a step-up kick to the head. No, not like this. And Strong now got to pick him up. Boom. End of heartache. Two, Goes for the cover. Three. Beats Tyler Breeze. God damn it, Tyler Breeze. So Roddy Strong is on a bit of a rally. Last week he pinned Velveteen Dream. This week he's pinned NX Breeze. And they're building up his finish as well because, like I said, beating Dream, beating Breeze with it. And Strong makes a statement, but Tyler Breeze just can't win the big one, can't win it back. Hasn't won, won, won a match back in NXT yet, but hope he can get the job done sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very good, well-worked match between the two guys. I've got a lot of uh, a lot of respect and time for both of these. Um, why bring Breeze back into NXT if they're just going to have him jobbing out to the newer guys? You know, I, I don't get that. Well, not that Strong's actually a newer guy, but yeah, I, I think Breeze. You know, if he's going to get a push, there he's a push. Yeah, let's hope this is a redemption storyline coming up for him as we have just one episode of NXT. All right, so moving on to our last episode. It's July tenth, episode five one five. We get the Evolve Hype video for Saturday night. It's playing at the top of the hour. Then we hear, We are not your kind before Mauro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness can even welcome us to full sail. We get Dark EO's new entrance. Well, the crowd chants you suck at Shia as strobe lights flash around the arena. Nigel narrates a recap of Shia's cage loss to women's champ Baszler. And post-match turn on Candice Ray, and now Black Cat Genius of the Sky rolls her eyes as the fans boo her mercifully. She eventually says she doesn't need any friends, and she doesn't need any of us. Mic drop. Who's that? Ah. Velveteen Dream is holding a press conference in what looks like the lecture hall from the Performance Center YouTube channel. North American title was laid out in front of him. He wants to answer all the questions. But when a guy asks about his next challenger, he says he doesn't approve that question. Kathy Kelly asks about Roderick Strong, believing he's due a championship match. Dream thanks Queen Kathy for the question, but he doubts Strong's ability and credentials for such a match. That's all the questions he has time for. Thank you. Well, next match, Damien Priest defeated Blanco Loco following the reckoning. Well, a kick to the face from Priest at the bell, and then a jumping back elbow in the corner and a release suplex. Loco lands a punch, but that gets him whipped into the ropes, turned inside out of a pair of clotheslines, Cyclone kick and a rolling cut-up. Maro names for us all. That's all she wrote. Kitty and Dane's via packaging now involves him talking about the troubles. He carries stories from Ireland's past with him and tells the story to tell us who and what he is. I think everything was taken from him, so now he'll take anything and everything he wants. Is he he's... still going on about that fucking potato famine? No, he's all well, about other things, but he's still coming. He's coming soon. And up next, it's Jordan Miles versus Boa. In a breakout tournament, it's my pick now, Dan. You're going to see uh, this guy. But tell us a bit about Boa, quickly. Um, well, during his inset promo, Boa talks up his jiu-jitsu background and vows to make China proud. The former ACH said he's been doing this for 13 years and he's going to grab this opportunity. Ronaldo calls him an anime action hero, mm. which I think is very racist, Mauro Ronaldo. And Virgil's back! Oh, come on, that is racist, Dan. Jordan Miles is in the arena. I'm sorry he's not white like your pick, Dan. Is he I wearing think... a suicide bomber's vest? I'm sorry he's not white like your pick, Dan. I'm sure that's what you're annoyed with, aren't you? You know, I don't see colour here. I'll go for Jordan Miles because he's the best athlete. He's been doing this for 13 years. 
for this moment right now. He's going to grab his chance. He's got some fucking nostrils on him, boy. Is that his finisher? Suffocate you with his nostrils. Be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> if he was white and absolutely. Well, yeah, I know, but still. I don't see colour, James. Yes, you do, obviously, because you just made a couple of them. He said he liked Virgil. Yeah. Well, what do you want me to say? He looks like Seth fucking Rollins. Uh, well, yeah, that would be appropriate. No, he doesn't because he's black. Race. Here we go. My pick now. Miles is going to show you how to wrestle going against Boa. And well, no Boa Dan. is going to constrict him. And that's not Akira Tozawa, just in case you were starting to say anything. No, it's Sean Deng. Meng Al. He's are... a very short person, isn't he? No, Boa's just got a bit of height on him, that's all. Man, shorter than a referee. No, he's not. It's the same height. and voice the kick there. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a is that racist? giant amongst... I don't mind it, but that probably might be constituted. Side headlock and Miles spinning that process in the early going. But I was just squeezing with that headlock. He's constricting Miles' neck. Miles. Miles. Jordan. He's just trying to keep the fast man grounded at the moment. Yes, after he wins the NXT Championship. <laughs> nice chain wrestling there. And Miles blocking Boa. He's looking for the double wrist lock. Yep, got that. But lovely exchange from uh, Boa. No, it's not to Zara. I told you it's not. Look at this, though. Miles using the ropes to get out of it. Beautiful agility there. Arm drag takedown. At least we've got a replacement for Leo Rush. And now here... Oh, because, again, of what he looks like. And Miles no, now with a drop kick. he's a flying agility ability. Fucking stupid. You're not Montel Vontavious Porter. T- he's going to slam dunk that three-pointer. I know a lot about basketball. And he's got the submission in now. Taking out Boa. I've just classed. You're speechless about how good that Jordan Miles is. And yes, Dan, you're right. He is my pick for the breakout tournament. Not like like of me in uh, Travis Lee, whatever his name is. No, you're look-alike of Bobby Lashley. Bobby, oh, Dan, you've got, you're going to get complaints. If any of them listen to this, I swear to God. Any of them? Are you <laughs> saying black people are them? No! They're not us. They are I us. think black people are us. Why do you think I'm voting? I'm, I'm confident in my own skin. Why do you think I've picked one? For God's sake. It's one. No. James, no. you're just digging your hole very I'm deep not. now. I'm not. Don't tell me. I'm not. If I had any black friends, they would tell you I'm not racist. And oh my <laughs> God, Bo goes for the kick. Miles with a roll up. I'm going to call him Miles because I'm a mate of his. And a huge kick from Boa across the chest. Plus, that's his name, but still. Now, Miles just got with Stan Boa at the moment. But the more he struggles, the tighter Boa gets. And now Boa hanging Miles up, but he's fighting off that second rope. Oh, my God, got hung up there. And I think so far, the breakout tournament has been a match of the tournament so far. Go fuck yourself, What? Oh, come on, don't twat. be biased. Oh, what match would be then, Dan? The first match. Oh, right. Yeah, you would only say that because you know that you're wrong. And now Boa, big man, is going to look to constrict Miles. <laughs> and you didn't pick him. You picked the man who looked like me. So that's our most handsome man in NXT then, isn't it? We do. That's what we're talking about. That's why we picked Gaza. Come on, you Boa. So next, direct, the second round, you're going to have Gaza versus fucking my man. And we don't know who your pick's going to have yet. And here comes Miles out the corner. Oh, but sent back in the corner with a huge kick. Throws it up, but Miles looking to get out of the way. Lovely butterfly suplex. One, two. Oh, Miles just managing to kick out. Ah, it wasn't just. He has a lot of power in that. As Bo looking to wear him down. Miles trying to fight out of it. 
What's that? A boring chant ringing out through the crowd. Yeah, I thought so. That'd be a boa chant, wouldn't it, you fucking idiot? Boa, boa. That's what they're chanting. Eh? Because you're not chanting for a black man. Why don't you say it into the microphone, Dan, all right? Rather than whispering it off. They're talking to me about it, all right? I'm going to get complaints. You're going to get complaints from them as well. Well, Montez Ford is in a lot of trouble here. (laughs) You're going to get in all sorts of trouble. As Nakamura looks to tighten the squeeze. <laughs> They're not even the same country. On Angelo man. Dawkins. <laughs> Ooh, Boa looking for the cross arm breaker, but a crafty roll up from Miles only gets two. Two. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Oh, it goes for another kick, but managing to dodge it. I was just calling him on and saying, I ain't scared of you. And he catches the leg. Oh, manages to avoid the swing from uh, Boa. And goes, oh, I think, a bit low. Yeah, look at these kicks just exploding in the corner. Come on, ref, call for a break. Disqualify that man. And that's what Miles is all about. Cheating. Pushed away by Boa. Building some momentum. Huge elbow. Wants to get up, avoids the kick. Takes him down. Drop kicking out, look at that. Fantastic agility by Miles, managing to kip up. It's Destructive discus. Destructo discus. A fucking brilliant move. And up to the top. Here he comes. 450. 4.50. One, two, three. Get I thought shooting star press, but a 4.50. And the smiley Jordan Miles wins. And Dan, why don't you like that? Do you like apples, Dan? How do you like them apples? My pick wins. I get a point through to the next round. The best match so far in the tournament. Absolutely brilliant stuff there. Jordan Miles looks great in an absolutely fantastic opening round matchup. Well, Baszler is answering questions from the press. Go fuck yourself. Our final first round match will be on the next WNR for the month. Dexter Loomis versus Bronson Reed. Well, Baszler is answering questions from the press. She knows the title puts the target on her back. And she heard Mia Yim's story. It's great, but she's heard it plenty of times in the fight game. And when you stand opposite her, it's all the same. Tap, nap, or snap. Keith Lee gets a video. He notes that he's been here for a year and faced all kinds of guys, but no one's looked at him and said he's the one, because he's not. Despite never being the chosen one, he always ends up on top. He hasn't reached the goal he set for himself to be limitless. So in year two, there's going to have to be some changes. Limitless doesn't cut it anymore. To be the guy, the man he'll become infinite. Well, earlier today, interview a guy met with a general manager winning Regal outside the performance centre. He says people from all brands have been coming here to face Kushida. And next week, Apollo Crews will return to face the Japanese sensation. We'll also get Adam Cole's first NXT title defence. And it is time for the main event. It is for the NXT tag team titles. It is the Street Profits. Going up against Only Lorkin and Danny Birch. And the Tiffits really have taken to those tag team title belts well. Even their outfits there. I mean, Lorkin and Birch just, you know, traditional. But it's nice to see uh, the Street Profits. And I'll tell you another interesting thing as well. I know the King of the Ring, uh, Shane McMahon, uh, Kurt Angle match kind of started us off here on new content. But if you think about 205 Live, we, we had the Only Lorkin match and now we're bookending it with the only Lorca match to end us here on the Network Review for the month. So this, and we are going to get only Lorca in there to start with Angelo Dawkins. No, he's not. With Montez Ford. They all look the same. <laughs> they do. Big <clears throat> only Lorca trying to tie up Montez Ford. And it's Lorca and Ford in there. 
And they're both trading to the early going, but nice athleticism. Dawkins got the blind tag, took Lorkin out with a shoulder block, and now basically just riding only Lorkin. Nice headband. Street Profits, fam. <clears throat> and the confidence of the Street Profits have increased tenfold, obviously, since winning the titles as well. Finally backing up. I think they always believed in themselves. They've but, also been getting backstage segments on the main roster as well. And can we hope for the same for Lorkin and Birch, maybe? A breakout moment right now. I mean, what a moment that would be if they'd become NXT Tag Team Champions. Oh, but Dawkins managing to get out of it. It's a side headlock pushed against the ropes from Birch. It goes low. A bit of a fumble there. Montez Ford in a double flapjack. Now Lorkin's in. Drop only Lorkin onto Danny Birch. Well, the headbands go flying, but... Lorkin and Birch in serious trouble. They're both getting picked up now. Oh, my God. And a shout-out to the world's greatest tag team. Ford flies over Dawkins and takes out both Lorkin and Birch. Maybe they have to regroup on the outside now. Come on. Well, talk themselves back into this match. Dawkins is in there right, waiting. He's in there what? Raping. Raping. <laughs> Dawkins offering a hand, though. Bit of respect. Oh, oh but Danny Birch pulls it in. Lowers it to security and starts attacking away, looking to bounce his head off the turnbuckle. But he gets stopped and turned round. Well, Dan- Seated, drop kick from the second rope. A lovely nip up. Danny Birch would do anything to become tag team champion here tonight. Like I said, even the agility of this veteran. He's been around for so long now. Double leg sweep. Only into the cover. Only a one. What? Only got the tag and now looks to take advantage of that with a huge chop. There'll be quick tags. Good tag team wrestling between these two guys. But Dork is trying to fight him off. Lovely double suplex. Birch in for the cover. Two. No, only a two this time. Two. As I say, if uh, Trent Seven's out in that much trouble in the next to UK, he, you know, he could do a lot worse than giving uh, Danny Birch and Honey Lorcan a phone call saying, you're up to anything at the moment. Your phone's giving me a hand. As now Danny Birch just showed his aggression in the corner to Dawkins. Stomping the mud out and walking it dry. Oh, and he looks to get the cross face locked in. And he's got all sorts of trouble. Trying to get submission. Dawkins trying to roll through, but he's still got it in. And Danny Birch just wrenching back at the neck. Montez Ford has to come in to break it up and save his tag team championship run. A huge kick in it. I think it annoyed Birch more than anything. He's like, you fucking what? Only, uh, <clears throat> Birch and Dawkins have become so close before. It'll be their time tonight. They realise maybe they've got to be a little bit more aggressive than they usually are. Well, they are aggressive anyway, but... Oh, Danny Birch is being extra aggressive. He's got a front mount on and just wailing away at the head of Dawkins. There's respect, but there's sometimes maybe you need to kind of cross the line a little bit. And now Birch on that second rope. Oh, no. Dawkins managing to sidestep and miss the onslaught. And both men are a million miles away from their respective corners. Both wrong side of each other. And I think that might help. But help neither man, really. It's well, Birch. Lorkin's in. Ford's in. Ford's goes straight through Lorkin and Birch. Dropping them both with clotheslines. Oh, a huge spine buster to Lorkin. Drop kick to Birch. He's come in and he's on fire, baby. When I say about Ford, his uh, leap is bigger than anybody else in the entire WWE vertical leap. And you can see the agility of the man, even though it's not kind of fine-tuned just yet, as we've talked about. Now he tags in Dawkins. Irish whips him into the corner. Throws Dawkins into it and hits one of his own. Well, like a Salida del Sol to... No, Lorkin managing to kick out. Uh-huh. We talked about Danny Birch and the emotion about only Lorkin as well. Fighting on two fronts at the moment, 205 Live and NXT. 
but surely he knows this is his bread and butter. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he has got a great team, Danny Birch. But now it looks like Street Profit's going to put him away. Lork is on forward shoulder. It's a doomsday device. No, Lork in with a backslide. Pushes forward into Dawkins. Tags in Danny Birch, who comes in with a huge drop kick, sending forward into the corner. Step up in Seguri in a punch. Throws him into Lorkin. Half oh. and half. And Danny Birch follows up with a kick to the chest. To the cover. One, two. Oh. No. James. Oh, my God. Can't be that close. Lorkin and Birch came then, and it might be their time. Don't get me wrong. I like the Street Profits, but... Ah, uh, Lorkin. Uh, Ford managing to fight out. Misses a swing. A huge German release. Dawkins gets the blind tag in. Clotheslines Birch. Lorkin oh. hits him with a huge uppercut. Ford takes out Lorkin. Birch takes out Ford. Dawkins with a huge spear. And all men are down. Miz is awesome. Well, all four men down the NXT crowd, respective of all the action that's going on right now. Now it's left with Lorkin and Ford in the middle of the ring for the NXT tag team. Either of these are the legal men. Which way will it go? Oh, a huge slap from Oni. Ford goes low, kick to the chest. No! Oh! Lorcan moves out of the way and Birch gets caught by a flying Ford. And that might give Lorcan the opportunity to fly himself now as well. Oh. Suicide dive, gets caught by Dawkins. And like I said, Lorcan's not legal man, it's Birch who's got caught in Spinebuster. Ford off top with a frog splash. One, two, three. Wow. And the Street Profits are still your NXT Tag Team Champions. But a great effort there by Lorcan and Birch. But when's it going to be their time, damn it? Dan, what are your thoughts on that, man? Well, they need their time to come soon. But, yeah, an absolute great, high, energetic match. It wasn't boring at any time whatsoever. And it was just, you know, full-on action all the way throughout. All four guys, absolutely brilliant talents. And it's better than a fucking undisputed era match where someone runs in and disrupts it. Right, Dan, but you've got a feeling that is going to be next on the horizon for the Street Profits of the undisputed era. But Lorcan and Birch, such a great tag team, you know, and the Street Profits are improving every time I see them as well, which is only a good thing. What are your thoughts for NXT update this month? It's had its moments, um, you know, as it always does. I don't think it has been as great as it as we've known it to be. But you still can't complain because there has been good action, good storyline telling, and it's it's definitely a lot better than Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, without a doubt, I think that's the st- thing still going for it. Plus, on the the next uh, network review for the month, we'll obviously be building towards TakeOver in Canada, which should be great. Uh, but that is it for now. Don't forget, our next episode will be Extreme Rules 2019. We'll bring that to you next. But until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rowland. Of course, all the Google platforms, send us an email, the WNRpodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, the WNRpodcast there. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. We are the WWE Network Review podcast on YouTube. And podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speaker Radio. We've got our live shows. Stitcher Radio, where you can download tunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But don't forget, there's also another place you can find us and all our details as well. It is the WNRpodcast.com. So that is it. Like I said, don't forget next episode of Extreme Rules. But until then, I've been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.